Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Can you still hear me, Felix? Yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, what do you call it? Um, yeah, when... um. I haven't talked to you since um since Mark since you got on Mark's little show there a while back with the lady. Yeah, I had the the lady sent you the confirmation letter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Actually, she did send me a confirmation letter. Yeah, yeah. Did you uh, send, really... did you ever send me a copy of that thing? Um, I did copy it all. So I can send it now. It's just that at the time I, I made I, I scanned it all in and shit, and then so, I got caught up with more projects and assignments again. Just fucking it went through my head. This lady's still alive. I mean, how long ago was that that I talked to you about this? Do you remember? Mm, I think it was around. It could have been around August. <laughs> That's why. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's been a while, man. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, I just, I had all these, I had two degrees I was trying to finish this year. Okay. And one of them is like an old degree. I started way back in 2007. And I sort of stopped, I stopped with that degree. Like, I stopped um, during 2009. I, I just had to stop because I had a, had a, um, how do you say it? Like a family loss. Oh. Yeah, so someone in my family passed away, and so it made it really difficult to sort of go back to study and shit. So I, I put studies off all the time, and I just decided to look for work. Yeah. Hey, what's the and, what, what's your Australian Revenue Service like? What what's their like initials? Like United States, we have IRS. It's like Internal Revenue Service. Oh yeah. It's CRN in Canada, the Canadian Revenue. Yep. What do you? What is Australia? Your Australia is really simple. It's the ATO, and that stands for Australian Taxation Office. And oh. yeah, it's a it's a private corporation that that works on the Commissioner of Taxation's behalf. Okay. So yeah, so they the so the Commissioner of Taxation, I guess, subcontracts all his work down to the ATO to do all his taxation stuff. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how how, how it works. Yeah, it's funny because um, in Canada in Canada they have a um in Canada it's called um they have a SIN number, S I N like SIN. Mm-hmm. It's funny, it's like this uh, social identification like number. It's funny. They actually just call it a SIN number. You know, like it's supposed, to, it's supposed to be a like you like in the Bible something about like the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the devil gives you a number, yeah. it's like then you know it's funny to call the man yeah. by. You know, 
It's interesting that sin, um, because um, I was looking into that too the other day, and what I found interesting is that, you know, like, so you, you got sin, and for, as in, like, you sin, and right. then you have sin, as in the mathematics for maths, the symbol. Um, right. Yeah, yeah, or sign, or it's sign, but it's spelled right. very similar spelling. Um, with the exact same spelling, and but what uh, what's interesting is that so I think in the Bible it says um, um, what was uh, man is man is um, bound bound by sin bound to sin, bound by sin right like that. I think it was something like that and that's why Jesus came to figure out sins and whatnot. That's fine. See, I, I didn't really get to talk to you much. I remember, I, I never even found out how much money, how much money did they, did, was the, um, the Australian, yeah, the, saying how much, the, how much were they saying that you, you owe it? They, see, they didn't, they didn't know how much I earned because I decided just to not, just to not tell them how much I was earning. I decided to just stop. You know? And so if I had told them, how much I earned in that year, I made in profit. They would have, they would have probably been really chasing my ass. <laughs> then they oh, would have known. They would have. You had a pretty good year. Well, the thing was, I guess it's it's a bit complicated. I had a friend who's from he's from South America, um, and he's he was an he's an illegal here. Okay. So he's not a citizen. And the thing was, he was finding it hard to find work without a tax file number. People oh. weren't giving him work because he didn't have a tax file number. I go, look, you know what? Just just use my tax file number. Just make sure you give me all your expenses. Right. Okay? So I was just trying to help him out. And then the guy, he sort of, he sort of went, he sort of went and did a dodgy on me and decided not to give me all his expenses. So then I could at least, then, you know, I'll have something to claim back in the tax office to make sense of all this extra money I'm making. <laughs> you know? So I don't have to pay extra tax. And and so he didn't give me the expenses. So then I would have, he, he made about $90,000 in the construction industry as a renderer. Right. So he was making really good money. They were paying him really well, but he wasn't giving me any of his expenses. So oh, well, look, man. And I go, he's like, oh, you know, we'll we just pay a really good accountant. And I go, dude, no accountant is just going to make up expenses out of their head for you, you know. Right, right. We, I spoke, we spoke to, like, a family accountant. We, I went with him and we spoke, and she she was telling him, nah, man, you're going to have to pay, like, about twenty, thirty thousand dollars 30000 And so then he sort of disappeared. <laughs> and I was left with this, like, this, you know, there's a massive debt I was gonna to have to pay if I if I you know, if I lodged in my 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 you know, how much I made that year. So well, I would have been really fucked over. Well how did you how did you find out about me or what made you uh call me? Oh so it was a bit of a it was a bit of an experience. Like I first came across a guy in Australia who was his name's Scott Bartell and he he was teaching people about how the taxation office is not like lawful 
it's unlawful to pay tax in Australia because something about the tax was never it was never given the royal seal of approval for the Queen and all this mumbo jumbo. And so I got I was like, oh, you know, maybe this I could use this to get away with it. And so <laughs> I didn't understand shit back then. So I was just just like I was desperate. So anything I was just like, yeah, anything that I thought could help, I was just gra- grasping at it. And slowly, somehow, throughout that year, nothing was working. So I, I sent like a notice to the tax ATO and I asked them, you know, is is do I have an obligation to pay tax? And they just replied and said, we believe you do, something like that. And I was like, well, you know, I'd like to see the law, you know, show me the law that states that I have to pay tax. And they didn't show me the law, so I got a really bit, you know, I was like, all right, so maybe this is this stuff is true. Maybe they can't prove to me that I have to pay tax. But I didn't understand then what law meant either. I thought law was some sort of something that was written down, you know. Uh, I thought it was like rules, statutes. Um, I didn't know law was based on morals, what people believe, what's right and wrong, and customs and traditions. Um, so somehow I came across your stuff, uh, and I, I came across it because I, I, I saw that I saw the video on Facebook, I think, um, of you talking at a English TV network where they right. do. And it was like an English TV show. Like I think they 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 broadcast news. That's a bit like oh, yeah yeah UK you know, column. Not mainstream. Not mainstream. Yeah UK column. And and you were talking about your story and you know you were saying how how you what happened to you and all this stuff and you know it really convinced me that something you know you figured something out here. And so I started look you know learning more about you and reading up on all these things and then I started it started to really resonate with me and I started to get where you're going with all these with the words and you know using the words as like you know to get either as a technicality or as you know baiting them in to admit something like yeah like we believe making them liable as a man and not as a person pulling them out of that capacity that they sort of hide behind and yeah, yeah. So moving the jurisdiction and all that stuff from the statutory to just man to man common law. Yeah. Right. And, and I was like, man, that's that's really simple. That's <laughs> just really simple. It makes sense. Yeah. I like I like simple. So when I was at, I remember when I was in high school, like I remember I would never do well in essays and shit like that because I would always write my essays really short and simple. Like my my pat my 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 introduction would be like two or three sentences, and my conclusion another two three sentences, and my paragraph like just broken down in small you know. Mm. I wouldn't make I wouldn't write too much, and everyone who would write a lot would always score up high. Yeah, they write heaps. So yeah, I yeah I was like man this 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 works for me because I like to write a little bit and I like to write I like to be quick you know get to the point. Fuck around, yeah. But it's funny how you mention all these things, like because all these gurus that teach all, all their things, they have all these like four or five pages notices, and and it's like you know it's mind-boggling stuff, all the stuff they write down, and it's, you get you just get lost in 
in all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I you don't know what's what's true. Yeah, because I remember I, I, I talked. I mean, I talked to so many people. It's scary. But I remember <laughs> when you called me up, you said something like, uh, "I tried to handle this on my own call. I think I was doing pretty good." But this lady sent me a hell of a letter that said that when, you know, if you continue with this and when you get to court uh, and you lose, which you're going to lose in court, we're going to uh, also ask for, I think you said like forty or $60,000 in fines and court costs. And yeah, so, so the way, the way what happened was, yeah, they sent me... That, you said that's when you got nervous and you called me. <laughs> you know, I was like... <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. So I sent them one letter, and at the time, I didn't, I sort of, I, 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 was, I was just grasping your thing, and I just, I sort of was at a desperate moment where I started to receive letters that they were going to take some sort of court action against me, and they were going to audit me, and, and there was, you know, all these, there was going to be like, yeah, you know, fees on top of that and all this shit. So it was. It's, I think I was just really scared at the time. I didn't know what to do. So, you know, you know, and you talk to you talk to an accountant or you talk to family, and they just tell you that yo, you're just gonna be fucked over. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no one really to talk to about this stuff, and yeah, and but you you just stick to what you believe in. You, I think, and that's what kept me going. So I believe I, I believe I was in the right that there was nothing wrong and and I believe that there was something strange that they couldn't really show me the law. You know, they couldn't show me the law that I did owe them something, that I did owe them, that I had an obligation towards them, like I. And so, yeah. Um, um, yeah, so they sent me letters and shit like that. And I, I just sent them, I think I sent them a letter that you like a template that someone like listens, grabbed from one of your shows and probably like shared it around and I, and I just grabbed that and I changed it a little bit and I sent that. And that didn't work. Well, it sort of worked, but it didn't work. Like they, they, the man that I sent it to, he, he just never replied back. So he, he never, he just, he ceased from contacting me. But someone else then contacted me. So it wasn't really, wasn't really, resolving anything with them. Um, but then, you know, then I did more and more research and then I finally grasped it. And I was like, oh, this is really simple. So I just sent one simple letter and that really did, it, it did something because it made them call call me and contact me. And then they wanted to resolve it over the phone. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll just talk to them over the phone. And they were trying to make me admit things over the phone, like, oh, that was working, I was doing this, and I was like, no, 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 it was working. I was just, you know, I wasn't doing this, I wasn't doing that. Yeah. Because I can't really prove that you were working. They can't really prove that you were the man that was over there and I was yeah. doing, making just, this money. I, I was just saying, I remember on Mark's show that, um, that you said that um, they, they threatened you. They said that if... Uh, if you pursue this and we take you to court and you lose and you're going to lose, we're going to ask an extra like $40,000 in court costs and fines. Do you remember that on Mark's show when you were saying that? Yeah. So they, they sent me a letter that said like about thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000. Like that's what 
still incur like normal core costs uh, oh. if they if if I kept pursuing pursuing it and you know not resolving. Yeah, how much? How, yeah, how much? Yeah, how much was it? Because I tell people the story over and over, but how much was it? They said was the core cost. On the letter, it said it. On the letter, it said thirty to forty thousand dollars. Like right. can, this could this could you know it was like okay. a could. Right, I think that's when you finally panicked and called me and you said, you know what, uh, I better get a hold of this guy called in because this is getting scary yeah. now. They, they, this is a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. And, but then, like, I, then, it got, then there was a point of sort of, I guess you could say, like realization, like self-realization, and I started to read the letters and uh, I guess read in between the lines. And then I just... Then that, I think that's when it clicked in, what the things that you teach. And, and I was able to write the letters nice and simple. Right. Cause that's what I I'm think saying. the first letter, I could, have, I could have probably wrote the first letter even more simple now that I look at it, look at right. it now. Because like I said, it's funny. Yeah, because like I said, it's funny. When people send me the letters back and forth, I always do that with them. I always make them send me their first letters. And their first letters are always ridiculous. They're too long, too complicated. And then I get you guys to just start saying it in two, three sentences. I say, well, how about I tighten it up for you? And uh, and then you tell me yeah. what you think. So like I said, it's funny because if I just wrote eight words to you, one sentence, you might not really get it. So I told people, look, send me a letter. I don't care if it's uh, 20, 30 sentences long. That's okay. You tell me. You try to make it as short as you can. And then when people send it to me, I say, okay, how about we try to get it a little bit shorter? You know, how about we try this instead? And that's what I do with people. I try to get them, if they feel comfortable doing 20 sentences, you know, we'll start getting it down to whether it's just down to two or three sentences. But if if they really feel they have to say the 20 sentences, I'll tell them, okay, why do you think you had to add all this? Why do you, what do you think this was important? And then I'll mm-hmm. say, that, that's irrelevant. It doesn't matter. You know, you know, you might think it's important, but honestly, they don't care. You know, how about how about we get it simpler? How about we get this super, so simple it's scary? Yeah. How about we just basically ask them one question, like, "Who are you, and who are you to me?" You know, one question: Who are you, and and how do I know you again? How how much do I owe you? Mm-hmm. I don't know you anything. I, I, that's what I thought. I didn't think I owed you anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I, like, I like that, man. It, and I think it's there's that great example "I love you," and how if you add more to that phrase, it begins to diminish it. Oh, of course. To make it more complicated, more conditional, and and whatnot. And yeah, you remember? Yeah, you, you, man, you went back to my old old shows, boy. That was one of the first shows. <laughs> That's right. You remember that? Holy yeah. cow! That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. But that resonates with me, man. Like, the simple stuff always resonates with me. Yeah. I like it how you catch them. You catch them with one word, and it's fucking... That's, that's yeah. powerful, man. That's powerful. Um, it's like throwing one jab, and and they go for the bait. They go for that jab. They go to block that jab, but you're just following up with a big right hook. And that's right. see it coming. It's great. Um, it's like it's like you you know like I, I'm I'm 50 years old now, man. So it's like I've been around a long time dealing with a lot of women or dealing with my dad or you know dealing with kids. So so you just you just 
you just learn to just get them on one word, keep them in the corner, keep pounding that one word in, and don't let them wiggle. You, you find one little word, one little word, and you don't let them wiggle out of that word. And that's what I say to people, man. Your, your word is so important. You, you know, what, the words that come out of your mouth are so important and so powerful. Say as few of them as you can. You know, try to just say it. And, you know, like I did Bali's lawsuit in uh, in uh, England. It was eight words. That's got to be the that's got to be an all time record in British history an eight word lawsuit. So I, I I wrote I wrote it right in front of the front of the court clerk, and I said to her I said now you know, is this a claim? She said yes, and I said to Bali see, she was watching me read it out to him. I said now write this down, and he wrote it down. I said now that's a claim. I said ma'am is this not a claim? She said it absolutely is a claim. I said, see, there you go. Eight words were done. And this lady gets to go home, and we get to go home. Yay. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, um, I had a situation back, back, way back in 2012. I, I, I was in the city, and I was, at a, I was at a Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC. Oh, wow. With a few... Yeah, they have them here too. Um, oh, I, I thought that was fun. Few... Uh, yeah, I, I, well, we have Foster's here too now. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Pretty, we're and... pretty too, yeah. But yeah, there was a situation that happened where there was, there was like a fight. These guys wanted to start a fight and they started attacking one of my friends. And so I jumped in to push them, push everyone away, you know, get, you know, Stop the fight, pretty much. Just be good, you know. I guess Samaritan, you know. Be the, I guess the, how you could say it, the peacemaker. <laughs> yeah, right. And anyway, I got smashed too, um, trying to stop the fight. And anyway, I they these guys, they just smashed us and then they ran away before the police could get there. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, I was in hospital for like a few days. Um, I had to get my, my my whole lip was cut wide open. I think one of them had some sort of weapon in their hand, cut wow. the, the muscle through my lip. And anyway, so I had some surgery to, to put the lip back together and tooth and all that shit. And so I did a I did a claim to like a victim services claim we have here, which is like, all right. We have that like, here. Yeah, you have that there. It's like, you know, a little slush fund if something happens to you on the street, but you you don't know who the fuck it was um, that, right. you know, hit you or raped you or fucking, you know, whatnot. And anyway, they've, they've, so I did the claim for that. I put in the claim for that, and they, they came back with an offer recently. So fucking, now they, they just recently sent me an offer that, They'll compensate me about six thousand, six thousand dollars for wow. that. How much does the hospital cost? Uh, I think the hospital would have cost six thousand dollars. Right, right. Like, so the thing is, I would have, I put that on. We have Medicare here, which covers all that. Right. But that alone would have cost that much, and and I think my 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 tooth because my tooth got completely severed the nerve. Wow. From, the, from whatever hit me, the weapon that hit my mouth. Um, so I'm, I now probably have to get over time, have to you know 
get like crowns and shit like that. And a crown would cost about that much. Just getting the crown done every now and then, right. every few years, you know. Um, and yeah, so I, I was trying to be, how the how would I how would I calculate the wrongdoing? Like how would I calculate you know a fair and just compensation for what happened? Well, um, well, when they gave you, um, my, my, yeah. Mm-hmm. When they they said six thousand dollars, did they give it like did they send you any kind of like they're called actuaries, the people who crunch the numbers? Did you did you mm-hmm. actually just call them up or write to them or talk to them say, you know who who assessed this? You know who gave me this assessment of six thousand and how did they come about to that assessment? Yeah, you know, that sounds good. So I should just reply first back. Oh yeah, be just be sweet as pie. Yeah, just be sweet as pie and say, "Wow, thank you, folks, for getting back with me. I really love you. I hope you had a nice holiday season." And I just kind of curious, how did you, how did you crunch the numbers? Like, did you guys put this number? I'm just, I'm just curious. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm ungrateful, but it kind of seems a little low. But you know, it, but it, it might be, uh, it might be fair and just. But can you, um? Can you just can you kind of give me an idea how how you guys come up with these numbers? You know, are they arbitrary, or do you actually, you know, you know, from previous cases in the past, and this is what the average is? What's the what's the lowest? If this is an average, what's the highest that you usually? What is the highest that you've ever, you know, uh, you know, issued out? Yeah. And why? And why was his so much higher than mine? You know, just just start by saying hello, mm. thank you. And just make it one sentence, and then add those two or three other sentences in the letters later on. Don't don't bog the guy down. You know. Yeah, too, no, that sounds good. That sounds good. All right, just because, write. Just write a nice one saying thank you very much. It was timely response. I hope you had a hot, lovely holiday season. I'm just wondering, how do you guys come up to the determination of the dollar amount? And uh, so, yeah, I hope to hear from you real soon. And uh, you know, Godspeed and. Uh, uh, save the queen, you know, and whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know why? Um, yeah, that's 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 great because I was just thinking, like, I, I, I've, you know, there's people here that contact me every now and then and ask me for a bit of help, and I, I just, I just, I just show them what you've taught me, and I'm just, I just go, you know, listen to that guy. Uh, <laughs> but they usually ask me and stuff like that. Questions and one of them in one situation, one guy was showing me he, had, he got compensation of like about ten thousand dollars just from one, just from being punched in the face. Right. You know, nothing, nothing that caused any sort of real harm to right, his right. face or anything like that, like scarring or anything like that. And there was another scenario in which some guy, you know, I think it was in the news, some kid got like. He got like his. He said he got like dumped on the on the ground by a police officer. Like he got he got tossed in the ground while he was in handcuffs. Right. And but the the kid was being a bit of a dick. He kept fucking kicking, moving, and so the police officer just like uh, take did a takedown on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyway, that knocked him out, I think. And the kid the kid got about fifty or sixty grand. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, just ask them how they came about. Let's say, you know, 
sounds, I don't mean to be ungrateful, but the estimate, you know, seems to kind of uh, arbitrary, or, but, you know, it's kind of peculiar, and, you know, it's just some of the yeah. other people not being compensated in the past for for much less, you know, minor injuries. I'm just wondering, mm-hmm. you know, maybe, you know, I just, you know, just and like I said, in a follow-up letter, say, maybe you didn't get the hospital report. Maybe you didn't get the dental damage. Maybe you don't have the uh, the report from my dentist. Here, let me send them to you, too. But don't do that on the first letter. First, yeah, try to be yeah, super polite and nice, just like we did with that, that lady, you know, the lady who finally yeah. said, you know, sent you that confirmation yeah. letter saying, well, you know what, maybe we just better, let's just forget about all this. And I'm sorry if, I, if you felt that I threatened you or committed extortion or <laughs> how about we just, you know, <laughs> let this go away. Yeah, yeah man. No, you know yeah. what I'm Cause that was funny. Yeah, because that was funny when you said that, uh, when you was telling me that, you know, ladies called you up, personally called you up and said, you know, she really liked that letter. You know, she must have had a real, it must have had a, must have had a, a hell of an impact on her. And back then, I don't really think, I don't think you really understood the full impact of that letter. You know, you know, because I think you were surprised when she said, what, you were like, what should I do? Should I sign the confirmation? I said, I said Absolutely. You don't know enough yet to, to pursue this. No, just let it die. You know, yeah. just just walk away. Just sign the damn thing. It's like, well, I don't want to sign anything. I said, dude, you want to sign this. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to sign anything with them. I don't want to fall in their jurisdiction and control. Dude, you want to sign this. Get out of there. Yeah. You know, get out of their crazy game. They think you're a genius right now. Get out of there while you're ahead. <laughs> Yeah, and, they, and, they, and in, in, in fact, they're trying to find the resolution, and so and the resolution doesn't cost me anything. So, right. um, yeah. So, yeah. At, at that point, I knew. At that point, I knew when you were still asking me questions that you had no idea what was going on. So most times, when I tell people, you know what, just take that offer and get out of there. Just if they want to just walk away, dude, just walk away. Don't fight these people. Don't don't even go there. Just walk away. Just be yeah. grateful. Just go. Turn around and walk. Run. Yeah. You know, just just be grateful. Sign their confirmation letter that they no longer want to pursue it. Because I'm trying to remember exactly what you said that letter said. It's like, at this time, we don't wish to pursue this and we want to dismiss it. Uh, do you kind of remember what the letter said? Which one? Which one? The confirmation letter. Uh. Oh, so what they sent me back? Yeah. What they sent me back was just a just a template. It was just a template saying, you know, we're sorry, you know, we've cancelled your debt, you know, it was our mistake. And but but then at the very end it starts to say, you know, however, you know, if if this is a mistake and you are wrong, we will pursue it again. Yeah. Right. But I I I was just I just wrote back and just said, you know, thank you. Thank you for, you know, for finding a resolution with me. So now right. I have a letter that's, that confirms that we did find a resolution right. and that we both agreed on that. And, I, you know, and that was a long, long time ago now. So. Yeah, it is a long, long time ago. Like, yeah, six months was <laughs> a long, long time ago. Man. Yeah, because like I said, you you were looking at, you, you, they stay, stay, I remember, man, because when, when they did that, to you, and they threatened you by saying, "You go, we're going to take you to court if you keep pursuing this, and you're going to lose." Which you know, you all lose. I shit myself. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's when I knew you. That's when you got serious and called me up and said, "Dude, that's it. I'm done with these people. You know, these people are really scaring me. What do I do?" It was stressful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, but that's what I'm saying. It's funny. All I, I mean, we really didn't. It didn't take us a long time. You know, it took us like, eh, just write this, this. Here, yeah, send me what you got. Okay. You know what? How about we just tone it yeah. down? And how about that? Yeah. It, yeah it, I, it, I remember. You were like, dude, man, dude, just fucking, just say, you know, who are you? Yeah. You know? right. I know you. Are you a man? Are you a woman? First, first, fucking get the first base. <laughs> and that's what I try to tell people. It, it's like, like I thought it, Brian, what I, what I love about the stuff I do, the style I do, I don't make you guys read 10,000 books and 10,000 case law and, uh, you know, study all these fancy words. I was like, look, yeah. just how about how about we just work with a simple word like you and man and debt and true and how, how about we just use simple words like that? Because they know them. They know those words. You know, they don't use big fancy words. If you just end up with little simple words, believe me, they get scared out of their minds. Hey, t- tell me, tell me, when, when, when you do send a letter and you use a simple word like, did I do wrong or have I broken the law? Uh-huh. Yeah, um, that's funny you, as hell. You left my ass off. Yeah. <laughs> you send them a question like that, like a simple question like that. A lot of the time I notice over here, I'm not sure over there, what they do, but over here they just tend to ignore the whole your whole the question. Not mm, if you first if the big thing is you got to trap them as a man or a woman. First you got to find out who if, if they've been assigned. If you say, I've got this lovely letter from the ATO, and um, I'd just like to know the man or the woman who's been assigned this case, and they'll say uh, we assigned it to Susie, Susie, you know oh. Baker, and I was like, okay, Sue Baker, okay, great. And then you write a lovely letter to Sue Baker. Say, hi, lo- lovely Sue Baker. I got this lovely letter from you a couple months ago, and uh, and uh, I, I, got a, I got a simple question. Are you the woman who's been assigned this case so we could try to you know, resolve this? Thank you very much. And then you wait for her to say, yes, I've been assigned this case. you know. And she didn't rebuke the fact that she was a woman because I asked her. The first letter I asked her, I said, are you the woman who's been assigned this case? And she said, yes, she'll say, yes, I've been assigned this case. So there you go. I got her in a capacity as that as a woman. Mm, she should have said, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the woman who's been assigned this case. I'm an ATO agent who's been assigned this case. Ah. Uh, big difference. Yeah. Oh, big difference. See, big difference. So see, I trap them with simple words, you know, and then I mail them. I'll ask them maybe one more nice letter, and then I just clob them. Okay. <laughs> and that's what I do and with if, you. If, because she, I, if, uh, if, she does, if she does say she's an agent. What's that? If she does say she's an agent. They never say it. They're too slack. No, they're, too, they're too lazy. I'm telling you, man, it, it, I, I nail them all the time. There's never been one smart enough not to not to fall into that simple trap. I mean, it worked like a charm. It worked like a charm with you. You call me up. It seemed like one week and two or three weeks later, you call me up and say it's all over. I was like, well, see, wasn't that swell? You didn't have to do it for two or three years. You didn't have to go to court or trial. Yeah, yeah. It was sweet. 
So what, 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 I got to ask you a question. You sent me this, uh, email, uh, thing with a click on it for the, for a hat and, and a hat and a, what, what's the, what's with the, what's with the ensemble, the hat and the coat thing? What's all that about? Oh, so they're like Australian, Australian, like, um, classic Australian, um, hats, like, that's like the Australian hat, like the, the Cuba, the Cuba. Is Australian oh, how, do you, wait, how, do you, how do you pronounce that? Yeah, is it a Cobra or a Cobra? Cobra. Let me just look again. A Cobra. Okay. Let's go back. Cobra. Yeah, 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 show my friend. Yeah, show my friend. made from rabbit skin. Rabbit skin. That's rabbit oh. skin. So it's pretty soft. They're pretty. Not my grandpa in Argentina. He loves them. Um, he, he likes to show it off, walk around. <laughs> These are the cowboys. He's a cowboy out there. He's, they call them gauchos in Argentina, gauchos. Right. And but anyway, then then there's a classic outback outback jacket. That's like like very classic style Australian outback jacket. Oh okay. Yeah, I, thought yeah, cool. I thought that would look cool on you. It's yeah, so that's... like you got like pretty cold temperatures back out there. Oh yeah, because so, the funny as I said to my buddy, I said, see some people. You know, I don't. I don't tell people, look, man, you got to give me ten grand to help you. I said, some people they ain't got no money. They ain't got no money at the time. I said, and eventually, sometimes they'll remember. I said, look, this guy said he's going to send me a, a coat and a hat. I said, ain't that? You know, I said, sometimes that's better than money. You know, some people send me maple syrup. You know. <laughs> you know I thought you'd like it because it's something from Australia and it's very unique. You know, oh, in yeah. Australia, so you won't find it around there. You know, and well, hopefully I'm going to be yeah. down. Hopefully I'll be down there soon enough. I'm just tightening up my house. I just got to tighten up this place where I live. You know, it's like that. Yeah, like, I think there's a lady here that wants to bring you out. She's she's got a oh. shitload of land. Yeah. It's big big money. Um, that's that's. Um, I think it was like seven hundred thousand dollars of land, but she's she's calculated that it's probably like a million dollars. Oh yeah, she's begging me. Yeah, she talks to me every now and then. She begs me to come out there. I say, ma'am, I, I got, I've got to have these animals taken care of by somebody. So, you know, yeah, that's yeah, part no, of this. Right. Yeah. I, you know, the thing is, I met that lady way back, way back. I, I, I used to speak to her on, the, on, like, these Facebook forums and people chat about, like, common law. But the thing, a lot of the time is they don't understand common law. They think... They, they think it's something that's written down by the Commonwealth yeah. of Australia. They, they don't understand that it's it's not written down anywhere. It's not written. It was down. here prior. It was here prior. It was actually here when the Aboriginals were here because the Aboriginals they had their own customs and traditions and laws that were passed down by word of mouth. And I said it was their common law. And what's so funny about this stuff is when you go to traffic court. That's their customs. That's their common law. When you go to divorce court, that's their common law. Yeah. That's the common way that they do for divorces in Australia. That's the common way they yeah. do traffic tickets in Australia. It's common to them. You walk into their courts, mm. that's common to them. You have to invoke it where it's man on man, where it's not the driver and it's not the police officer and it's not the, the, the uh, motor vehicle office. You know, you have to say, look, look, I, I know it's common. The common practice, the common law for you folks is that you're a policeman and I'm a licensed driver. The only problem is 
I'm not going to practice that common law. The common law, that, the common belief that I have is that I'm a man and I'm taking my property. It just happens to have four wheels on it from point A to point B. Nobody's claimed I've done any harm, injury, or wrong. So you got to let me go. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So common law is like what? Common, the common, the common way we do it in traffic court? That's right. The common way they do it in divorce court or bankruptcy court? Right. That's common to them. It's not common to me. So what's common to me is that I know I'm a man and I know I all have duties, obligations, responsibilities to not cause harm, injury to my fellow man. That's it. That's the only common law I understand. All this traffic stuff, bankruptcy, I don't understand any of that. Com- it's common to you, but it's not common to me. That's what people are getting so confused about. They actually think it's like some written thing. It's like every you could go to planet Vulcan. And, and you could be an earthling, and you know you better not steal. You know you better not mess with their kids. You know you better not you know, better not hit nobody in the head with a stick. You, you don't need it down somewhere. You know it. You just know it. That, oh, it's wrong. You can't be going there. I don't care where you go in the universe. You can't just be hitting people in the head with a stick. Yeah, man. And it's interesting that you, you say that because... Um, what I found when I was studying some of the words, and I, I sort of found a, how you could say like something that linked them all together was a lot of the words that you talk about pertain to what is like a right, like what's a right, like a claim is something in which you claim is you know you you say is right to you and only to you to claim like or something you believe is right, um, you're making a claim or something you believe is wrong. Um, that's been done to you, um, and and that's the same with law. Law is simply when you really look at it, it's 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 a belief system. It's what it's what's right and wrong. It's a moral. moral yeah, law, yeah, law is just a law is just opinion of the people at that particular moment of time. You know, it's just uh, you know sometimes pot's legal, sometimes it's not legal. Yeah, it's, 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 just, it's, just, it's a common belief. Right, it's just a beliefs. consensus amongst the people. It's almost like democratic like that. It's like a consensus amongst the people. If we want to have a civilized society, we must all agree to a certain set of public codes, public practices. When you, when you act in public, we expect you to act in a certain demeanor, a certain way. But when you're in private, yeah. you in private, you can do whatever the hell you want. But in the public, if we're all going to live together as a community, as a group, we expect certain practices and uh, you know procedures when you step out into the public. Yeah. 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 But still, so when you do what, something what, wrong what, in the public, when you still you know act out of character in public, then you're just basically supposed to beg for forgiveness and just make restitution. You're not yeah. supposed to go to jail. It's ridiculous. What happened yeah. if you were the what happened if you were the only butcher or baker or candlestick maker in a community and they put the the only baker in jail? Nobody's gonna have bread. That's ridiculous. You can't just stick the baker in jail. Well, where's the baker? The bakery's closed. Oh well, we put him in jail. Why? Because he was playing his car radio just too loud. One more time, we told him that's it. It was like, well, okay, now who's gonna bake the bread? Well, nobody. <laughs> Fuck. Let's yeah. Guy. yeah. You know. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know, you, you see how I can make everything so freaking ridiculous all the time? No, that's right. People like to complicate things, man. <laughs> yeah. And it ain't complicated. 
what what I found was was that there was I don't know, it's I guess like a, a family tree. So you start off at law, so you got right and wrong, which so law means right and wrong. And then what right and wrong simply just means um what one believes. Well, no, no, no. It, 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 it would, no, it wouldn't be right or wrong. It'd be what is, you know, like, because wrong, literally what the word wrong means is that you woke up this morning and you said, you know what, I'm going to go nail that guy. You know what, I'm going to, it's like you made a plan, you planned it out, you, you schemed. If you work with somebody else, you conspired to actually cause harm, injury, or wrong to another man. See, wrong means you knew what you were doing was going to cause harm, and you planned it out. That you knew was wrong. So what does intent? That means intent, right, that you had the intent to actually cause harm. So that's wrong. See, negligence... How, how, could, you, how could you establish someone had intent to do... Oh, that's easy. Like, like, like I say, say, a bank robbery. You say, say the guy actually went and he, he, and he drew maps and he got plans and everything else. Or say, you know, like it was negligence. He's like... Um, you know, there's a difference between, you know, um, and negligence just means there's an accident. It wasn't, you didn't plan it out. So when they say it's negligent homicide, it was just, it was just accidental. I didn't plan it to do it. So negligence. But that wouldn't be a wrong. No, it's just negligence. But negligence sounds like it's a horrible thing, but honestly, it's not. Negligence means there's boo-boo, an accident. I didn't didn't mean for it to happen. Sometimes things just happen. So like a car, a car hits your car, and and you don't know you don't know if it was done with intent or if it was done. Well, it's usually he didn't see you. When a guy comes out of the car, he's laughing. You kind of figured he, he intended on doing it. <laughs> yeah, but, but he he could always lie in court and then say, "No, it was an accident. I didn't see." You. Right. I mean, you'd have to actually find a third-party impartial witness to verify that he either come to court and say, no, I saw this man planning and plotting, and I heard him say that he wanted to hit this guy's car. All right. But what what if it was negligence? It's an accident. Does he still have to compensate you or not really? Oh, of course. Of course you do. It's like, uh, like I said, Gus was asking me that one day. If it is, when, when, does, when do they have a case? And I remember he was reading a book from the 1800s, and I said, I know the exact book you're reading. And he said, when you throw a horseshoe out the window, and uh, it lands in the street, and a day or two later, somebody comes down the road, and they, their horse or they fall and trip on it, that's negligence. But if you mm-hmm. took the horseshoe out the window, and you threw it, and you tried to hit the man off his horse, that's wrong. Then you have mm-hmm. a case. Of course. It gets to, then it said, yeah. then you have a case. And Gus was asking him, what do you mean? What, what do they mean? Then you have a case. I said, then you have a case in where they could actually, you know, hold you criminally liable, where they could actually put chains and shackles on you and drag you away. I said, before uh-huh. then, it's just it's just the civil. They they don't have a case against you, but the man that you committed negligence to, he'll have a civil action he could file against you for negligence. But they're not going to arrest you. They're not going to put you in jail. But then could you still bring a civil case into common law? Of course. Okay. But you know how you you go, when you you write in a claim, you you write 
so, usually like when so, I'm learning stuff here is that you go, this man did me wrong. So in this case, it would be this man did me. When you go to civil, you, when you go to civil court, you go into civil court because you want to act civilized. Now you could go into court, and any kind of court is where you play games. So I want to play a civilized game. Now, if you want to play a combat game like boxing or taekwondo, you could call a guy out and say his pistols at dawn. You know, it's like you did me wrong. I want satisfaction. His pistols at dawn. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? That's not. I'm just civil. wondering. I'm just wondering how how would you say it? Like, would you say this man did me wrong by negligence, or this man? No, 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 no. This man has caused me harm due to his negligence. Ah. Okay. Got it. Yeah, I got right. It. And then, like I said, there's no other word. There's no other word like you, negligence. Usually, no, I really don't use words like negligence because usually, like I was, that's what I was trying to say, instead of using the word negligence, what I usually say is due to the man's, and it's usually 90% of the time, negligence is due to your inactions. Not your actions, but your inactions. Mm-hmm. So 90%, 90% of the negligence is because of inactions, not actions, it's inactions it's because you didn't do something. Yeah, I understand. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I understand, uh, man. Yeah, like I said, man, I'm glad I, I'm glad I caught back up with you. And uh, like I said, uh, because see, what's funny? A lot of people always ask me, Paul, do you have any proof that any that that your stuff has helped people? And it was funny when I helped like somebody like you. There's no case numbers. They want to look up your case number. Oh yeah, that's all. Look, I got it all scanned up. It's all scanned up. I can send it. I can send it any time these, these following days because I'm on holiday now. Oh, okay. Break, so I can definitely send it very soon. And and it's all there. It's all there. Yeah. Okay. I had, I, had, I was like I was quite organized. I was putting all the my letters and paperwork together and just keeping it in like a file. Um, because you got to be quite. I think you got to be quite organized for this stuff when people are sending you letters, you know, different people too. Right. Um, well, you need to be responding quite quickly. Oh, yeah. Well, like I said today, I had fun this whole week, man. Some poor lady from Guyana down in South America, you know, British Guyana. So she's, she's a nice mm-hmm. black lady, man, down there. And she uh, and the government was trying to take a granddaughter. So all week all week long she's been having the uh you know the, the the authorities knocking on her door threatening to come in arrest her you know so all week it's funny i i put a couple of those uh, phone calls up on um on my talk show thing so people could hear them so um like how to handle when a cop comes trying to kick in your door how do you tell them you know just because you have a badge isn't going to negate the fact that you trespassed upon another man's right to be let alone, you trespassed upon another man's land, and just because you have a badge, don't think for a minute that when you cause harm or injury to your fellow man, that a badge is going to protect you from a from a, from a civil suit. It's a, you know, personal injury. You, you're going to still be hurt personally. You know, you're going to have a personal injury. You know, a suit against you for life. You're going to be liable. Just because you got a badge doesn't mean you can steal. Just because you got a badge doesn't mean you can rob. Just because you got a badge doesn't mean you can hit me in the head with a stick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then like I said, most people have stupid lawyers 
would just say, well, you know, the cop was just doing his job. You know, you, you should have just did what he told you to do, and he would have got hit in the head with a stick. It's like, no, that, no, that, that ain't going to fly. No, we, I don't play that game. You hit him in the head with a stick, he, he's going to be compensated. He's still a man. Yeah, you can't hit another man in the head with a stick. You know, this man better have done something wrong to you. I mean, really wrong. You know, he he better not just like well, like this lady. She wouldn't uh, give her grandbaby over to the to the government. She was like keeping her door closed and locked. It was so much fun talking to the one uh, officer. He's like, all we want to do is take a look at the baby. And he said, oh, is that all you want to do? It's like, yeah, hand me the phone back to the lady. So I handed so she handed the phone back to the lady, and she said, what should I do? I said, slam the door, lock the damn door. And tell him to basically go F himself. <laughs> I said, nobody sees shit. <laughs> it was so funny. He's like, oh, is that all you want to do? She said, he's like, yeah, we just want to see the baby and we'll be on our way. I was like, oh, is that all you want? And then I told him, man, close that damn door. Tell him to go get a bond, get a warrant. You know, <laughs> you know, tell him, hell no. He said, no. Oh, what was fun? She was taking pictures of the baby. I said, take pictures of the baby and, uh, and send it to the text messages to him. And that's what yeah. she was doing. She got. She said, I actually said, yell out the door. Say, hey, what's your cell phone number? And uh, the lady gave her cell phone number. I said, now take some pictures and, and text message into the lady. So she just started text messaging pictures of the baby like crazy. The lady said, there you go. You see the baby. Now get out of here. <laughs> like you see, yeah, with your yeah. you see with your eyes. You see with your eyes, not with your hands. Yeah. yeah. So, so that you see the baby. Good. Get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's all she said she said we just want to see the baby I said good take a damn picture of the baby with your cell phone camera and, and, and send it to her I said that you wanted to see the baby there now go <laughs> and, and it worked great man so far three days man you know she's been holding them off they keep coming back and I keep talking to the cops on the phone for her and and, and they've been leaving so it worked out really nice oh that's good man how yeah. old is she? Uh, almost two two months, but the daughter is sixteen, seventeen. And, All and, right. and, yeah, so the mom is from Guyana. So you know, it's kind of tough, man. For yeah, for a lady yeah. who's from a foreign country to try to you know, but she's doing good. <laughs> you know, she's yelling out the windows and you know, you know, write everything in the paper. She's doing a really good job. So that's usually what I deal with. I, I, I try to help people who have the cops kicking in their door. Yeah. That's, that's what really I like. really hard for some people. Yeah. Really, but really I, hard for some people, man. Oh, yeah. But that, that's what I enjoy doing. You know, that that, that I really have to kick over. You know, you guys who have money problems, I, I really don't work. I have like, oh, more money problems. I, uh, but when people have been, <laughs> someone being taken away, oh, boy. You know, I like to really help those people. Yeah, yeah. Because th- those people, they really do need someone that's going to help them. Um, a lot of the time, even when they go for legal aid, the people with legal aid, you know, they come across so many similar cases and they don't really know what to do. They just yeah, rely they- on the system and 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 the system, you know, the system has no feelings. No, and it's funny, man. If, if you do, if you do care, you know, it's funny. I, I've seen social workers who do care, and it's funny if they 
if they do try to care, they they're told real quickly to stop caring, or they're gonna, or you know, yeah. they're gonna wish they stopped. You know, so it's just a shame. You know, it's just a shame how they, you know, the, the people might come in there with good intentions and, you know, and they just destroy the people who try to help. Yeah, well, inherently people are good. Um, I think it's just that over time, it's their environment that makes them go a bit heartless. Yeah, well, like I, yeah, like I said, it. it I'm trying to keep really close tracks with this lady and down in Florida, and uh, she's the lady from Guyana, lady. And uh, so far, so good. I mean, she's been holding them off at the door, and they keep threatening to come kicking in the door. And I said, oh, good, so you just communicated a threat. That's lovely. And, then, you know, and oh, if I don't do something for you, you're going you're gonna to cause injury and harm to my home? Oh, that's good, so that's extortion. It's like, oh, if I don't give you something... You're going to, it's called extortion. I said, why don't you get your legal department down here? And they'll explain to you what you're doing. <laughs> oh, it was a lot of fun. And I, I told her, I, told her, I said, yell out the door. Say, hey, there's this man. He's talking to me on the phone. His name is Carl Lentz. And he goes all over the world and helps people get their, you know, their children back from uh, their property, back from crazy governments. I said, yeah, tell them crazy governments. And she said, yeah, he helped people get back their children and their property and their children from crazy governments. <laughs> she said, what, before you come before you come in my door, you better go Google this guy, call Lance. And it's so funny. As soon as she said that, they did walk away, and they went in their cars, and then all the, all the police officers left. She said, um, the social service lady stayed, but all the officers left. And they're like, yeah, F this. We're not going to mess with this. You know. <laughs> So just Google me. So yeah, yell out, yell to them too. This and this guy wrote a law dictionary. <laughs> so they left. I was like, yeah, we don't want to deal with that. They thought they were dealing with a dumb black lady from a foreign country. Yeah, that's that's a lot of the time. Um, I've noticed like talking about money. Uh, you know, you're gonna sue them, or you're gonna fucking take them to court. Then they, then they, then they like back off, and they go, okay, okay. You know, yeah. maybe this guy does know something. Maybe we should be a bit careful. Um, I we yeah. kept, I kept saying to the lady, you said, tell them that you want, you want a bond attached to the warrant. And they kept saying, why do you want a bond attached to the warrant? I said, well, what happens if you come into my home and you trip and you break your leg? You're gonna sue me because my rug was not on the floor right, and, and I'm going to get sued for a million dollars because you came in my house and you tripped. Or well, what happens if you come in my house and you trip and you, you drop a lamp and it starts a fire and we all have to run out of the house and you burn my house down to the ground? Who's going to pay for my house? Or say you, you come and take yeah. my baby, you want to see my baby, and you pick my baby up and you accidentally break the baby's neck and it winds up in a wheelchair for the rest of its life. Who's going to pay for all that? So oh, I, I need to make sure that you, before you people come into my house, like I do with the TV man or the phone man or any contractor that comes in my house, I always make sure they have insurance in case they do any damage to my house. So I need to know you got. I need to know your insurance policy. Or I need to have a bond, and then once you give me the insurance policy, I'm going to call up my lawyer, and the lawyer is going to find out if this bond or if this insurance policy is legitimate, if you really do have funds. And then after 
I'm satisfied with the bond or the insurance, and then you could come in, but not until. And if you give me a, a bond, I'm going to call up one of my friends, and they're going to come to the house, pick up the bond, secure the bond, like leave with the bond, and then I'll let you in the house. Yeah. So, it, so it was so funny because the cops said, kept saying, so you're telling us no. And I yelled at him, no, you're not telling them no. You say, absolutely, I want you to come in the house under these terms and conditions. So the cop's saying, so I said, so you don't want to work with us. He's like, no, I, I want to work with you. You don't want to work with me. <laughs> it was so funny. She kept flipping it around. She said, they said, okay, so we'll take that as a no. And she said, I want to work with you. Why won't you work with me? Why won't you go get the bond? Like, I, you know, like I, I, you know, I require you to go get the bond. It was so funny. They tried to keep saying that she didn't want to work with them. Yeah, they always do that. They always do. They do that shit here. Like they, they try to like twist turn, twist words around you. And... Right, and you, but you you have to jump up and say, no, I absolutely want to work with you. Uh, you say, well, you don't want to, you don't want to cooperate. I, of course, I want to cooperate. I love cooperating. Just give me an order. Make sure it's bonded. <laughs> You know, and uh, you know, and I'm going to make sure I'm going to put the bond into escrow, just in case anything goes wrong. So go get the bond. So you're telling me no, I can't come in. I'm not saying you can't come in. I'm saying you can't come in if you do all of these things. If you do all of these things, you're more than welcome to come in. But you have to do all these things first, like wipe your shoes, take off your shoes before you come to my house. No guns. You, you you know, you you walk into my house, whatever you walk in with, you leave with. You don't pick up anything in my house and steal anything. You don't walk away, you don't rob anything from me. You you come in my house and you leave my house. You put it all in writing that you're not going to steal anything, you're not going to rob me, you're not going to pick up any of my property and walk off with it. We're going to put this all in writing, we're going to sign it. Right? And like, well, like, like no. Well, so, well, then you can't come in until you do all that. You're not going to let us in. I do want to let you in, but these are the terms and the conditions. Just like if I got to go to your courthouse, what do you tell me to do? I got to take off my hat. I got to sit down. I got to yeah. stand up. You give me all these rules. <laughs> you know? So it's so funny. It's it like makes fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a lot of fun. And it drives them effing crazy because you're not saying no. It's like, so the lady said, no, you can't come in the house. It's like, well, she didn't say no. It's like, okay, well, then what did the lady say? Well, she said, first, we got to do this. Then we got to do this. Then we got to do that. Then we got to do this. <laughs> you say your conditions. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're giving them conditions. That's right. But we're not telling them no. Oh, here, let me let you go, Felix. Hey. It was great talking to you, man. It sounds yeah, like it's good, good, man. It's good to catch up. And hey, what 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 email are you using now? Is there something same email? I'm, like, I'm not really man, dude. Honestly, I haven't. You you text message me that was fantastic. I haven't read emails in about twelve weeks. <laughs> you know why? Because when I clicked the, when I clicked on it, man, I was three thousand six hundred and like seventy behind. Oh, I man. I can't That's catch crazy. up. Yeah, I can't catch up to all that. So I'm waiting for like my sister or. Or some other guy like like Gus or somebody who could catch up, you know, somebody who's picking up some speed, you know, somebody who wants to do this. Like, hey, do you really want to learn this stuff? Good. I got some emails you could read. 
<laughs> so like, like I said, that's what I do, man. Every now and then, I I just see. I did start another email. Who's called um, Court of Record, not with a number two behind it. All right. Yeah. And I, I started that one. And the first day, I had 140, 144 people email me. So it's it's like it's like I, I got to find other people who know how to do this stuff. So yeah. definitely the well, best way the best way to get in touch with me is the way you did. Text message. Text message me is the best fastest way to get in touch with me. Just like you did. Cool. Yeah, I, I mostly just wanted to. You know, I just wanted to see how you were, and you know, it's a happy new, and I wanted to, you know, send something to you as a gift. Something. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Says, hey, um, reminds you of the guy from Australia. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I don't, I I forget about you, man. I I talk about you all the time to people. I think it's pretty funny how that lady, you know, sent you that letter saying that uh, we want to, you know, I want to apologize, you know, with the the, the Department of. uh, you know, the ATL wants to apologize. That was hysterical. Yeah. Yeah, because they were communicating. Yeah. They, they they communicated a threat. They said, "Hey, if we take you to court, or you can pursue this, and you're going to lose, which they always lose, we're going to charge you forty grand, forty thousand dollars. That's insane." What she wrote to you. I mean, that was just criminal. You 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 didn't realize it at the time, but I'm, I'm sure you realize it now. No, I mean, you can't just threaten somebody. That's crazy. You take me to court, you know, we're going to make you pay 40 grand. That's crazy. Well, let me let you get on with your day, man. It was good hearing from you. Yeah, yeah, man. We'll, we'll keep in touch, all right? Alrighty, hopefully. Oh, what pro? What? 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 Where are you, man? In Australia? I'm in Sydney. Oh wow. Okay. So uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Most people live down there. Okay. In that area, Melbourne, yeah. Sydney. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right, man. I'll yeah, let. I'll let. Really nice man. When you come down here, I'll show you around. Okay. All right, man. I'll let you know when I'm. I'll let you know when I'm on that way. All right. Awesome, man. All right. Oh yeah, yeah if, if, if you yeah, if you wanna if you wanna mail something to me, man, you you know my website, right? That broadmind dot org. Yeah, but I'll need I'll need your address to send you the the you know the gift. Okay, yeah. man, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll 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 do that, man. I'll send you my post. I'll send you my address. Uh, man. All, All right, right, man. Take care. Take care. Well, thanks a lot, Felix, man. Yeah, I'll take a picture. Yeah, if you send me that hat, man. I'll take a picture and put it on my website. <laughs> That'll be awesome. All right. Take care, man. All right. Take care. Thanks a lot, Felix. Goodbye. Bye-bye. What's the matter, Steve? Yeah, plug the middle, don't you? Poor guy. Try to give you some medicine yesterday. You just spit it all up, didn't you?
I don't know if anybody was still hearing me or not. Huh. You there, Mike? Yep, how's it going? Oh, uh, not bad, man. Yeah, I just was calling up uh, Felix real quick in Australia. You know? Yeah, I didn't... Uh... I didn't think you were having a show. I just found out you were on a little while ago. No, I'm not, I'm not having a show. Just, uh, you know, some people were, um, um, some people were just, you know, Gus sent me something from somebody saying that, uh, you know, this call stuff work and stuff like that. But and I, when I was listening to that stuff, I just, um, Realized that these guys were just uh, messing with Gus that one week. There's some guys from England, and they um, um, they have like a little YouTube video, and they said, "Hey, let's call up this guy Carl tonight on Saturday night. Saturday night, let's just mess with him." So they called up, and um, I'm trying to remember what their names were on YouTube. But was this said, that Bob the White guy? Yes, that sounds like right, bop or bebop or something like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think he quite gets it, so it doesn't make sense to him, so he doesn't think it will work. Oh, no, no, so what, no, what I realized what he did is uh, I listened to a little bit of their YouTube thing, and what they said was, um, they were, they said, let's just call a call show, and let's just, let's just mess with them, let's make up a story. And they said, uh, let's say that, uh, uh, our kids got taken away. And the guy's like, okay, how many kids do we have? He's like, uh, two, two kids, a 10-year-old and 11-year-old. And uh, so the guy called up, and you actually hear him dialing up, you t- uh, you hear him dialing up the talk show phone number. And um, they get on, they're laughing their asses off. They said, you've been unmuted. So they got on the phone, I guess it was last Saturday or Saturday before, and they say, hey, hey, where's this genius call Lance? And, and Gus was like, excuse me, what? Who's calling? Is who? Who's asking? We're like we're in the middle of talking, and they're like, "Yes, yes, but this is an emergency. I got a ten-year-old and eleven-year-old boy, and they were taken into custody, and I got caught on Monday. What do I do? You know, I'll pay call any amount of money he wants. I just want to get my kids back. Well, just tell me what do I got to do? Let me talk to this guy." And he, the other guy's laughing his ass off in the background, and Gus is trying to talk to him, you know, like concerned, and uh, he's like, "Well, I think call." Uh, but just like tonight, you know, some folks came down from Baltimore and I had to spend, they spent the day with me helping me. So, I, you know, I had to go, you know, spend the day talking to them. And at night I, w- I went and got something to eat with them to tell them thank you for uh, helping me. So, um, and then when I got came back home, then I just called up Felix in Australia real quick. Just so you guys can understand who this Felix is that I keep talking about all the time. The man who, uh, had to deal with the ATO down there, and um, they sent him an apology letter for threatening him that they were going to take him to court over taxes. You know, they said, we'll just forget about it if you're willing to forget about it. You know, we'll willing to forget that you owe a debt if you're willing to forget that we threatened you. So I said, definitely sign it. But most people didn't hear that show. You probably did. You, you probably on Mike's uh, Mark from Atlanta's call. You probably heard Felix way back when in August. But a lot of people forget that they sent them an apology letter saying that we're sorry. So yeah, you don't uh, often hear about an apology letter. 
Yeah, so you know, so that's why I said, you know what, I got to get this man on from Australia on my show so you guys could actually hear it. You know, and I didn't tell him, man, we're doing a show tonight or anything like that. I just, you know, said, you know, I'm just going to record this guy. He's telling everybody, hey, you know what, it works. And like I said, those guys just in England last week or the week before. They, they like, could you imagine, man, if if I actually wasted my time trying to talk to this guy from England, and he said he had a ten year old and eleven year old boy. And uh, they were just making it up. And can you imagine if they wasted like three or four hours of my time, you know, me trying to explain them to do this and to do this and to do this. And they don't have no kids. And they were just prank calling. They were just crank, making a crank call. So at least yeah, Gus, Gus was smart enough to keep muting these guys out. You yeah, know what I'm funny, real funny trick when other people actually have real problems and need help. Right, so that's why I said that. I said that's where I've seen that they did. I said, you know what? I ain't got time for to do these stupid shows, man. If people are just going to crank call, you know what? I'll wait till people call me during the week who really need my help. Just like that, the lady that uh, I, I sent this. I sent a phone call. Like the lady sent me like a nine one one text message. Say you got to answer the phone now. I got like cops at the door. So I answered the phone and uh, and uh, Gus uploaded the forty, you know, like forty eight minutes of her standing the cops off of her front door and, and you know the happy ending was they left the cops left and they didn't take the baby didn't kick in the door they had like warrants for the lady and you know for the baby and a court orders and you know they said you know the, the head supervisor came down the, the sergeant came down or captain came down and they all left you know she, she, she had a standoff with them on Wednesday I talked uh, like an hour and I talked to the cops on Wednesday. She had a stand down on Friday night. I talked to them again on Friday night. Then first thing this morning, they come again. Another stand down, you know, this time with more people, you know, higher up people, captains of the, you know, came down. The head supervisor lady came down. Everybody's coming down. So, that you know, it's just to hear that the lady's like, yes, you know, they got in their cars and they're leaving. It's like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> That's fantastic, you know. That you know, it's like hearing people kicking in your door and actually tasing you and doing all this other crazy stuff. I said, "That's great." You know, this stuff actually works. So people want to hear it work, and some people are saying, "Well, you got a case number?" It's like, "What do you mean case number?" Well, here you go. You want to hear some of my phone calls during the week? Yeah, I'll start uploading some of my phone calls during the week of people actually in court or the cops knocking on their door. You know, you want to actually hear it live? Yeah. This ain't fake. You know, if you hear the cop yelling at his name, like my name is Officer, you know, whatever his name was, you know, Berg, Officer Berg, I think his name was Berg. He said, my name is Officer Berg. So I said, good, just tell him that you just recorded him communicating a threat and committing extortion, that if I don't open his door, you're going to cause my property harm. And just because you got a badge, doesn't is it going to uh, immune you? You're not going to be immune from uh, a personal injury lawsuit that I'm going to file against you if you come into my house and, and you cross in, into my property and you cause another man or another woman harm. Wearing a badge ain't going to protect you. You can't rob another man. You can't steal from another man. You certainly can't trespass on another man's home. If you could, you'd be opening up that door, turning that doorknob right now, and walking in. So obviously you need me to invite you in, and that ain't going to happen without a bond. Yeah, so, it was so funny, man. The lady actually held him off, and it didn't take him long. It's like 
She didn't have to stand out there and argue. You know, she didn't have to do it for 10 hours. I think the phone call was 43 minutes. So it wasn't like, like, oh, my God, if I don't, if I don't just give in to these guys, they're going to be here all day. No, they were there for 43 minutes, and they left. And then Gus uploaded the thing, and it was like 43 minutes I was talking to a lady. So yeah, it's like, no, it's no idea you're saying they're going to leave. You hand them a piece of paper with the terms and conditions of how they can enter, you know, they're going to leave. They're going yeah, to I guess once you uh, refuse to open the door, and then you start mentioning that uh, they just threatened and extorted you, kind of puts them in a bit of a tough position there. Oh, yeah, you didn't refuse to. You say, I'd love to. I, man, I want to open my door. If you've got a fucking magic pot of fucking gold worth a million dollars, let my, my friend's going to come by in about 15 minutes. She'll pick it up, drive it away into a safe location, then come on in. You know, but no, I, I want you to come on in, but you're going to have to come in under my terms and conditions. But no, I love, I love guests. But you're going to have to do it under my terms and conditions. The Rolling Stones are playing here tonight. I'm charging admission. <laughs> Whatever, right, you know. Standing room only, right. And this is in general seating, exactly, whatever. You know, it's just like when you go into their courtroom. They're going to expect you to take your hat off. Don't wear funny clothes, no shorts, no flip-flops. You know, make sure uh, you stand up. Make sure you uh, turn your cell phone off. You know, I'm going to expect you to do a whole bunch of things. When you come to my house, I'm going to expect you to uh, take off your gun belts. Uh, no, no uh, military boots in my house. Uh, you know, only flip flops. Here's flip flops. You got, or you, or you got to wear your bare feet. You know, you know, you can make all kinds of terms and conditions, just like when they they do to you. you yeah, go, they got to know. They got to know what rules are when they uh, create how many new rules codes every year. Right. They then ignorance of the law is no excuse. Right. So this is my law. You want to enter into my home? As I said to her, I said, look, buddy, if you had jurisdiction, if you had the ability to enter here, you do what? When you go to work or you go to your house, you turn the doorknob and you walk in. Obviously, you don't have the right to turn the doorknob and walk in, do you? Because if you did, you would. That piece of paper doesn't say you got the right to turn my doorknob and walk in because if it did, you would. So fortunately for me, it doesn't say you could turn my doorknob and walk in. It's about what you just did is you communicated a threat, threat of force, threat of violence at gunpoint. You know, it's so funny. Like I said, Gus, I said the, the, the phone call to Gus and to Larry, and they both text messaged me back, and they said that was a funny, that was funny what that lady went through. Like, thank you for sending me that phone call. See, because this is what I do all week long. I talk to people all over the world, you know, trying to help them with cops knocking in their door. And I was like, you know what, I don't think people who wait for my Saturday night show actually know what the hell I do with people during the week. I think, I don't know what they think I do. So I was like, oh, you know what, I'm going to start uploading some of my phone calls. And you folks can hear what I do during the week with normal people who call me up. So I don't have to wait for Saturday night. It's like, why bother doing Saturday night shows? People are just going to prank phone calls. And people are just going to make these prank phone calls. You know what, why don't I wait for the week time? Because I get plenty of people calling me up all week who have real problems. And it's like, oh, you want to see how I solve the real problems? Yeah, this is how I do it. Instead of doing on Saturday night, it's like, well, what's your problem? Tell me your problem. This is your problem. Okay, come back next week and tell me if it worked. 
instead of saying, come back next week and tell me if it works, you know what? They're going to call me up there in a week, and they're going to say to me, hey, you know what? I went to court, and this is what happened. Okay, great. Did it work? Yeah, great. Okay, well, what happened? Because I'm going to upload one from a man from Canada, and uh, he says, oh, my, he says, the, the prosecutor was real nice to me now, and the ladies, when I walk into the courtroom, they go, oh, that's that's Mr. Bennett. Oh, that's Mr. Oh, that's the man who's been writing the paperwork. Oh, that's Mr. He said, the judge was really nice to me. He said, the judge always treated me like crap. He says, even my employees, when I walked in, he says, the one employee says, hey, you're usually shaking when you come back from court. He said, you're not shaking. It's like, no, man, I feel great. And he told me, he says, Carl, this is the first time I went to sleep at 8 o'clock at night and slept till 8 o'clock in the morning. He says, this is the first time I slept for 12 hours in about six months. He says, thanks for everything you did for me. It's really... uh." calming me down, and I'm having a lot more fun now when I go into court, because I'm not scared anymore. <clears throat> I said, well, that's great, because, oh, that's what was funny. Some guy sent me something saying, somebody's called you a, a con man. I said, con man? Hmm, literally, con man means a confidence man, and if I'm building confidence in my fellow man, okay, I'm a confidence man. I'm hoping I'm building confidence up in my fellow man. To realize that when they're walking into these ridiculous courtrooms, you know, into these, you know, statutory courts. It's all, it's all, it's all bullshit. I said, I'm trying to build up the man's confidence is to be able to call the other side out and say, you know what? You're all full of bull. This ain't real. This is all bull. And, and I'm trying to make sure that these people are confident enough when they walk in there to be able to stand in there and just laugh at the other side. I said, you're a joke. There's no man here. I don't see a man here. No, I see a prosecutor, a judge, defendant. A chair, a lamp, a flagpole, but I don't see a man. Is there any man going to come in here today? Oh, well, I'm the only man standing here then, huh? Everybody else is afraid to appear as a man? Only I'm the one who's brave enough to come in court as a man? Everybody else is hiding behind a costume or a cloak or a cape or hiding under a wig and a dress and a robe? This is ridiculous. Well, if, you don't know what you're, if you don't know what you're doing and you don't believe in what you're doing 100%, you're not going to have the confidence and that judge is going to see right through you. Right. So when somebody said it calls a con man, I said, hmm, con means confidence. If you look at the word con man, it actually was a pretty nice word at one time. It meant somebody who built up confidence in somebody. It's like, okay, that's what I'm doing. I'm building up confidence. It's a confidence man. It's like, am I building up confidence in my fellow man? I hope so. You know, because it's pretty dark out there sometimes. And if I'm giving somebody some confidence and hope, okay. I hope so. I hope that's what's working. Of course, it's taking a lot of people who are really meek and very scared about everything. You know, it's making them more more, more um, confident to walk into court and handle their own business. Well, that's fantastic. I hope I am. So, yeah, like I said, I don't want to just do, like, the normal shows anymore and just pick up answer phone questions. You know, like I said, people are starting to... Just do um, crank calls. I mean, it's funny. He actually played his crank call. They they were laughing their asses off, saying, oh, let's just call this guy and start fucking with him tonight. And then you hear him dialing. And then poor Gus has got to deal with these clowns. You know, and me, you know, I was said, oh, you know, there's a, a couple of things I would have been able to say to the guy to tell in two seconds if he was full of shit or not. But Gus doesn't know. Gus thinks these guys are, are, are for real, that they really have a problem. And Gus is being nice. It's like, you know, like, now nah, I'm going to ask him a couple of quick questions. 
you know, and see see where this is going. Where's the mom? You know, okay, kid got taken away. Where's the mom? And I'm gonna say, you know, you know, what's the kid's name? I'm gonna be able to catch them. You know, bullshit to me so fast, honey. Fine, then I'm not, they're not gonna waste my time. But I guess it's too nice to just, you know, to, to tell the people, oh, you're full of shit. You ain't got no kids. Because if I if, if I say that, people are like, well, Cole always says that. And it's like, oh, Cole's so rude, so rude to that nice man. That man really needed help. And Cole told him to go f himself. That he ain't got no routine. He really got kids. You just West, you know, just messing with me. You ain't got kids. And they're like, oh, call so mean. <laughs> like that one lady who called up and said, do you have any pictures of your kids? No. Got any medical records? No. Got any birth certificates? No. You got no photos of your kids? No. Hmm. Okay. And they took the kids away, huh? I told the new boyfriend, did you ever see pictures of your kids? Well, no. Yeah, I remember that call. That was hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, what does our family think of her? Oh, they think she's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think they're right. <laughs> yeah, I think they're right, buddy. But yeah, like I said, man, I just you just I was gonna call up the man in Canada to talk tonight too. But what I called him up, he was already asleep. By the time I got in the house, it was eleven o'clock my time, and it's nine o'clock his time. He was already sleeping, which to me is great. He's saying he's being able to go to bed now at eight o'clock and sleeping, <laughs> so that's great. And he fired his lawyer, and um, his lawyer said the best deal that he could cut from is two years, less one day in jail. And uh, he was like, "Hell no, I ain't going to jail for two years, less one day." That's when he got involved with me. And he says, he says, boy, they really treated me nice in court. And uh, I'm going to send uh, Gus that um, phone call and see if he could. My voice after a while, it just started cracking up because I went started driving a truck down the street on a road. And my, my end, it sounds terrible, but the other guy's end sounds crystal clear. So I want to see if Gus could filter it out a little bit so he could hear me talking to the man. But the guy was like, look, Carl, I'm just very grateful that, you know, I met you and I talked to you. And uh, that's the man I was supposed to meet his son, and him and his son up in Canada when I got arrested at the border, well, detained at the border. Yeah. Never charged with anything. That's pretty funny. So, uh, but that's the the dad and the son. Who, Did you ever uh, hear what happened with those guys? Yeah, that's the phone call I was just describing, how the guys Oh, said, okay. He went to court, and uh, he was asking me, they want a preliminary hearing, what should I do? I said, absolutely, you want a preliminary hearing. He's like, but, and I work in their jurisdiction? I said, damn right. And when you're working in their jurisdiction, in, in their court, in their case, a preliminary hearing, what you're going to do is you're going to set the terms and conditions in which you're going to appear. You're only going to appear as a man. The other side can only appear as a man. You're going to set the terms and conditions of what's going to happen at the trial. You got a preliminary hearing, and that means this is what's going to happen. What what is going to be talked about or discussed or done at the trial? So you're going to slug it out at the preliminary hearing. You can go through one preliminary hearing. You go through a thousand preliminary hearings. You're going to go keep getting these preliminary hearings until you agree. We're going to do pistols at doors. No, not Uzis, not machine guns. 
no, we're not going to use flamethrowers. We're going to use a 22 caliber. That's all we're going to use. I'm like, no, no, we want to use this. Well, you know what? This is how I'm going to appear. I'm going to defend myself with a 22. If you want to come with a bazooka, you know and I know that's not right. So when you agree to come meet me with a 22, we'll fight with a 22. You know, it's like, no, I want a bazooka. Well, I'm telling you, we're coming in there and judge, make a ruling on this. Can I come in only with a bazooka or a pistol? Yeah. Well, judge, make a ruling on this. Do I have to appear as a defendant or can I come in as a man? Don't I have the right to invoke common law, man on man, here in Canada? And the judge would be like, well, yeah. Because that's what happened with him at an earlier hearing. The, the, we put the paperwork into the court and the prosecutor says, I don't understand this. And the judge says, oh, I understand this. So the prosecutor couldn't understand it because he does he can't stand under the, the, the capacity of a man. He can't. He's like, judge, like, I can't answer this. And the judge is like, oh, I understand exactly what he's doing. The prosecutor knew what he was doing, but the prosecutor was only appearing as a prosecutor, so the prosecutor could only answer as a prosecutor. The prosecutor can't understand the words of man. The prosecutor could only understand the words of a defendant. If he understood what the man was saying, man to man, then he's going to hold himself up liable to being a man. And he's like, like, I can't be a man. If I'm a man, I'm going to be held liable. I'm going to hold myself up to be liable. So the judge is like, well, I understand what he's doing. That's why the prosecutors always say our paper's gibberish, because they can't understand it. People get all mad. Oh, they called my paperwork nonsense and gibberish. That's good. That's right, because he he had to. He can't look at it from the words. It's like looking at the word from God. It's like, well, this is the word from God. It's like, well, who, who am I to decipher it? You're telling me this is the word of God? Yeah, then who am I to, 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 to speak for God? Who am I to say what's God's word? This is God's words, right? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, what do they mean? I don't know. I'm not even quite guessing. They're God's words. They're not my words. Who am I to try to play God? Who am I to try to guess what God's trying to say? You know? God, you know, uh, what do you want from me? I'm not God. I'm not going to pretend to know what God's saying. So like I say, when you see like all these guys with the Bible saying, this is the word of God, it's like, oh, really? And you're going to tell me what God said? Oh, oh, he speaks to you, huh? Oh, really? That's special. You know, I love it. Lovely, you know? It's like, okay, so that's what you believe he said to you. That's lovely. I don't have to believe it, but if you believe it, if you believe God spoke to you, well, lovely. I'm not calling you a liar, but don't expect me to believe it. It's like, oh, well, if you don't believe me, then, you know, you don't believe the word of God. Uh, if I don't believe you, that just means I don't believe uh, what a man is saying. Well, God said this to me. Well, I'm sure he did. But you know what? Um, I'm going to need a little more proof of that other than you. I'm uh, hearing from you. You know what? You're just another man like me. You ain't special. Believe me, you get shot with a gun, you're going to die too. Yeah, so it's funny that... Um, it's funny, it says that the courts are not there to recognize a man's word unless a court of record is evoked. It's not so much a court of record, all courts are courts of record, or, you know, what it is is that you have to not say that it's a court of record. What you have to say to them is 
you want to testify. You want to make a. You want to have the court record the testimony. And just like when I went to court the other day with my buddy, and I said to them, I said I wish to be sworn in before I give any testimony today, so I could record. You know, I, we could record these, this event. And the judge is like, no, we're not taking testimony from anybody today. I said, so, so if we're not taking testimony from anybody, you're saying this is the court of no record. He's like, correct. This is a court of no record. So it's like, then there's nothing else for me to say or do here because I'm just wasting my time. He said, that's right. He said, go upstairs to the circuit court, the court of record. Testify up there. We don't testify down here. That's what they call the uh, Nisi Prius courts or whatever? Right. The court of no record? Right. They don't record anything. They don't, it's not, they don't record that it happened. What they do, they don't take testimony. And unless you testify, you can't make a record. You say, are we all going to testify today? No. Well, then there's no record today. No. So that's the whole thing with the court of record. Yes, they're going to record it. Yes, they're going to record the event happened. Yes, they can actually give you a transcript. Yes, they could actually give you a recording of what happened in the court of no record or a district court or a lower court like that. Yes, they could, you know, just like, yes, this is he said, she said, blah, blah, blah. But no man is going to appear. So that's what's funny because, like I said, we were going up against the bank. So obviously it was the bank's court. Obviously it was the bank's case. So obviously the judge knows, well, the plaintiff obviously can't testify. So obviously the defendant can't testify. That's why when you walk into a court case like that, you walk into a bank case, you better have your own damn case ready to go too. You say, oh, lovely, since we're here today, um, Jamie Diamond, he's the uh, CEO, he's the, uh, the man who who trains, discipline, and monitors this little corporation called uh, uh, Bank of America or Wells Fargo or Chase. No, he runs Chase Manhattan. He runs Chase Bank, Jamie Diamond. So if it's Chase Chase Bank versus, say, me as a defendant, I'm going to say mm, Chase Bank versus Carl Lentz. Uh, now, nah, you know what? I'm going to make a case. I'm going to bring my own case before the court at the same time, and I'm going to have Carl Lentz versus Jamie Diamond. The, the man in control of Chase, the man who's in control, the man who trains, discipline, monitors, controls Chase Manhattan Bank. So while I'm there, I could testify that this man unleashed this little monster called Chase Manhattan Bank, and what Chase Manhattan Bank did caused me a lot of harm. You know, the agents that worked for him, under the corporation known as Chase Manhattan, this little monster known as Chase Manhattan, caused me, it's causing me a lot of harm. So I'm going to go up to Jamie Diner for letting his little monster take over me. It's not going to be called Lance versus Chase Manhattan. That's ridiculous. It's like when I filed a lawsuit in Alabama, it's called Lance versus the department, uh, DHR. It's because DHR sent me a letter saying that, you know, the DHR does not believe that it's done anything wrong. I was like, really? Only man has the capacity to do wrong, and only man has the capacity to have a belief. So like, huh, DHR is a man. I didn't know that. 
honestly, I thought it was a state agency. So, obviously, I did something really funny by putting in Carl Lentz versus DHR, man-to-man. And then they had to write back. It's like, no, DHR is not a man. It's like, oh, okay, it's not a man. Okay, fine. Then I'm going to have to go after the man who's in charge of this little corporation, this little agency that you're talking about. Oh, now I'm going to go after, uh, I'm trying to remember, Bentley, whatever the man's first name was, the governor of the state of Alabama. Now I'm going to go after Mr. Bentley, Bob Bentley. So now I'm going after Bob Bentley. He's calling versus Bob Bentley. Right, but first I went after DHR because it sent me a letter. It said, look, you have to cease and desist immediately or you're going to cause me to file a claim into a public form. And then it says, DHR believes it's done no wrong. DHR, you know, uh, it's like, oh, DHR believes it's done no wrong. Isn't that just lovely? So it's, DHR kind of they, it's kind of funny they believe they did no wrong when you uh, told them how much money they owe you and they ignored it and didn't pay it. Yeah, but what's funny is when it says, you know, DHR believes it's done no wrong. It's, they should have said, we, at the legal department of the DHR, believe that the DHR and its agents have done no wrong. See, now the attorneys could say that we believe that the DHR has done no wrong. But for them to say DHR believes it's done no wrong, DHR who? DHR, that, that was the most ridiculous sentence I ever gotten back from. It says the DHR believes it's done no wrong. Oh, really? You know, it, it, it's like, how, how, can, how, can, how can an agency believe anything? And how can an agency have the capacity to know the difference between right and wrong? It's ridiculous. So that's when everybody said, well, call sued the DHR. So did you read the letter that the DHR sent to me that I file a claim against the DHR? They're like, well, no, it just says that call lens versus DHR. It's like, okay, why don't you read the exhibit that I put in there that says the DHR believes it's done a wrong. That's why I'm suing the DHR. That's why I'm making a claim against DHR. Yeah, I don't think the DHR could do much more than maintain a position. So what had happened was when DHR, the, the attorneys for DHR said the DHR is an agency of the state of Alabama. I was like, oh, good. Now we got that clear. Instead of me presuming and assuming DHR, which I knew since day one, that it's an agency of the state of Alabama, I played stupid. I said, oh, I thought it was a man. Why? Because it has some belief. It, has, it, it thinks it has the capacity to have a belief system. It believes that it has the capacity to do right or wrong. That's amazing. Only a man could do right or wrong. Only a man has a belief system. A state agency doesn't have anything. It's a piece of paper. They, they changed their name so many times, it's not even funny. The DHR just exists for the moment, a temporary moment in time on a piece of paper. And then they change. And then where did the DHR go? It didn't go any fucking way. The building's still there. All the personnel's still there. Now it's just called DFS instead of DHR. Now it's the Department of Social Services instead of the Department of Human Resources. Now they said, you know what, we're going to call it DSS instead. Well, where did the DHR go? Nowhere. It was never anywhere. It was just existing on paper. It didn't go anywhere. It's still there. It's still there on paper somewhere, but no. They just changed the name on the side of the building. Same office, same amount of room, same chair, same everything, same function. They just changed the letter. What we do? Just like I tell people when it went from WWF to WWE. What we do? The same wrestlers, same promoters, same Vince McMahon, same stadium, same shows. 
They just went from WWF to WWE. Wow. Who cares? Because WWF got sued for a trillion dollars. They lost, and they put a B where F was, and they opened up for business the next day and never paid out a dime to anybody. Uh-huh. Same thing DHR does. Stuff like that happens all the time. They get sued for a billion dollars. You know what? They changed the name to DSS, Department of Social Services. That's why I just laugh. If I sued the Department of Human Resources and I actually won a judgment for $10 billion, what do you think the Department of Human Resources is going to do the next day? They're going to change the name to the Department of Social Services. They say, oh, call got a judgment against DHR. DHR, if you actually look to see how much the DHR is worth, the DHR is worth like $37.16. Paper yeah. clips and toilet paper? Toilet paper, paper clips, pencils, that's about it. They don't actually have any funds. It's ridiculous. They don't have like a piggy bank. The checks come in and checks go out. It has, goes through the Department of Finance. The DHR doesn't have a bank account. It's ridiculous. They're all state employees. They get paid directly from the Department of Treasury. They don't get paid from the DHR. It's ridiculous. Lease the building, lease the cars, lease the computers, lease the furniture. That's right. That's right. You can't sue the DHR. That's the most ridiculous thing. But the reason why I filed that thing is because I said to somebody way back when, when I was first doing my show, I was like, hey, you want me to see something funny? I want to sue the DHR. Dude, it's DHR. What, what do you mean? Call the you make a claim against the man. I said, that's right. You see the letter the DHR fucking people sent me. Please, it's done no wrong. Oh, this is funny. So I want to treat it like he wants to act like a man. I want to treat it like a man. <laughs> it was funny as hell. <laughs> you know, so there's no sense writing a great huge lawsuit because I knew it was a joke. There's no way in the world I could sue the DHR. Why? Because even if I want a trillion dollars from them, they're going to change their name. That's what happened back in 1989 when they lost. They used to be called the Alabama Department of um, Pensions and something. And they changed their name to Department of Human Resources after they lost a big lawsuit. It was yeah. Pension Welfare or something, wasn't it? Yeah, whatever it was. It, they just changed the name. So like I said, if so what? If I win a gazillion dollar, oh, Carl Lenz wins a trillion dollar lawsuit against DHR. Okay, DHR says, okay, we're all going to come together tomorrow. We're going to change our name to DRH, Department of uh, you know, Human Resources, Department of Resources of Humans, whatever. They're going to just change it by a little bit. And I'm never going to see a fucking dime. So that's where you just laugh. And I just laugh at these people like, oh, boy, we're going to sell you know, like all these guys in India who sued Union Carbide for poisoning their whole village and killing like 10,000 of them. Oh, wow, we just want a trillion dollars in damages. Yeah, Union Carbide merged with Dow, then it became Dow Union Carbide or Dow Carbide. And Union Carbide went out of business. But they didn't go out of business. The same plant was there, the same chemicals they were making every day. All the employees were still there. But Union Carbide no longer existed. Now it's called Dow Carbide or Dow Union Carbide. They merged with Dow Chemicals. And they didn't pay a freaking dime to any of those Indians. Oh, the Indians are all happy in India. They're like, yay, we all win. We all win millions of dollars. We're all going to be rich because little Junior died. He died of poison green gas. Oh, we're going to be so rich now. We get to move out of this fucking squabble. Yeah, whoopie do. Yeah, they won, all right. They won a trillion freaking dollars. And they never seen a dime. 
His union carbide went out of business the next day. It's hysterical, man. Funny as hell how that happens. That's why you got to go after the man who runs Union Carbide. You got to go after whatever the, the man who ran Union Carbide's name was, like whatever the name, Donald Trump, whoever guy who owned it, whatever guy ran it. You go after him because he's got a wallet, he's got a house, he's got cars. Believe me, he's got money, and he can't just disappear overnight. He can't just merge. You go after the man, and you say, you know, your little monster called Union Carbide, and all your little. Uh, Minions who work for them, you know, all your subordinate, you know, all, all, the, all the people who work under you, you fail to train, discipline, and monitor properly, while all your dogs that you let loose on the world, they just shit all over my front yard and killed all my cats. Guess what, buddy? I'm going to sue you. Now, I'm not going to sue your dogs. I'm not going to sue your employees. I'm not going to sue your subordinates. I'm going to sue the master who didn't control those little devils, man, and they ran, ran Hector and Havoc all over my life. I'm suing you, Master Master. You're the master of Union Carbide? Yeah, then I'm coming after you. I'm not coming after your little monster. I'm not coming after your corporation. That's ridiculous. Why? Because you could put your dog down with a bullet. How am I going to get satisfaction from a dog? How am I going to get satisfaction from a, from a piece of paper called Dow Chemical or Union Carbide or DHR? How am I going to get satisfaction from them? Ridiculous. Piece of paper. Yeah, then you're just fighting hundreds of lawyers anyway. It's just making them rich, just giving them a paycheck, a steady paycheck. That's too funny. Alan Douglas just popped up, man. I'm ready to say goodnight, man, because it's 1 o'clock and 1.30 in the morning here. That's a shame. Because i got to get up first thing in the morning because a man came from Baltimore to help me move some stuff, man. Today, it's funny. I said, I can't believe this. I'm going to get on a show and people are going to ask me what do I do today. They'll say, oh, I moved the dump truck from my backyard to my front yard. And everybody's going to laugh. I said, yeah, but you know we were out here for like two hours slinging this stuff through the mud. They said, nobody's going to, we had to use a backhoe to pull that thing out of the mud because we got some warm weather here and the ground thawed and everything. We just turned into a quagmire over here. I said, usually I turn the key on the dump truck, fire the thing up, back it up, and 23 seconds I'm from my backyard to my front yard, not today. So basically, say, wow, big accomplishment. You drove your truck from the front yard, backyard to the front yard. Wow. <laughs> they don't realize how many chains and pulleys and everything else and, you know, what we used to get that damn thing out of there. We had to take a fence down. It was ridiculous. So uh, just for doing something simple. Call, can you please take... Somebody's call. There's a gal by the name of Jessica. CBS took a baby from the hospital Friday. Yeah, that's what somebody told me on Gus's show last week. Gus was running the show for me, and some two guys made a prank phone call and said their 10, 11 year old boy was taken from them, and it's an emergency, and and uh, I really need to talk to him. Yeah, this just happened serious. Yeah, see when you get frank phone calls, man, then you start looking at these things like, yeah, yeah, I'm so serious, yeah, I'm so yeah, sure, serious. Yeah, I think this lady uh, is from Minnesota. Oh, yeah, no, that's funny. They're saying, uh, oh, the frostbite. Yeah, man, it's funny. Like two weeks ago, man, it was like here in uh, where I lived, like in Can. Well, you guys do Canadian numbers. Yeah, it was. Um, 
it was like 17 below, and that's not probably really super cold for you guys, but I was outside working, and some things you just can't do with gloves on, so I take my gloves off, and it was windy. And, man, my hands got all, uh, in like three or four days, man, they were black, man. So uh, they were hurt. And uh, most of the black, you know, fell off. <laughs> and most of it was like, you know, my hands move again. But, man, I definitely was not doing the show last week, man. I was just hurting. So, um. Yeah, severe frostbite, you can lose your fingers. Oh, yeah, it was bad, man. But, like I said, it was just the back of my hand. So I got lucky. It wasn't my fingers. It was the back of my hand. But, man, I remember, man, that day, man, my hand, well, freaking, it was painful, man, just just, just working outside. It was brutal. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do, man. You know, that's what I said to my sister. She said, she said something to me like that. She said, well, that was crazy that you went and had to deal with that weather. I said, I had to keep the water flowing. You know, the animals need to drink. I said, what am I going to do, just let all my animals die? I said, oh, what am I supposed to do? Call up a real man to come here and do my job? I said, that's what I need to do. Call a real man up and say, hey, you know what, you get you get your hands all, you know, tore up, and you come up here and do my job for me. I said to my sister, I said, you know, a man doesn't have an option sometimes. Sometimes he's just got to do what he's got to do, no matter how painful it is. I said to my sister, I said, see, you're a woman. I said, that's excusable. You could you could just say, well, my hands are so freezing, I, I had I couldn't do anymore. I had to stop. Look, my hands turned all, she'd say, oh, my hands turned all pink, or they turned all blue. But it's like, I don't give a shit. You just keep doing it until you can't do it, until your hands fall off. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to go in the house and put some lotion and cream on it. <laughs> and I was like, no, a man's got to fucking stand there and do it. I said, that's, the how, you, that's how you win in court, too. You just got to, you know, you just got to stand and do it. You, you can't back down. You just got to just say, look, I'm, I'm all in. You know, every hand, all in, all in, all the time, all in. And that's just the way you got to do it. If somebody could ask you to take a ride on a motorcycle and you're freaking exhausted and you've been traveling for thousands of miles all over the planet and they say, well, okay, you know, if I don't take a ride on a motorcycle, this guy's going to say, uh, I'm a candy ass. <laughs> Even though they put you on a drag motorcycle, that you know, it, it, it vibrates like crazy until it hits 4,000 RPMs and they want you to drive around town. That's <laughs> 4,000 RPMs. Because it's static balanced instead of dynamically balanced. Some people would know what I'm talking about. Who's on the show right now? <laughs> yeah, I don't see him typing in. But um, yeah, I think uh, Al had court was it yesterday or the day before yesterday. I think. Who did? Al. Oh, oh, oh! He did go to court. Well, that's good that he's typing. <laughs> I mean, because I don't think they, unless he got the superstar suites there in Canada. <laughs> like the other guy did. I'm trying to remember who the other guy's name was, man. Jake. Yeah, Jake, man. How come Jake hasn't called me, man, or talked to anybody? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I know he didn't want to leave jail, man, because they were treating him so good, or prison, you know, because they were treating him so good. But um, he has to be out by now. I can't believe he asked for more time. 
<laughs> it's just six more months. He said, just six more months. I was just really starting to, you know, get into myself. You know, it's just, you know. But, yeah, this guy, um, this guy, Grove, we're talking about this Minnesota lady who got her kid taken. How did, um. Yeah, it's funny. It says, put Bondo on, dinner on your cuffs. Yeah, I did brake fluid last week by accident. Man, that didn't really help. <laughs> that, yeah, that was silicone brake fluid, most of it. But no, who's who's this Minnesota guy, you know, saying that a kid was taken? Why hasn't the lady called me up if a kid was taken? You know, I don't know. Because there's two Minnesotas here, man. I don't know who's supposed to be asking me, you know, a kid was taken. Can you hear me? It depends. What do you got to say? Um, this is Melissa Grover, and I am the one that's uh, typing right now. There is another girl from Minnesota on the chat list. She just I just told her about you. Um, this is serious. It's not a joke. It's not a prank, and I am so sorry that's happening to you. Um, she had her baby. His name is Riley, and she... Um, was set to have her baby and her go home yesterday at um, Minnesota Children's Hospital. And um, she's on mute right now. I told her to call in. I told her your codes and everything. She's not familiar with you. I just gave her your information a couple hours ago. Um, I'm trying to help her because I am also dealing with something on my own with Gus. So, anyways, that being said, um, I don't want to take up the time. She really desperately needs your help. Um, young mom, CPS is trying to take her other daughter and get to her, too. She has not, not done anything wrong. The baby was three months preemie, I believe. Um, I took this girl in when she was 14, 15, 16 years old. Um, she was in the system, um, foster care system, and not really any family. So um, she just told me this happened earlier this afternoon. So I have been working with everybody I can possibly find to help me. She's got court on Tuesday at 1.30, and I don't know. Uh, I, I'm still learning your stuff. I know some of it, but I'm, I'm not confident enough to help her do what she needs to do. I know that she has to write that four sentences. I require and demand restoration of my property immediately, and... I, I have been listening to you 24-7 since the Sunday before Christmas because of what I'm dealing with. So um, I don't want to take up the time. I've got lots of questions for you, but this is more important right now. So I'm wondering if I can be muted and if you can pick her call up because she is holding and she is waiting. So I really appreciate all of the things that you're doing, and I sent you a couple emails, and I also donated. So, And I will continue to donate. All right. Yeah, I got a pretty good phone call that I put on uh, Gus loaded up today with the lady getting the sheriff's department knocking on the door. So hopefully you can listen to that. That the yeah, I did. I, yeah, I did hear that as well. Is that pretty but, funny? What? 
oh my goodness, I can't believe some of the things you got to deal with. And I just, I am so grateful for you. I'm so grateful for Gus and all of the people that are joining together to stop some of this stuff because it's, it's crazy. It's, it's evil out there right now. And I want to learn everything I can from you guys so that I can be out there helping you too. All right. Yeah, that's good. All right, I guess I'll talk to the lady real quick, man. Like I said, it's like almost 2 o'clock in the morning here, so just just try to do it as fast as you can, and, and and I'll talk to her during the week or something like that. Okay, yeah, I did send you an email um, about a little oh. bit of the background and stuff. Yeah. I've actually sent you a couple because I do want to help you. I'm, I'm sincere. and Yeah, but like I said, I'm only 3,000, like 700 emails behind. So I, I, <laughs> I know, I can't believe it. Holy cow. Okay. Okay. You know what I got to do? I got to. You know what I got to do? I got to take a snapshot of my email thing and stick it on my web page. So people could just see how ridiculous it's getting. <laughs> I Unbelievable. So yeah, usually, you, usually what works best if people call me on the phone and I'm just happen to be walking around and I uh, and then I just say, you know what? You know, I'll just answer the phone because I'm walking right outside doing something like Gus videotaped me working on like a truck or in a car or something like that some weeks. So what are you doing taping me, you know, videotaping me working on a truck or, you know, working on a car this week? What are you doing? He says so people can really see how you do your show. You're not doing your show sitting down like behind a desk. You're you're actually walking around doing things. You know, you're under a car and truck or whatever on top of a hood. People ain't going to believe this. Oh, I, I do. I tell people all the time, man. I said, I ain't got time for these shows, man. I got things to do. And he's like, he's like, good. He said, I'll show people that this is what you really do. I said, okay, yeah. fine. He uploaded it to his YouTube channel. You know, I ain't got time to just sit around and do this stuff. But like I said, it's, it's 2 o'clock in the morning. The only reason why I did this, some man from Australia called me up, and he's going to send me a swell hat. I got him out. I got him out of some trouble. Yeah, I got him out of some trouble in Australia, and he was really grateful. But he had no money, so he's going to send me a hat and and a coat, whatever, from Australia. So, so that's lovely. He finally got on his feet again. (laughs) So I've got lots and lots of questions, and I'm looking forward to meeting you someday. Um, I just can't thank you enough for all of that you're doing out there. So. yeah, I'm going to mute it now, so if you can pick up her call, I would really appreciate it. I know it's late, and maybe we can get together sometime this week. I don't have a clue how to get a hold of you other than your email, so or this show. All right. Yeah, you call. Yeah, all right. Well, like I said, it's on the website, man, how to get in touch with me, so. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much, Carl. You take care. All right. I'll be sitting now, and yeah, she's um, also. I think I see her on the list as a guest, Central Minnesota. You're not pulling any resources. So. All right. Hey. Hi. Um, I'm Jessica from Minnesota. Um, I'm just calling because my son was taken from me yesterday from the NICU at Children's. Yeah. How old is he? Um, technically he is not newborn state. Um, he is three months only because he was born three months early. Okay. So when was he, when, when was he actually, when was he actually birthed? Um, at birth he was two pounds, eight ounces and he was no, no, 27 what weeks. Day, what day was he birthed? Uh, he, I gave birth October 24th, 2014. Okay. October, November, December. Okay. He's, 
she's three months old? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Where was he supposed to be discharged? He was supposed, he was supposed to be discharged uh, three times over. He was finally discharged yesterday. Um, the hospital did give me a call. Um, I missed it. I was with my daughter. Um, I had called back because uh, they had told me he was being discharged, but that was it. When I called back, um, they wouldn't give me any information. They told me to call C- my CPS worker. Um, I had then called her, and she why, said Why do you have a CPS worker? Um, so unconfused. Um, they're saying that I'm um, not el- eligible to raise my son uh, due to the feeding problems that he has, um, which is incorrect um, and false accusations. Okay, so what? Okay, one more time. Why, why do you have a CPS worker? Um, because okay, so the the hospital has a social worker, and the social worker is saying that um, I'm unable to. My my son has feeding problems. Um, from birth, he has been able to breathe on his own. Doesn't have any medical problems except for feeding. Um, he has reflux problems. Um, therefore, he needs to have a special bottle. He needs to be. Um, in a football hold and paste while feeding. And um, I had gone through classes through the hospital to learn this and um, went there every day um, to provide my, for my son. Um, they feel that I'm not good enough and reported it to Child Protection. Um, child Protection um, had called me. I went to go visit with them. Um, and they're looking at it as they don't know why I they have the case either. Um, she had me fill. She had read a bunch of forms out, which I was very unclear on exactly what it was that she was reading me, but wouldn't reread it for me. Um, but I thought to be cooperative, um, thinking that would help my case, um, not knowing any rights whatsoever, and sign the forms. Um, it was three days later. Um, I learned that um, he was being discharged, um, which was yesterday. And um, foster family came in and took my son, and nobody had told us anything up until I had called the hospital, um, wanting to know if we could come pick him up or not. By then, he was already taken. Okay, so what did you do after you found he was taken? Um, I called the child protection worker, and um, she said there was nothing I could do until Tuesday. Um, I had asked where he was, if if he needed anything, if he was okay. Um, they wouldn't give me any information. Furthermore, they told me I didn't have the right to know where my son was um, and said that anything that he uh, needed, uh, the uh, hospital provided. Okay, so what else? Did, what did you do next? Um, I haven't, you know, I haven't done anything. I don't know what okay. to do. How old are you? I'm 29. Okay, if somebody took your bicycle, what would you do? Call the police. What did you what did you call the police? I did not. Did you file a report? I didn't. Did you say that your property there was a theft of your property? Why I, not? Why, why don't you make it a public record? Why don't you let the whole world know? Um, I Again, I just I don't know my rights, and I um, I figured that there were you, you had a bicycle stolen, you had right. a, you have a piece stolen, uh, you have a uh, yo-yo stolen, you have your wallet stolen, you have your cell phone stolen. What do you do? Call the police. You make a report. Right. Local authorities. No, you don't call them. 
you go down there and you say, I want to file a complaint. I don't know who okay. has my property, but I know somebody here around here knows where my property lies, and I want my property returned immediately. Okay. That's all. So you're saying file a complaint. That's it. And it just says it's my property. And it just says it's your child. I don't know anything about no child, but I got property. I created something. It's my property. Nobody else has a right to use it or enjoy it but me without my consent. It's my okay. property. And I want to file a, and I want to file a complaint. Okay. And if somebody's got my property, I'd like to return immediately. That's all. Okay. And they're gonna say, Well they're gonna say, Well, we can't file this. That's right, we can't. But I can. Okay, say, well, now you see, but you got you see what I'm saying. You 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 yeah. you you're gonna have to start concentrating because you're a woman and your mouth works ten thousand times faster than your brain. So you're gonna have to understand. They're gonna say, "Well, we don't file a form like that. We we can't take that form." It's like that's right. We don't, but I do. I am not we. Okay. So we don't take the complaint. I am gonna write out the complaint. And I am going to hand it to you, and you're going to file it, and you're going to give it to the proper authorities, and you're going to take it through the chain of command, and you're going to give it to the prosecutor, and then the prosecutor is going to determine whether or not he wants to take the case. He wants to hear the complaint. If he wants to move it, you just take my complaint, and you hand it up the food chain. Okay. It's just that simple. So look, I just want to re- make a recording of this, that my property, there's been a theft of my property. I went to the hospital expecting to see my property where I, where it lied the day before. I got to the hospital and the property was gone. Somebody took my property without my consent. Just that simple. It was a theft okay. of property. And I say, you use your child kidnapped? No. Was my baby kidnapped? No. It was theft of property. So okay. somebody took your newborn? No. My property. And if they say, well, you know, now you're just being silly, then you say, you know what? You need to get in touch with your legal department, lady at the police department or man at the police department. You need to get in touch with your legal department. And your legal department will tell you the difference between property and child. Okay. Right, because child is a legalese word. Property is the word of man. So there's a man in here making a claim that his property has been stolen. His property has, there's been a theft of his property. There's been a taking and carrying off with his property. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. See, the reason reason why you're making a complaint and not a claim is because you can't point out the person who actually walked away with it. Right. If you knew Susie Cupcake walked away with it and you could eyewitness on pick her out of a lineup, you can make a claim because you know it's true. But a complaint is, honestly, you really don't know where the hell a kid is. You really don't know who picked it up. You don't know if space aliens abducted it. You really don't know because you weren't there. Okay. Now, um, they're threatening to, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old two daughter um, that is currently with me right now, and um, 
they're threatening to come and see her or take her. Um, what, how do I protect her? What do you mean, threatening? Um, well, right now, um, they're saying that um, part of this case is they have to see my daughter um, and check her out. And I don't think there's any grounds for her to even be part of this. Okay, so why don't you, where do you, where do you live now? Right now I live in Dayton, Minnesota. Okay, so uh, you live in Dayton, Minnesota. Where's the dad? Um, with me. He he also lives with me in Dayton, Minnesota. Okay, so um, why don't you just tell the dad, you know, to take it to the child someplace else until it settles down? Okay. Yeah, that's what I do. I take the child to some relative and say, look, this is getting kind of crazy here. You know, we're going to need you to... Uh, take care of this little bundle of joy for a couple of days until we figure out what the hell's going on. Okay. Yeah. And if anybody comes around snooping around saying, uh, you know, where's this baby? Where's this? It's like, how the hell do I know? Like, I, I got okay. three, I, I got three dogs outside and, and uh, four cats. If somebody asks me, where's my dogs? It's like, I don't know. They're on planet Earth somewhere. Well, can you be a little more specific? Probably in North American continent. But other than that, uh, I'm really not sure. Okay. Why? What's it to you? Is there some law that I have to know where the, my dogs are? No, that's, they're my property. Don't worry about it. Is it. You got a vested interest in that property? No. Then what the hell are you asking me? Is it your property? No. Is it state property? No. Then, then what the hell are you doing knocking on my door? You know, you know. I wish to be let alone. You know, you're trespassing, right? Just like that phone call I did today with that lady. Did you hear that phone call I did today with that lady? Um, no, I didn't. Okay, well, your friend did. She took. She she listened. They had they had the three sheriffs at the door, the, the captain, and, and and a couple of social workers. Oh. And I walked her through it. This is what you say to them. I say this, and I say, I say this, and I say this, and they got in the car and I left. Okay. And I told the lady. I said, uh. I said, you're from Guyana, so I know you're Catholic. And she said, yeah. I said, then why aren't you going to the church and asking them for help? Because they'll help you and your daughter get that grandbaby into someplace safe. They'll bypass the whole state crap. And the state can't do a damn thing about it. And I don't, I don't okay. even bother asking you if you were Catholic or not. I, I mean, I don't bother. I I am. Yeah, but I kind of figure, like I said to the lady, the lady is like, I said, how I said, how old is this kid? Just like, you know, and she said, it's three months old. So I said, you just wait a second. And I called up my sister on the phone. I said, hey, Karen. She said, yeah, got an easy question for you. When do kids get baptized? She said, uh, about a week or two after they're born. I said, okay, great. Ten days? She said, yeah, ten days. I said, great. I said, this lady, how long has this kid been with you? She said, three months. I said, why, why ain't the kid baptized? And it's like, she's like, well, uh, I said, yeah, because you're too damn lazy. You just don't give a shit about the Catholic Church anymore for whatever reasons. I said, the only problem is, I said, you don't understand, man. That's a great place to uh, run to when you need help. I said to my sister, because my sister is one of these modern women, you know, 50-year-old modern women who don't believe in a Catholic Church and decided Mother Nature and all sort of crap for a while there and uh, tree-hugger-boo shit. 
And I said to her, uh, hey, man, when you went out to San Francisco and you ran out of money, what did I tell you to do when you couldn't afford an apartment? I told you to go to the Catholic Church, right? And she said, yeah. I said, how long did it take you to get an apartment in, like, the most expensive city in the world? She said, immediately, they got me a place to stay. I said, that's right. They got you an apartment. I said, then when you moved out to uh, Newport News, uh, Virginia Beach, and you had no money, what did I tell you to do? I told you to go back to the Catholic Church and ask them for help. How fast did they get you a place to live? She said, immediately. So I said to the lady, Natasha, from Guyana, I said, do you understand, ma'am? Do you understand how fast the Catholic Church will move? I said, do you understand that the Catholic Church is the number one free health provider in the world? Free. They they give you free homes. They give you free medicine. It's free. Just just go find a nun. I said, don't find no archbishop, no cardinal, no, no priest. I said, you go find a nun. And those women, they'll bend over backwards, man, to help you. I said, you know, okay. the, the most of the priests are drunk by five o'clock. I said, don't, don't, don't deal with those guys. I said, deal with the nuns. They, they actually give a damn. I said to them, because my sister, she's like, well, I'm all modern and I got two master's degrees and I'm very secular and I don't do that that Christian stuff anymore. You know, not since I've been dragged in church when I was a kid. You know, I gave up on that forty years ago. I said, well, you know what, honey. You're, you're going to go kiss some ass and, and, and go work with these Catholic people because they're the only thing that's going to save your ass right now. I said, I know uh, Jehovah Witness people will, Catholics will, and I know Salvation Army people will. Everybody else, I don't really know how fast they'll provide you shelter, food. I don't know how fast Southern Baptists will or Missionary Baptists. I think Missionary Baptists are pretty good. But I don't know, you know. But I know, I said, if you're Catholic, use the Catholic, you know, use that card that you got, you know, okay. to protect. But like I said, you really don't have to run to them because if you've got family to bring the two-year-old, use family. But this other lady was from Guyana, and she didn't have anybody in this country. So I said, well, use the Catholic Church to your benefit. Tell them that your child is in danger and your grandbaby's in danger. And tell them that, you know, you don't understand why. And uh, right now, we just need help. And I'm sure those Catholic nuns will find a way to help you. I said, if you want to abandon the kid with the Catholic Church, they'll be more than glad to take on your kid and come back in a year and a week and 10 years. They'll give your kid back no questions asked. I said, you try to do that stunt with the state, they're going to be like, oh, no, you got to pay for the kid being in foster care, child support. you got to pay all kinds of nonsense. I said to the people, I said, before you get into dire straits, I said, you know, run to the church and see where the church could help you set you up with a place to live and food. They did with my sister. Okay. Yeah, but like I said, you know, if you've got family, stick with family first. And then, like I said, that nonsense with them taking your kid, you better believe the first thing I did, man, is I went down and filed a, uh, a report of, you know, theft. And it was so funny when I went down there, I went down and I followed at the, uh, at the city level, the county level, and I went to the federal level. It was funny. Uh, like I said, this, uh, I remember the man's name was Sandy Callahan Jr. at the Department of Justice. As he had his yellow pad and his pencil all out ready to take down the report of what was stolen. And as soon as I uh, said my property and I described it, I said, well, it's like... Um, uh, it's about two days old. It's, um, you know, two pounds, nine ounces. <laughs> and he's like, he just stopped. He's like, like you're describing a, a, a baby? I said, no, it's property. 
and he took the paper and pencil down and said, oh, that I can't help you with. I said, I don't care if you can help me get it back. I just want to file a report that my property's been stolen. It was a theft at the hospital. Right. If anybody could find it and locate it, you know, I'm just trying to let you people know that I, I want it to return to me. In case you find and it laying on the side, somebody picked it up and walked off with it, and they find it laying on a sidewalk somewhere. I wanted to make you know that it's mine, and uh, I'm I'm looking for it to come back. Okay. Now, yeah. where where do you suggest that um, I file the complaint? He was in St. Paul at Children's um, when he was taken, but I live in Dayton, which is in Hennepin County. Well, what was taken? When when my son was taken, he was in St. Paul, but I'm in a different county and town. So what? where would you suggest that I file the, the complaint? Where well, he was taken or where I live? No, where the property was where the property was stolen from. Okay. Yeah, if the property was stolen in Hawaii and you live in Alaska, it ain't gonna benefit you to make a claim in Alaska that your pocketbook was stolen in Honolulu. Right, right. What do you want us to do about it? Fell out of jurisdiction. Okay. Yeah, so you just go there and say, look, it's a property was taken from me, and if you say, well, we don't take those reports, say, look, look, I don't know how it was taken. Maybe a band of gypsies took it. I don't know. They're trying to tell me social service workers took it. I don't know who took it. All I want to know is I want to put this on a public record. If anybody finds this property laying around somewhere in a, in a, in a waste pit, in, in a trash can somewhere, you know, this is what it looks like. Here's an exhibit, you know, attach it to this uh, complaint that, I, you know, stolen, missing property, you know, and I want it back. That's all. Okay. Yeah, it's well, thank simple. you. All right, just give that a shot. And like thank I said, you. Look, I, this helps. Yeah, because what's happening on Tuesday? Um. Well, as far as I know right now, um, I, I have court on Tuesday to fight my case. I'm no, they're going to give you they're going to give you a dependency hearing within seventy two hours, correct? Yep. Yeah, that's what you got going on. Say the child is not dependent on anything other than its mother. You know, that's my property. Return it immediately. Okay. Yeah. Just say, have I done anything wrong? No. Is anybody making you know a claim that I've done anything wrong? It's like no. Well, then you have no jurisdiction. Okay. They don't. They don't have any control. If, if there's no claim on file that you've done anything wrong. No, nothing at all. Right. Then said so I require you to return my property. Okay. And the judge will keep trying to correct you and saying it's your child. It's like uh, no, it's property. Only I could claim it because I'm the creator. Say, ma'am, did you create it? No. Okay. Who's got custody of my child now? What do you think the judge is going to say? We can't tell you. The judge is going to say the state of Minnesota or the county of Buttfuck, right? Right. Okay. It's like, did Buttfuck create my kid? Did the state of Minnesota create my kid? No. Did the state of Minnesota have any interest in that property? No. Interest means did they put anything into it like money? Do they have any interest in my property? That's my property. I created it. Did the state of Minnesota ever create a, a child? No. Did the county ever create a child? No. Right. Then who, then who has any right to that child, that piece of property, other than me? No man or woman on planet Earth. And right, certainly, right. And certainly, 
not a creation of man called the county of whatever, county of Winnemucca, and not certainly not the state of Minnesota. Right. You know, they didn't create, no, they never created a, a, a human being. They're not the creator. I'm the creator. Who created that piece of property? I did. Who labored over it? I did. It's mine. Who else could claim it's theirs? Nobody. Then you better return it. Of course, it's because it's a theft. And when I find out who created this theft, and if I know it's judged, if I know you know where that my property lies, and you don't order the immediate return, I'm going to hold you liable as well. You better pray, judge, that you don't know where my property is, because if you do and you're holding it back from me, I'm going to make you liable as well. Okay. Yeah. And judge, I know you're a mandated reporter. You heard that I just reported that there's a crime that was committed. Now, go do your duty and notify the local sheriff's department, local, notify the local prosecuting attorney's office, district attorney's office, and let them know that you heard a woman testify in court that a crime has been committed. You're a mandated reporter, ma'am. You have to report when you hear that there's a crime committed. Okay. Okay. Okay, well, if you said okay... <laughs> I believe you're from Minnesota, so obviously you're not from Minnesota. Oh, I'm from Minnesota. Originally? Yeah, I was born and raised here. And you don't have that crazy accent, A-O? No. No. Oh. I thought that, no. Oh, you lived in the city, huh? Yeah. Ah, uh, okay, that's what it is. Not a Winnemucca, huh? I'm from originally St. Paul. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so you had cable TV down there since you were a kid. That makes sense, huh? Right. Okay. Not one of those prairie kids. No. All right. All right. But well, I good appreciate luck all your help. All right. Well, hopefully your friend listened and she could explain to you a little better what I just said to you. Yes, thank you. And I'll definitely keep you up to date. Okay. I appreciate everything. I'll start here on everything you had let me know. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) All right, good luck. It sounds pretty simple. It shouldn't be very complicated. What you do, too, is I'm sure your friend will tell you, um, make sure you put it all in writing and you hand it to the judge. Okay. And when you hand it and you put it in writing and hand it to the judge, make sure before you hand it in writing and put it to the judge, that you go someplace and get it notarized because they're probably not going to let you uh, time stamp it at the family courthouse. Okay. They probably won't accept it. They'll probably you wait until you get to the judge and she'll time stamp it. She'll stamp it for you. Okay. But some, and some every, court, some everything I handwrite? Yeah, so, yeah, handwriting. And almost every, a lot of courthouses nowadays have their own time stamp machines for the public. You could just ask the court clerk, do you have a lo- do you have a time do you have a machine here to timestamp my paperwork? And if she says, uh uh like no, give it to me and I'll do it for you, what happens is these busybody nosy uh clerks will start reading it and she'll say, Oh, I can't stamp this. So that's why I tell people, you know what? Go to local bank and get it notarized. Okay. That's good enough. And then, like I said, when you get it notarized, then go to the court clerk. After you get it notarized, like, so you got to go Tuesday, go Monday and get it notarized. 
And then Tuesday, you know, you go to the court clerk, you know, before you got to go to court, say, hey, can you touch timestamp this for me real quick? And she says, hey, what's this all about, hey? And they just say, it's none of your damn business. Just timestamp the damn thing because i got to get in the courtroom in two minutes. And she'll start reading it. She's like, hey, I can't tell. Oh, this is, oh, this, no, no. Uh, you, you an attorney? No, the only attorney could do this. It's like, okay, fine. That's why I got it notarized. Don't worry about it, ma'am. Thank you anyway. So when you get it notarized, too, you uh, you keep the original one and then you copy, you copy this and you write the word copy at the bottom for them. Okay. Yeah, but you keep the original. And make sure you try to do everything in uh, blue ink. Okay. If you get if you get copied in blue ink, that'd be good too. If you got a copy machine that copies it, copy it in blue ink. That way the judge knows, you know, the judge knows certain things that you're doing. All right. All right, thank you. All right, good luck, man. Yeah, I can't believe Alan actually wants to talk to me. I want to go to bed, Alan, man. I know it's only uh, 6 o'clock in the morning by you, man. Um, It's 2 here. Yeah, I'm just messing with Al. Al, Al lives in uh, uh, some bylaw, some, some law, lawless town or something. I don't remember the name of the town he lives in. It's something law. Um, I don't remember. What's the name of the town you live in, Al? Uh, it's Winlaw. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no How you doing, oh, I'm exhausted, man. I got to get up in a couple hours. The guy's gonna come here and help me move some more trucks and cars around. Oh, well, why'd you start the call so late? Uh, some man from Australia wanted to talk to me, so I said, "Let me just get him on, and I'm gonna try to sneak in and sneak out before anybody even knows I'm on." <laughs> so I was in court yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, well, the, from Australia, that's the man that I, you know, they, they threatened to take him to court, and they said if you if you pursue this action, you know, and you pursue, you know, uh, if you wish a day in court, and uh, you take the Australian tax, you know, office to court, uh, you're going to lose, and when you do lose, we're going to require that the court makes you compensate us for uh, $40,000 of fines and court costs and penalties. So then that's when he shit a brick, and he said that earlier on the show. He said, yeah, that's when I shit a brick and gave you a call. He says, enough trying to guess what you do, call. He said, I figured I'd better call you up and find out exactly what you do. Because he said, now it's getting scary. So I said, you, um, you, I said, you got that in writing? That the lady threatened you? He's like, yeah. I said, oh, my God, God bless you. I said, just, just, just snap a photo of it and send it to me. And I, then I wrote a, Nice little letter right back to her, and then she called him up and says, well, you know, uh, we just want to um, apologize, and we want to, you know, um, say that you don't owe a debt at this time. So uh, can we just, can you just sign this um, uh, form? And the form was a confirmation form, which like, that you don't want to pursue this, and we don't want to pursue this into the court. And he said, Carl, should I sign the form? I said, of course you should sign the form. He said, but I thought I'm not supposed to sign any of them. I said, well, you're too stupid right now. You don't know enough. So honestly, take the way out that they're giving you. Because honestly, can you pursue them for communicating a threat and extortion? Of course you can. I said, but you, you, you don't know how to do it. You don't know how to make a claim. And I said, so just uh, just be grateful that they're not uh, 
you know, taking you into court for this. He was doing a lot of, you know, ridiculous stuff. He was letting other people use his social security number and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, so he got himself in a lot of trouble, you know, because the guy who used the social security number made like, I think he said $90,000 or 200000 something like that. Made a lot of money. And they were wondering how he made so much money. And it wasn't him who was making it. It was illegal aliens who were using his number to make the money. Well, did he get a percentage? No. That's what's even worse. He didn't get a damn thing. <laughs> and I thought I was a bumpkin. <laughs> well, he was just a nice guy. There's still, I was in court the other day. I have my claims in. I have two claims in, but I didn't tell them about it yet. And uh, so I was in court yesterday, and uh, this Judge Wilson, this Wilson guy, which I have a, the guy I, I I have the bill for that I didn't give it to you right away. Remember we talked about that? And you said, why, why didn't you give it to him right away? Because I hadn't performed the order. Right. Right. So I had the bill. <laughs> but I left it in my trailer, <laughs> so I didn't oh. have it with me, and I had Wilson again. So anyways, I'm standing there in court, and he's like, uh, he's like, uh, he says, well, you got counsel yet? I says, yeah, I have counsel. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to tell you, I have counsel. He yeah. says, uh, well, who is it? I says, well, it's Carl. Oh. He goes, well, Carl who? I says, I don't know, I don't have the guy's card here, I don't recall. Yeah. And he goes, well, where's he from? I says, well, I don't recall. I don't have his card here. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, uh, I was, uh, I, I just, I just finished. We were working at 29 below Celsius, whatever that is in Fahrenheit and, and stuff. And, and I'd been putting in 12, 14 hour days at work with these guys. So I, I, I've just been burnt. Like I'm 53 years old. Like this is really taking the edge off me. So, uh, so he he says, well, he says, uh, he says, you, you're coming back next Friday. He says, I am. He says, yep. He says, I want your counsel here in person, uh, or I want if he can't be here, I want you in person. I said, well, I'm not sure if I have enough coin because I don't get paid for a couple weeks. I'm not sure if I have enough coin to, to 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 retain my counsel. Uh, yeah properly <laughs> right and he goes well if he's not here you have to be in here in person do you understand yeah and like well i says well i i believe i might he goes no you, if 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 he's not here you have to be here in person do you understand <laughs> i says well okay so you want me here if my counsel can't be here and he goes, I want you here in person. <laughs> yeah. So he's he's telling me he wants me here in person so that I can flee, right? Right. Yeah. So uh, so I'll be, I'm taking the week off work, and I'm going to hang around the courthouse all week down there in the big city, and, and uh, I'm going in with my claim. And I'll just put a notice in, in their no. file if they can let me that I will be there with my claim. Yeah, so what's funny is when he when um he when he kept saying to you, um he wants you here in person, what you know, what did you say to him? I played the duck. As okay. if I didn't know what he was talking about. I just played well I, 
I said, you, you said, did you say to him, you see what I'm saying, what I was hoping you were going to say. Oh, and when you do that Celsius, the Fahrenheit thing, when you're going down to like, you said negative 29. Yeah. The more that you guys go down negative, the closer you get to Fahrenheit. So like negative 29 is like negative 20, 21 Fahrenheit. So the closer you go, I think negative 40 is identical. I think when you guys yeah. do negative 40, we're negative 40. Yeah. So as you, as you, as you get closer to negative 40, the numbers start matching. You know what I'm saying? They almost, you know, they almost went parallel then. So if it's negative 29 there, it's negative like 20 here. So it's, we kind of understand once you start going in the negative 20s, 30s, it's almost identical to our temperatures. Yeah. Uh, but no, when the, he kept saying to you, I think he was trying to help you, man. When you kept saying, when he kept saying, I want you to appear in person, you should have said, what person do you wish me to appear as? I was so tired. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, but person just means a mask. What what mask would you like me to wear? I thought he was trying to trick me. I thought he was he, trying he to tell me he that he, he, he is. wants he me to show you. up as my person. He wants you to appear in person, okay? As what? As the prosecutor? As a judge? As a jury member? As a defendant? What person would you like me to appear as? Because I only know how to appear as a man. Now, if you'd like to appear as a person, what person would you like me to appear in, and, and how do I do it? Because I'm not competent to appear as a defendant. I'm, I'm not very good at it. I've never been a defendant. But, I've, I've, but, 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 but since the moment I've been born, I've always been a man. If you want me to appear as man, I can do that, you know, like walking in my sleep. But to appear as a person, what person in particular? What mask do you want me to wear? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought I took him more as a threat that I better show no. up and. No, and, he he was kept asking you. He kept asking you. I want you here in person, just like what happened with Bali, in England. They kept saying to him, "Is the person?" And they were calling out the three defendants' names, and they kept saying that uh, we we're only here as you know we're here as man. We're not here in person. And I says, and they said, well, you know, if the persons aren't here today, we're going to hold this over for like six months. And I was like, I'm not going back to England. F this. Well, I jumped. He hold the warrant. He would, uh, if I'm not here in person, that he would, he would uh, issue a warrant for my arrest, which I thought was strange because I've always been there. That's right. But what I'm trying to say is, you appear in person. And like I said, when I jumped up when I did Bali's case, I said right. to them, I said to the, I said to the court, I said. The persons known as Bali, person known him, person known as him, and as her, are in this court at this time. But the only problem is, and, and then I, the, the lady walked over to me and says, "Who are you? Like, why are you jumping up? You know, in the middle of this trial, who are you? You know, in, in reference to this court, who are you in regards to this court?" I said, oh, "I'm just their friend. I'm their next friend. I'm the next. I'm the you know. I'm the person who's going to." If they don't stand up, I'm going to stand up for them. I'm their next friend. I'm going to stand up next to them. I'm their friend. I'm here to aid in the system. And they said, well, what do you know of these persons? I said, I know they're a person, but they're the persons of the Sikh society. They're Punjabi society. They are not of the English or the legal society. And a person is a member of a society, and depending on his rank or his status, that society may impose upon that man. But since he is not a person of the legal nor the English society, he doesn't have a duty and obligation because he has no rank within that society. He is not a person within that society which that society may impose 
duties and obligations, fines, or penalties. He's a person of Sikh. He is a person of Punjabi. He is not an English person. He is not a legal person. This is the same guy I told that I was a citizen of the King clan. Okay, well then that's what he that's what you'd say. I am not what person do you wish to seek? Which person do you seek? You know, when I came home tonight, I told my wife about this and she told me, "Al, the judge is trying to help you." Yeah, what person do and you You're seek? saying the exact same thing as her. Right. Are you a person of the legal society? Are you a person of the Crown society? Or are you a person of you know, the Douglas Society. I gotcha. Or the Society of Man and Mankind. What what person are you? You just say, what person would you like me to appear? Would you like me to appear as a legal person? You say, well, yes. Well, then, you know, if I am a legal person, then according to my rank and position within that legal society that you people may impose upon me, and if I, you know, if I act improperly, you may fine and penalty and, you know, yeah, and I'm going to be held liable for my actions or my inactions for failing to, you know, perform within the duties and obligations of the society that I ascribe to. But I don't ascribe to any duties of society within a legal society. I'm, I'm, I'm in a, you know, a society of man. You know, I'm a society of my family, of, of, the, of the Douglas family. But no, I'm, I'm a man. I'm a man first and foremost. You know, if you wish me to be a person, a person of which society? You know, there's billions of societies. Which society do you wish me to, to form as or come under? What, 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 how do you want me to act? Well, he even, he even used the word want. I want you to. Yeah. All this is, is the reason why you want me to and the reason why you don't require me to. When he's when he's wanting of you, he's begging of you. When he's requiring you, he says, "By my power, my authority over you." Right. When he wants something, he's begging. I thought about that all the way home. Yeah, I, holy, I drove yeah. hours today to get home to visit my wife for twenty-four hours and sent her to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's not good. Why well, is good? I guess. No. Not good, but we have our disabled son home, so I had, I had to get somebody to drive her for me so I could take care. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the whole. These are the, like I said, these guys are trying to. I guess, like I said, help you by saying, "I want you here in person." Oh man, what person? The way he was talking to me, it it felt like a threat, <laughs> but he kept saying, like he said it to me like three times. Do you understand? Like, do you get it? Yeah, and and I'm like. Because I've learned to not, you know, oblige myself quickly. I was like, well, oh, I, I believe I might. Well, I guess you better send him a letter, you know, saying, hey, what person would you like me to appear as? I forgot to ask you. Say, I was so worried about my wife going to the hospital, I forgot to ask you, what person do you want me to appear as? I'm, I'm hanging out there all next week, so I will do that. Yeah, that's probably a good idea to get in touch with him as fast as you can. I will, Monday morning. Uh, and then, like I said, I know that guy, uh, Mike, from uh, Ontario, man. I know you probably talk to him a lot. Oh, yeah, of course. He's, he's yeah, he's, fuck, I like he's that can- guy. Yeah, he's Canadian. So, like I said, you ain't going to be able to get in touch with me, so get in touch with him. Oh, yeah. I talk to Mike what? 
Okay, well then let him make sure that you're writing the letter correctly. Oh yeah, he's helped me lots, man. He's been a blessing to my family. Oh, that's good. Yes. Yes. Your buddy Ruff Ruff phoned me the other day. Who is? Uh, Brian. Oh, he, what did he do? Oh, he just phoned me to check in with me and talk to me and stuff. Oh, okay. It was pretty funny. It was a good conversation because I hadn't talked to him because just my situation and keeping my family off the street, uh, having to work and as much as I am away from home, uh, uh, I haven't been in contact with too many people. I just yeah. been working on my case and working and working and teaching young people the trades. Oh, yeah. Uh, in that 20 below shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I said, man, yeah, I know, man. I'm telling you about it. Yeah, like I said, my hands, like I said earlier in the show, man, my hands were black. I mean, it's just from the, the, you know, the dead skin from the cold, man. You know, I said it, it was pretty brutal here. You know, my main, uh, my main uh, helper that I trained here over the last few months uh, had frostbite on his fingers, and they were yes, look at this. I didn't get it on my fingers. I got it on the back of my hand, not on my fingers. I guess I was able to be small enough to keep my fingers, uh, you know, from you know. Back of my hand is, you know, but uh, my fingers, I don't know, I kind of got lucky. I mean, I guess, it, you know, I was small enough to warm them up quickly. I don't have a problem. Once they burn, they warm up by themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's always been that way for me. But I thought I thought Virginia was in the tropics. Yeah, and like I said, you know, it was like, um, it wasn't too bad. It was like, um, honestly, your temperature would be about minus, it was about minus 19, but the wind was brutal. Yeah, well, that's what it was, the wind. Yeah, and that's what it was, because I I, I, I love the cold weather, man. You know, minus, you know, minus, it, it could be minus 19, and it's the sun's out, it's a beautiful day. But when it gets windy and there's no sun out, oh, my, it, it, it's horrible. Killer. So that, that's all it was. I'm good for eh, minus 10 or whatever, I really enjoy it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it, I mean today, you know, I don't know. It's just as long as there's no wind and it's sunny out, it's beautiful. Well, I heard you bought a backhoe. Yeah, yeah, I bought a, a backhoe quite a while ago. Oh, okay. Probably um, when Mark from Detroit, when I went to see Mark in Detroit, I went up to a Caterpillar dealer up there. I don't remember uh, how long ago it was. It was going to baseball season, so it must have been September, October. All right. Yeah. But uh, like yeah, like I said, man, just 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 get in touch with that that uh, Mike guy. I'm sure he'll he'll remember what I said tonight. Like, like I said, man, I'm going to call tonight. It's two thirty, and the, the guy's got his whole family from Baltimore up in a hotel room down the street from me. And uh, I know he. I told him to come over here like seven o'clock in the morning so he could help me do some stuff before he's got to go back to Baltimore. Well, Mike's finally talking to me again because I pissed him off there a few months ago. I oh. argued with, I questioned him. <laughs> he was mad at me. He wouldn't talk to me. Like <laughs> I'd send him a text. I sent him a Merry Christmas, and and now 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 he forgives me and he's talking to me again. Well, that's cool. Yeah, I think he's laughing at me actually right now. All right. <laughs> It's it's all good, but yeah, no, the man has been a true blessing. Um, I connected with him last spring, 
Right. Uh, and uh, he was helping me out with my oh, my terrible letters and stuff, and he was very patient with me and stuff. And, and it, yeah, no, I've come a long way since then, and it's, it's been really good. It's been really oh. good. Yeah. And him oh. and, him and uh, Mark, you know, uh, such a blessing. <laughs> it's just good to call them my friends. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'll um, I'll, like I said, I'm probably gonna um, I can, I, I'm trying to stay awake, but I'm gonna let the um, I guess I'll let the call go on, man. But I'll um, I'm gonna I'm gonna um, mute myself out, and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up. <laughs> All right. Well, have a good rest, and uh, God bless you, and uh, thanks, thanks, man, for putting yourself out. Um, All right. It's helped a lot, and whether I go to jail or don't go to jail, uh, I'm going there as a man. Yeah, I think the judge. Yeah, like I said, hopefully, you know, like I said, Michael, listen. And you know, there's one thing you said once that that really made sense, and it was like, you know, these guys, you're you're, you're not you're not going to jail because of what you did. You're going to jail because of what you didn't do. Yeah. And a lot of people just don't get that. Yeah. What we're not doing, right? I mean, like I said, if if you if you could act like a man, you know, he'll uh, he'll toss you a bone. He's just waiting to see that uh, there's a man, who, a responsible man, that he's going to set back out to the public, who's not going to cause any harm. And that that mean judge, my friends are calling me Dennis the Menace because of Judge Wilson, and uh, <laughs> I didn't realize he was throwing me a bone. I thought he was trying to trap me. No, like I said, man, like I said, if I'm a judge, that's what I'd be doing, you guys. I'd be just begging for you guys, trying to torture you a bone, man, trying to say, man, can you, can, can, you know, somebody come forth and act like a damn man so I can let you, you know, so I could, you know, let you go. But if you don't act like a man, I gotta, we gotta keep playing this game until you learn. Right. You know, so that's where I look at what they're doing to you guys. You know, they're, you know, they're, they're trying to find a freaking man. Well, everything you said, too, I've watched unfold before my eyes in my own case. I've been watching it. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, usually people, right, what I'm saying it doesn't, um, it doesn't ring true until, uh, until you people actually experience it. And then you're like, holy shit, Carl. You know, this makes sense. You know, it's like, wow, I'm living it. Yes, and I am. Yeah, and you're like, holy crap, you know, this is, it's like, yeah, people really don't understand what I'm doing until, you know, they actually got to go through it. And I say, now, did you see him do this? Did he do this? Did he, why did he keep asking you to appear in person? Because you'd make a special appearance in person, but you would not actually make it, you know, a general appearance. A general appearance is you'd be, as, you know, I'll appear as a man. But if you want, I'll appear especially in person, I'll personally only be. You know, that, that's the way I'd be. You know, it's like, okay, you know, I'll make a special appearance just for you. What person would you like me to be? Would you like me to be the jury? Would you like me to be the prosecutor? Would you like me to be the defendant? Well, yes, I'd appreciate it if you came in as a defendant. Um, No, I can't afford to come in as a defendant. That just means to move forward. I can't move forward as the defendant at this time because I'm not competent in that role. 
Well, I do, play, I, I do play a pretty mean prosecutor. Would well, you like this would be, be the first time that I was going to come in uh, with my case because I have I, I I did my claim and so this was going to be the time I came in with my case so I would have standing. Yeah, but like I said, you just have standing as soon as he asks you to appear in person. I said, I'd love to appear in person. What person? What special person would you like me to appear in? I'll appear especially in person for you. What special appearance would you like me to appear in? How would you like me to appear? Would you like me to wear a wig like you and a big cape like you? Well, how would you like me to appear? What person would you like me to appear as? It's like, this, is, this, is, this is like jolly good fun. What a game. Let's play this game. What game would you like? How would you like me to play? How would you like me to appear? What person would you like me to appear as? That's the letter I'm going to read him. Yeah. Okay. Special, that's what special appearance means. Okay. I'll appear especially just for you. One time only. How would you like me to appear? What person is that? The legal person? What person would you like me to appear as? And as that legal person, would you like me to be the prosecutor or plaintiff or claimant or defendant or respondent? Or how would you like me to appear? You see what I'm saying? Yes. I'm not as clued in as you are, but uh, I, I, I have the, some kind of grasp on it. He has a game. He's just asking to play the game. Okay. That's why he said want. And I thought that was strange, too. Yeah, he's like, he wants you to. He's not ordering you to because you you require compensation to carry out orders. He's begging. Yeah, and I did take his order and made him write it down. He's saying, what, last time? Uh, It was about a month and a month and a half ago. That's right. He's he's saying the poor. He's, he's he wants you. He's saying I'm a poor little beggar Indian boy, and won't you please come, you know, in person? Right. You know, give a copper to the poor little Indian boy. I want a want a copper, sir. Please. <laughs> I used to do that to Bali all the time, man. Do that copper, little Indian boy. And, and he started talking like a white man. It's pretty funny. <laughs> With a white accent. I was like, dude, you're creeping me out, man. Go back to talking like an Indian. Because, well, I can talk like a white man, too. If you wish to speak like an Indian, I will speak white. And I was like, hey, you know, that's creepy, man. <laughs> well, you speak an Indian's probably creepy to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really messing with him. <laughs> but like I said, he uh, started messing with me. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Right on. I am so okay. glad I caught your call tonight. Yeah, I just... I, I was, uh, uh, the only reason I did it is because a man from Australia called me up and I said, you know what? I got to... You know, a lot of people... I heard somebody give Gus a hard time uh, on... Uh, on a call a couple of weeks ago when I was, you know, some people came over on a Saturday and helped me. So when when people come over and help me, I don't answer the phone. I don't do shows. I don't do anything. Uh, if somebody comes here to help me, I spend my whole time helping them. You know, they got questions. And I spend my whole time helping them. Then. Right. So um, 
Gus ran the show, and you smart Alex were giving him a hard time. Oh, yeah, they and, give Bali a hard time, too. Yeah, so like I said, there was this crank calls, and I realized that, uh, you know, people saying that, you know, this call is anything that works, blah, blah, blah. So when the Australian man called up, I said, oh, i got to get him to record him on the show. And uh, so then now some people from England or wherever listen, they could say, oh, well, we need... We need the case number that this man was. What do you mean case number? The the the, the you know the tax revenue service of Australia was threatening to take them, take him to court if he didn't you know you know um, divulge all his uh, earnings that year. So what do you mean a case number? What, what do you mean? What case number are you looking for? What are you talking about? You know, there's not going to be a case number. So I'm thinking, what? Just, just let these, let these people uh, hear the man from Australia explain exactly what he went through. You know, the letters that they wrote back and forth, and he said that he actually uh, uh, recorded every single document, and he said he cut. You know, he 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 said he'll uh, send me every single piece of paper. You know, from the very first letter that they wrote to the very last letter. I said, well, that's great. I said, then that way I could put it on a website, and they could see every letter that. You wrote to them, they wrote to you, and then finally to their apology. Oh. Saying that you don't owe a debt, and uh, how about, we, you know, we just forget that, you know, this ever happened. Because they threatened them. They hey. said, if, if you don't pay the money by this time, and you go to court, you we are going to require the court to, you know, have you also pay $40,000 and fines, court costs, and penalties. Just like I try to tell all you Canadians, man, you guys all got these crazy papers that says if you plead guilty now, we got a we got a one-time special offer. Go to jail for six months, pay a $10,000 fine. I said, you guys actually got that in writing? I can't. I said, you know, that's communicating a threat and extortion. And I'm like, well, no. I said, well, what the hell do you think we call it here in the United States? That's communicating a threat and extortion. But see, if you're a person in their legal society, then it's not. Right. If if you're a person within their tax system, it's not. It's just a deal that you're cutting with a subordinate. It's like, okay, mommy says the baby, if you eat all your peas, you, you you get to watch TV. If you don't eat your peas, you're going to go straight to bed. So a kid could say, hey, mommy, that's blackmail. That's extortion. That's communicating a threat. It's just like, you're damn right it is. And what are you going to do about it? Because person, you're, you're a person under her control and her authority. It just reminds me of, uh, of like my mishap that happened last spring. So I had to write my creditors' letters, and I was sending them twenty buck checks or twenty five dollar checks, whatever I could afford. And I got a letter recently here. I haven't opened it yet, but my wife told me about it. From I don't know. Sounds like a collection agency. So yeah. first thing I'm going to do is is write them a letter and say, who are you? <laughs> right. Because oh, who I, are you? I, I have the money in the bank. I've been writing them the checks faithfully. Even at Christmas, I said, you know, bless you guys and New Year, and thank you for uh, stopping all uh, all accumulating interest, and I, I, I should be back on track by March, okay? Because yeah. I've been working my ass off for this, and I want to pay my debts. And uh, so... Yeah, so whoever the collection guy is, uh, yeah, uh, 
I'm going to have fun with this. Yeah, the collection guy, you just basically ask him, um, uh, you know, who's who's the man or woman, and thank you for this lovely letter, who's the man or woman who's been assigned this matter, who's been assigned this case. I was going to write him the first one, just say, uh, dear B.R.O. or whatever you're called, uh, uh, who are you? <laughs> no, B. But what is it, B.R.O. you said? Is yeah, some agency, you have to get a hold of us and all this yeah, shit. Yes, that's, it. that's what I'm saying. Say, you know, hello, uh, you know, uh, say, um, you know, the, uh, you know, you know, BRO, let's just say BRO greetings. You know, who is the, is there a man named BRO? What is the name of the man or woman who's attempting to communicate with me? So simple like that. Yeah. You know, is, 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 you know, is BRO your Christian name? I mean, what, what's, what's a BRO? Is BRO a name of a man? I mean, bro, your name is bro? <laughs> well, you know what bro means, right? <laughs> what's that? Bend right over. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. You know, just ask him. Say, you know, BRO as in bend right over. You think it sounds something funny like that. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not, I'm not aware of that, you know. You know, that acronym. Is that an acronym? Is that your name? Is that a name of a man? You know, do I owe some man named Bro? You know, it's just, you, yeah, you just got to come at him with a nice little simple attitude like that at first. You know, well, I, I use I use this whole thing. I, it's I, it's totally my lifestyle now. I've been using it at work. I use it with people everywhere. Yeah, like, that's, the, that's the whole trick, man. I'm trying to teach everybody, man. Yes. Well, you know, I taught this to my brother, and... Uh, in the early stages, I taught him, yeah, don't get people's first names, come by their first names, and watch the change. And he's like, ow. He says, you're right, man. He says, you call people by their first name, and there's a totally different attitude with the people, right? Oh, yeah. So, you know, Earl, the dirty Jesus beard that we were riding with there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay, so Earl's a single dad with three kids, and... His ex-old lady, who hasn't been around since the kids were in diapers, you know, crackhead, whatever she's doing, in trouble, in and out of jail. Anyways, uh, she's on welfare, so welfare decides to take Earl to court. So Earl does everything. He sends him some notices, and and he goes to a parenting thing, and he, he does all this stuff, and he's never once asked for a continuance. So in December, he goes to court, and... Uh, and, and or in November he goes to court and he says, "Well, geez, don't you guys read your files? I got I got all this stuff in your files." And they're looking at the files and they're going, "Oh, so the the prosecutor uh, he goes to court in December and the prosecutor wants to drop it all because they don't have a case because he is the primary parent. He's he's got letters from the RCMP. He's got letters from the teachers. They've never met the mother. Earl is the prominent." Like, father and parent in, in, in the kids' lives, and he's always there for hockey and everything. Yeah. So they say, well, oh, oh, Mr. Klopp, uh, you know, you don't need to be here. We're going to drop this. And they were going after him for, because uh, she's on welfare, so they automatically go after her for support for the mother who claimed to be raising the kids. Yeah. They say, oh, no, we're going to drop this. You, you, you can just leave. So Earl's just picking up stuff that I've been telling them, and, and, and he's listening to 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 you as well. He, he's not a prominent student or anything, but he's just been picking up this stuff. So Earl reads the court rules and this and that, and and uh, so he goes to court and he goes to the lady. He says, "Well, no, no, I'm here already. I'm just going to stay here." And 
And the prosecutor's kind of a hot chick, and she's kind of showing off in front of them, like most girls do, because they like them. And, uh, and the judge calls him up, and he says, yeah, well, Mr. Klopp, uh, um, yeah, they're uh, you, uh, they're dropping this case, so you're free to go. And he goes, well, no. He says, well, hang on, Your Honor. Um, um, you know, I've never once asked for anything from this court. I've been brought here all this time. I've missed work. And uh, uh, what about my costs? And he says, here's a bill. And he hands it to the judge, and the judge looks at the bill, and she goes, oh, uh, well, I think it was for like five grand or something. She's wow. like, well, I, or thirty five hundred actually, I think it was, and and she goes, uh, well, yeah, you know, you know what, Mr. Klopp, I'll give you five hundred bucks, uh, and <laughs> she ordered the she ordered the court. This was a court order for the prosecutor to pay my brother Earl five hundred dollars. Yeah, and the fun. prosecutor just had a connect shit, man. She peed her dress, and she yeah. was like, well, oh, oh, we don't do that here, and. She t- she was so unprepared in that, and the judge warned her too. She said, "Look, he says if you want to press this, um, I'm going to give Mr. Klopp a lot more than what what I just offered him now. So yeah. you have a choice: you either pay up or you're going to pay a lot more later." Eh? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so all my buddies that have been kind of watching me going through my thing, and now Earl, they're all getting the grasp of this. Like, wait a minute. How did you do that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's hilarious. But did your brother try to figure out how it happened or the prosecutor lady? M- my brother was the one who put yeah, the yeah, I'm, I'm like, saying who, 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 the end of the story is like, who uh, who thought that was amazing, your brother or the prosecutor? Oh, the prosecutor, she's just screwed. She doesn't know how it happened. Oh, my yeah. My brother yeah. and all our friends like Wendell and everybody are all amazed that the prosecutor has to give Earl five hundred bucks. Yeah, well, he, he was the one. Right, he was the one who was, you know, brought forth. He was the one who was ordered to appear. Yes, just like if Elvis Presley was ordered to appear, you order up Elvis Presley. One Elvis Presley coming right up. Well, believe me, you're going to pay him a million dollars to appear, and don't think that he ain't going to get it. Mm. If he appears, and he's like, wait a second, you know, my appear, you know, it cost me. You know, everybody knows, you know, if you want Elvis Presley to appear, you're going to give me a million dollars. And you know, if if you try to challenge Elvis Presley and he takes you to court, you know that's the least he's going to get is a million dollars. Because everybody knows. What's costs? Everybody knows there's costs when you you summons him to appear. You order him to appear. Like I said, the, the queen does that. The queen has a, the queen of England will say a command performance. Yeah, but she compensates. She pays them performance. She doesn't get it for free. And he didn't do it because he wanted the money. He did it just no. to fuck with right. him. Did, right, that's what I'm saying. That's what I tell people all the time. You know, they they, they summon you to appear. Fine, say, so there's an order. Yes, good, lovely. I carried out your order. Right, now pay me. Everybody could be doing that. Every single person who appears in court. Every single person. I don't care what it's for. Traffic tickets, anything. Everybody says, did I appear here? Yeah. Was I ordered to appear here? Yeah, great. You pay me. But I don't want everybody in the brother effing doing that, man. This is just fucking stupid. Well, he was, I mean, they didn't They didn't do any research, and they wasted his time. And, and, and yeah, But that's what I'm saying. It doesn't matter what it's for. Everybody could be compensated. Nobody could be ordered to do something without compensation. 
Yeah, I need. Like know. I said, it's only that's uh, only if you're a person within their society. Then you owe them a duty because you have an obligation as a member of their society. The person is a man. Or his duty set society in which he subscribes, and depending on his rank, they can you know they could expect certain obligations and performances from that man. And if he fails to perform, they can impose upon him, imposition him, knock him off his position, impose. Great. They certainly can. Great. That's what I tell people all the time, man. You guys got to be uh, you know, careful with these these simple words they're using. That's why I keep using the word person all the time, stuff like that, for you guys all the time. And man. Well, I, I, I honestly thought the judge was trying to trap me. Cause he, he's Mr. Wilson. <laughs> I, I didn't. Uh, but my wife, when I told her the story, she said the same thing you did. Well, Al, I think he's trying to help you out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, how is that? Yeah. Well, he kept telling me to come in person. Well, yeah. Yeah, I'll be a special appearance person for you. What special appearance? How do you want me to specially appear? Because I know I don't want you to specially appear. I want you to generally appear. Oh, I can't do that. I can only generally appear as a man. I'll be there as special appearance. So I, I will. I'll write him a letter Monday and get it to him right away. I'd be glad to specially appear any which way you want. What mask would you wish me to wear? You said in person. Person is a mask. What mask do you wish me to wear? You want me to come in as a masked man. That's what you're saying, in person, a masked man. Right. And that's simple. I have no problem coming in as, uh, you know, a father. Yeah, I, I wear a wig and come in as a judge. <laughs> I don't think that can go over well. The guy already told me, oh, yeah, it's funny because the, the first time I met him, you know, and I'm, I'm like, well, where's my accuser, right? And, uh, He's going on about psychoval and psychoval to me, right? I think you need a psychoval. So on my way home, because like, I got some of the old shows downloaded and stuff, I'm listening to you, and and you're saying, oh yeah, no, if 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 you talk too much in court, man, the judge can order a psychoval on you, and that's exactly what happened to me with the same judge the first time I met him. Man, right? yeah, but that's what's funny. Like I said, if, if the judge says orders a psychoval, say good. Put it in a form of writing, and I'll go. I'll go carry out your order. Well, you just said I think you need a psychoval. Well, I'm not sure I need yeah. one of those. Instead of thinking of it, why don't you why don't you create a, an order, place it in the form of an order, and I'll go carry out your order. I guess I've been too chicken to be as aggressive as you are. That's not aggressive. That's happy. It's like oh, I think you need a psychoval. You know what? You're probably right. Why don't you put it in a form of an order, and I'll go carry out your order. Well, when he gave me the, when I asked him to give me the order in writing uh, to there's show, a way, there's a way you got to say it nicely. You say, you know what? You're probably, you're absolutely right. You know, you, I, that sounds like a lovely order. You know, I'd be more than glad to carry out your order. Why don't you create an order, write the order down, and I'll go carry out your order. Okay. That way, it doesn't sound like you were like uh, put in a put, you know create the order and put in writing a sign it. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty hateful. No, I just I just said to him, I says, uh, uh, is that an order? He says yes, and I says, can I have that in writing? Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
And then and then he, he got madder, and then he was, yeah, you know, that's probably a good idea. Better write that down so you don't forget. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I need a psycho. Remember, I'm the crazy one. You know, you better put it in writing. <laughs> so, I don't, yeah, maybe I don't hear too good. I don't. I mean, I mean not really like crazy. Maybe I don't hear too good. I don't. I don't hear well. I don't see well, and yeah, me a maybe. lot to get it. Yeah, yeah. Seen too many women along the way. My my hearing and sight is kind of going. <laughs> yeah, well, I wish that, that in front of my wife. Just say I kind of like the wild women, you know. My 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 eyesight and hearing isn't as good as it should be. <laughs> That's your story. Yeah, that's what you get told. You get a good chuckle out of them anyway. <laughs> Who's your counsel? <laughs> oh, Carl. <laughs> Carl who? Well, I don't know. I don't recall. Uh, I don't have his card. I said, well, God's my co-pilot. He's <laughs> here with us right now. Well, you have been my counsel. I wasn't yeah. lying. Yeah, God's my co-pilot. Oh, uh, yeah. God is my co-pilot. Yeah, God, yeah. Jesus is my co-pilot, and God's my counsel. <laughs> Would you like God to appear right now? He's like, yeah, well, he said, well, here you go. I said, well, here you go what? I said, I'm in the image of God. I'm here. I'm a man. I'm in the image of God. See? Yep. It's always good for a laugh. <laughs> I did lighten up. I have been lightening up. But I've been playing more of the duck. You know, more of the Colombo thing yeah. than anything. You yeah, but then you probably had a good time, so that's good. Yeah. Well, it's been a great time. <laughs> well, that's good fun, man. Give me a bill. But now you said that's great. Well, well next you, because it's funny, man. He's lucky, um, like I said, man, he could have fucking, uh, he could have taken the crown for everything I had. You could, they got a fees of five hundred bucks. You move a case against a man, and it's not true. Holy crap! You know, in old days, you died. Right. You bring controversy into the public where one doesn't exist. You bear false witness. That, that's one of the top ten death penalties. You just bear false witness against this man. Yeah. Did you want us to take his property from him? Yeah. Not really. What do you think we should do to you? Well, you shouldn't do anything to me because, you know, I bear false witness all the time. Oh, really? And you think that's acceptable? And you shouldn't have to pay anybody for for doing that. Well, no. That's just my job. I'm just a fucking liar and everybody has to deal with it. And that is my claim right now with um, with Ken. Is, uh, and I wrote him a letter um you know, and I, I explained I, I have not seen a proper claim uh, against me uh, before this court or any other court. Uh, uh, do you bring forth a false claim? And that's what I'm going into court with is my claim. And you're basically saying that uh, I'm just waiting for... Uh, look, say, so look, uh, you know, I'm not here to give you folks a hard time. You know, I, I got my checkbook out. I got, I got my wallet ready. You know, I'm just waiting for any man a woman to come forth with a claim so I could compensate her for doing them wrong. I haven't done anybody fucking wrong. You know it and I know it. And but as soon as that man or woman appears, I I'm ready to compensate. I'm ready to I'm ready to make them whole. 
I'm ready to beg them for their forgiveness, and I'm ready to compensate and make them whole. But it, it, that that hasn't happened. You know, they say, I'm an honorable man. I want to pay my debts, but I don't owe a debt. There's no man or woman from any society who's come forth and said, I owe a debt to society. Whose society? What society? Is there any man or woman from any society that says, I owe a debt? No. Then how can I compensate? How could I, how could I uh, you know, how can I provide a remedy or a cure? You know, nobody's saying that I've done anything, you know, to incapacitate them. I've done, I've done anything to them. I can't stress the importance of having a claim to anybody enough. You know, I, I, I was talking to Joe and Catherine. They had a court, because they went up for sentencing in, uh, what was it, beginning in November. And yeah. so I thought they were gone. <clears throat> and um, they had, uh, what did they do? They pulled the private key, private prosecution on the uh, judge and prosecutor, I think. Right. So, and so I was talking to Joe yesterday, and he's like, Al, I know it's their jurisdiction. I know it's their shit. Uh, we did a constitutional challenge. I know that's their stuff. He says, we still have our claim. We haven't abandoned our claim. And and I'm like, Joe, you have not used your claim yet. That's why you're still here. But what they did manage to do was here they are in Calgary, and Williams Lake is, I don't know, 700 miles away. They had a court in their living room via camera with Williams Lake on Friday. Oh, wow, that's a hell of a... Yeah, well, that makes sense, man. That's a 10-hour ride. Well, that's a long ways to go. Yeah, yeah, I know. I took the ride with them. Yeah, so, 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 yeah, Joe says, yeah, yeah, no, I was making coffee uh, during court and getting everybody tea and crumpets. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, when I, next week, though, I'm going to go over their place and, and, and kind of work with them a bit on their claim. Like, is they made the claim, but they haven't used it yet. They haven't, they, I don't think they got their, their rules of court. Like, they tried to get rid of their claim as a frivolous claim, and they did manage to keep it, but uh, they haven't used their claim at all. They haven't gone into court with their claim. They haven't uh, put a notice that, hey, we'll be at court on this day uh, to have a hearing and, and, and gave a notice into the into the, the file of, of, you know, the guy pressing the, the, the complaint on them or... Yeah, like I said, yeah. I mean, they're nice people, man, but they don't devote enough time to this. I mean, they got kids, and they like they want to spend every waking moment doing, you know, uh, ice capades with their kids. And I mean, I don't blame them that they want to spend so much time with their kids. But um, you got to dedicate yourself to to learning this stuff if you if you haven't done this stuff your whole life. You know, and and they they just don't want to spend that kind of time. You know, I mean, Catherine kind of does. You know, she kind of tries. She does. But like, I, but like I said, I called them up to hearts to one time, and uh, she said, I I can't really talk to you right now. We got ice dancing classes. I said, you go to court like in two days, or whatever it was. So it was like tomorrow, whatever. You you've got to you got to stop and concentrate. Like, oh, not right now, you know, this is family time, it's very special to us. It's like, yeah, well, they don't see mom for 15 to 20, then uh, then you might have a little time to talk, you know. Well, I'm hoping this week, when I when I get together with them here in the next couple of days, that 
I can press upon them that, like, guys, you have this claim. The claim is standing. Use it so that next Friday when you're back in court that the judge understands that you're having your own hearing, right, right. on this matter. Right. right. Did, you, did, you, did you compensate it, you know, the, the utility company for the theft? They did, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, so they compensate. That's what I'm saying. They compensated for the theft. You don't owe any other man or any other woman of any society any debt. That's right. I don't owe a debt, an obligation, a duty to any other member of any society. No man or woman has come forth from any, you know, you know, a society and said, I've done them wrong. But because I they can, haven't used their claim, they haven't had standing in any of their cases, by any of the court hearings. Well, they stand as a, they stand as a defendant. Yes. You know, they're saying, it's like, okay, you, uh, defending what? Who do I owe debt to? I owe debt to society. Whose society? The legal society? I'm not a member of the legal society. And that's what they're going to say. You owe a duty to society. It's like, what? You know, this is what you guys always go about, the legal person. You mean, as a legal person? The legal society I owe debt to? It's like, yeah, but I'm not a member. I would, you know, it would be nice to be a member because you guys got a lot of fancy, you know, wigs and clothes and hats you wear, and you got a swell society going on there. But at this time, I can't afford to. And afford has nothing to do with money. It's just I can't go forward because I don't have the capacity. I'm not competent to be a legal person. Great. I'm just a common person. I'm just a man. I don't. I don't have the ability to be a legal person. It's that simple. I don't know the terms of order. You're legal society. I'd be a fool if I tried to come in and be a defendant. You guys are so much more, you know, you know, uh, you know, you're just basically, you get so much, you know, you know, wiser or, you know, speak legally so much better than I ever will. I mean, I'll never be to your level. So me to try to defend myself against somebody like you would be a waste of my time. It would be a total joke. I'd walk into court and be a total fool. I can't keep up with you. This is all you people do. When Joe Joe does know, and he he is repentant of of leaving basically Catherine with holding the bag on learning and everything. Yeah, well, like I said too, it's like, look, you know, it's lovely. You're trying to give me, a, you know, you're trying to make me a member of your legal society, right? You want me to be a person, you know, a legal person, right? Yeah, and you're going to try to bestow upon me this wonderful title known as defendant. And I tell people all the time, it's like, look, whatever they told you, you're the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. You're going to smile and say, woohoo. And it's like, yes, you know, Alan Douglas is the heavyweight boxing champion of the world. Woohoo. You're, you're going to say, wow, what a great title. And they say, oh, yeah, Al, uh, next Tuesday you've got to fight Muhammad Ali. You've got to defend your title. And you'd be like, what? Yeah, next Tuesday. You're the, the heavyweight champion, right? Well, yeah, you accepted the title, right? As the defendant of the heavy, you're the defendant, right? Of the title. Well, yeah. Well, now you got to defend. Well, who do I got to defend against? Uh, Muhammad Ali. Um, uh, I don't think I want this title anymore. Well, why not? You're a defendant. Well, the, the, the guy who's going to prosecute me, the hunter, Muhammad Ali, he, he's going to kill me. He's going to kill me with one punch. I'm gonna, he's going to knock me out without even trying. Well, yeah, sometimes that happens. Well, uh, uh, I can't afford that. I can't afford this lovely title at this time. If if you if you try to 
force this title upon me, you're going to cause harm to the man. You're not going. To, you might. You know. You're not going to cause harm, obviously, to the legal person because the legal person is just fiction. It's just a make believe thing. Right. You know. You're not causing harm to the heavyweight champion of the world title. You know. It's just a title. Right. You know, there's a man attached to that fucking title. And you know, if you fucking hit me, you know, Muhammad Ali hits the fucking heavyweight champion of the world, regardless of the heavyweight champion of the world, in title. You know, and I know, he's going to break me in half. Yeah, so what do we do with the body? That's what I'm saying. So you have to say, I can't accept the title at this time because it'll cause harm to the man. But thank you for the lovely legal title of defendant. But I, I, I can't afford to come forward as a legal defendant. The prosecutor's going to slaughter me. It's not going to be a fair fight. It's going to be a waste of time. It's going to be a joke. You're going to crush me in court in one, one blow. What kind of game is that? You know, those are quarters where you go to play games. That's what a court is. A court is where you go to play games. But what kind of game is that? The guy's going to knock me out one blow. What kind of game do you call that? Pretty, pretty, pretty boring game. Pretty heavy-duty game. Well, that's why I knock him out one blow when I go into their court. I bring in the court of man. I say, now how do you guys want to play this? I'm like, oh, shit, you knocked us out. One blow. Yeah. Well, we usually knock you guys out. That's right. Can't do that without a claim. That's right. I can go in court and just, you know, knock them out one blow. A couple of words, I pull them, I'm done. They're like, shit, that was no fun. I'm like, that's right, no fun. Oh, you thought I was going to, you don't beat me around for a while. Oh, is that what you thought? Oh, that was going to be funny watching me get my ass. Oh, you thought that was funny. Yeah, yeah. Because all you little word nerd preppy guys, man, you think it's payback now because you got your ass kicked off through school? So now you're going to be bullies and you're going to, and you're going to be uh, making everybody piss in their pants. See you coming to the courthouse with a wig on and a, and a, and a, and a nightgown. We're going to be scared shitless now. See how, say how it feels, tough guys. And you used to beat up all those word nerd lawyers when they were kids. Yeah, it's just payback, man. Well, without a claim, you have no knockout. Yeah, well, you, you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, like I said, a claim is a good way to knock them out, you know, because they can see what's coming from across the other side. But, you know, being a man and being an image of God, man, that's a hell of a knockout once they realize God's not present. Well, they can't even hear us uh, unless we have a claim. Oh, oh they, they they hear through that wig. They hear through that, that that wig has got an ear hole in there. They they know when they're in the presence of a man. They know when they, you know, just because they got a badge, like I said earlier, just because they got a badge doesn't, they still know when they're robbing, they still know when they're stealing, they still know when they're causing harm to man. Well... Just because you got a badge doesn't mean you can rob from me. They sure don't recognize it. Oh, yes, they do. They understand. When they, when you say it in a certain manner, they know you. That's why. Go listen to the phone call I did with some black lady from uh, Guyana who lives down in Florida. I did. I, I told Gus to upload my phone call with her. Okay. She had, she had three cops at the door. The captain, they, they finally got tired of dealing with her. So this was the third time they went down to her house, and I talked the cops off a porch. And this time they had a captain of the sheriff's department down there, 
they had the supervisor of the uh, social services down there. They were they was like, no more of this, no more nice guys. You're all going, we got a warrant. You're all going to jail. Da da da. You open the store immediately. Da da da. da. So, uh, you know, she had you, you tell she's got a crazy accent, man. Right. Only three minutes long, and uh, it's hysterical, man. And uh, they all got in their cars and left. The third day in a row, man. Oh, it was Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. Really? Time to get her again back in their car and go, and the baby's still at the house. I have uh, a friend of mine that I work on a shovelhead. Um, his dad's a judge down in Guyana, and what he does is he goes around the Virgin Islands and that and teaches uh, um, other judges how to be common law judges in the in the area. Who's uh, Guyana? Guyana, South America. Well, probably yeah, probably British, not French. Yeah, no, British. Yeah, it makes sense because you probably don't speak French, yeah. Yeah, that's where this lady's from. I asked her, I said, obviously, you're from British Guiana? She said, yeah, not French. She said, correct. I said, okay. Yeah, because your English is pretty good. So I kind of figured she wasn't French Guiana. I've talked to his dad a couple of times, and, uh, yeah, that's what he does. He's he's old. He's in his 70s. Still a womanizer. But uh, he goes around through the Virgin Islands teaching judges how to operate in common law. Yeah. I'm not kidding. Uh, I believe you. It doesn't take much to teach a judge how to be a judge, man. This isn't rocket science. There's only a couple of key words they they, they concentrate on. You know, so like I said, you could say, well, without a claim, they don't hear me. Oh, you better believe, man. These, you know, I could say a couple of words, man. They know exactly, don't mess with this fucker. It, it's, it's the way you perform. Like I said, like I said, it, I mean, there's been millions of people who've done uh, Shakespeare. You know, there's millions of people, actors who, you know, do Shakespeare, but there's only one Lawrence Olivier. Right. You know, just because you could read Shakespeare, just because you could quote Shakespeare, doesn't make you, you're not going to win an Oscar. You're not Lawrence Olivier. Right. You, you know, you're going to pull it off. Oh, I, I mean, I've watched a lot of Shakespeare, like, you know, movies or, you know, my time. And I was like, oh, this guy's horrible as Hamlet. Oh, this guy's horrible as Henry. Oh, this guy's King Henry. This guy's horrible. I mean, where's Lawrence Olivia? I mean, if I bet you if King Henry popped up in my face and started to talk, I'd say, who are you? He'd say, King Henry. He'd say, no, get Lawrence Olivia in here. He's the real King Henry. Now, now, if I want to see King Henry, that I want to see Lawrence Olivia. He'd <laughs> say, but I'm the real king. Eh, whatever. You, you still don't act as good as, as Lawrence Olivia does. Hey, uh, Al Pacino did an awesome, uh, uh, what was it, Merchant of Venice? Yeah, uh, Sherlock, yeah. Yeah, that was great. But that's what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is they could say they're lawyers, and it's like, that's great. But then I could get up in court, and I could litigate, and I could perform, and I'd go like, well, he might not be the lawyer, man, but he might not be an attorney, but holy crap, he's good. It's like the other guy said, but I'm the attorney. Like the barrister did with Bali thing. He's like, I'm the barrister. This is my court. Barristers don't lose cases in their court. I said, that's right, because I took over the court. You didn't see me lay my case down. He's like, he looked at me and said, oh, yes, that's right, you did. But you thought it was a joke. It was eight words. You thought it was a joke. Well, I guess you better understand what those eight words mean. 
you know. And then next time you see somebody throw a claim down before the court on top of your case, you better understand what the hell's going on. And that was really important that you that was he had a claim that gave him standing to speak. Right. But like I said, there's a way I could appear in person and then flip the court immediately without paper. But like I said, it's being a Lawrence Olivier. It's being able to control that court, control that judge, look at them, and they look at you, and they know that you know exactly what the hell you're doing and exactly who they are. And it's all fraud. It's all bullshit. Well, I'm the one standing there with the dry mouth going, ah. (laughs) You think it's real. (laughs) Because you believe it's real. Well, yeah, they keep threatening me. That's right, but if they were tra- threatening in Chinese, you just smile and laugh. So I don't understand this ping pong crap they're fucking saying. Hey, old ping pong, you don't. You start laughing, and they start getting really fucking mad and pointing a finger at you, wavering real sternly. He's like, and you keep you laugh your ass off. Did he just say nippon ping pong ding dong? Did he fucking really say that? No, but this is very serious. No, no, no. He just said ping pong pee pee wee wee ding dong. <laughs> well, that's some very that's some very powerful words here in the Chinese language. So, you know what PP wing wong ding dong means in our language? It's, it's a joke, right? You can't be serious. So, like I said, you're just hearing them say words that you believe have power and control over you because it controls your heart rate, it controls your emotions, it controls your sweat glands, it controls every damn thing. Oh, it does. Oh, it does very much. <laughs> Because you believe that something that they're uttering has something to do with you as a man. I try not to let them know. They understand they still got control of you. See, they understand this. They have no, absolutely no control of me. They know that. They know that I only answer to one authority. And that's God. So they could tell when they got a God-fearing man in their presence. And then they could tell when when they could tell when there's a man such as you who's afraid of a costume. I'm only afraid of God. I'm afraid of any damn thing else. I don't think I let them know that though. Oh, I'm afraid what God's going to judge me as. That's what I'm terrified of. I'm terrified that I might not live up to a certain standard that God expects of me. That's what I am afraid of. To live a standard that a man expects of me? Oh, go fuck yourself. I have my ups and downs with that. That's what I'm saying. And that they understand that I couldn't give a rat's behind. I'm here to fucking compensate any man that I've done wrong to. If no man appears, the only, the only, the only you know, thing that I have to, you know, could judge me as God. And does any man purport to be God? No. I'm here to compensate any man I've done wrong. Have I done anything wrong to any man? No. Then let me be. And just wearing a wig and wearing a badge doesn't doesn't immune you from being a man. You trespass upon this man, you're a man, I'm going to hold you liable. Well, I'm wearing a wig. Well, I've got a pistol. i got a gun. Dude, that's communicating a threat. That's extortion. And I have thought about that. Yeah. Just because yeah. you wig doesn't make you, make you immune from fucking trying to steal my property from me. You know, when I when I go into court not worried about that like I'm ready to stand I do way better than when I go into court worrying about my wife and my son getting thrown out on the street because I can't earn a living for him yeah because like I said that's a that's a big thing I guess like I said for you because like I said they never 
like I said, I guarantee the state of Alabama had never met nothing like me. Because I told them, I said, I don't explain this to you people. I said, you could chop off pieces of my kid and mail them to me in a box. I said, you, you could have me witness them doing it. I said, you're not going to watch. I'm not going to blink. I said, you're not going to get any emotion out of me. Why? I was, don't give them that. I don't give them that. It's I just was, dude, I said, to, to, to me, this is just a game. I said, to me, I only have to answer to God for my actions or my inactions. You have to answer some your creator one day, too. I said, I, I said, I'll be able to explain to God with a straight face. I had no control of that. I had no ability. You put me in this game, God. You put me in this position. This is what the cards you gave me to play, God. You gave me deuces and, 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 and jokers. Well, what did you want me to do? I had no power. I had no ability to do other than what I was, what you gave me to play with, work with. And that's what I tell people all the time. God only gives you, God gives you, you know, the hand to play, and you play it the best you can. Amen. And so He gave you. This is all you got, and this is the best you can do. So it's like, look, if you're chopping my kids' fingers off and you're mailing them to me in a box, or you have to witness why? Because you got three thousand guns pointed at my head. What more can I do? As soon as I blink, you're going to kill me anyway, right? So I might as well not even bother blinking. I might as well say, you know what? Do whatever the hell you want, because you know what? you got a gun on my head, and you're going to do it anyway. And that's where I'm at. So do it. You know, what, what more do you want from me? You know, you're not going to scare me. You're not going to terrify me. You're not going to... This isn't hard to me. It, this will pass, too. God must want me to experience this for some reason. Why? I don't know. Why is this is it such a tragic or traumatic or horror, horrific event? I don't know. But you know what? I believe he's got something good planned for me. He's making me go through this for a reason. Maybe to toughen me up. I don't know. But no matter what I've gone through, I've always said, you know, it is what it is. And he's, he's getting me ready for something bigger and better. He's toughening me up so that no matter what happens, it I'm not even going to blink. Like I said, I guarantee, like I said, how many parents would have just finally caved in after 30 trials and not knowing why they're there at any of those trials, saying, you know what, okay, I give up. Just make, uh, just give me a piece of paper, I'll sign it. And that's, and that's when the judge said on the 30th trial, he said to the state, what exactly do you want from this man? Well, we just want a piece of paper from somebody saying that he's competent to be a dad. The judge was like, you're kidding. He was like, no, we just told him, you know, like, go get a, a competency, you know, from a, you know, a exam from a, a doctor or psychiatrist. They said, honestly, he could have had his brother write the note. His mama could have wrote the note and signed it. We really wouldn't have cared. We wouldn't have background. He said, he said you don't need a, a doctor from Alabama. It's like, no, he could go to Virginia, New York, wherever the hell he wants. He could go wherever the hell he wants. All we have to have from him is a piece of paper from somebody saying that he's competent and fit to be a father. And we give him back his kid. And he said, to, and he said to me, "You understand what they're saying? You, you get a brother write the note." I said, "Sir, I could write the note. They don't care." I said, "Sir, but I don't seem, I seem to, you don't seem to understand. You're a public servant. I'm the public. I'm the master. You're my servant. My servants will never order me to do anything." I said, "I don't, I don't understand how you understand how this works. And, and if he's a man trying to order me to do something, I'm not going to do it without compensation. Nobody's going to threaten me." Nobody's saying, well, look, just do this. I said, sir, I actually said that in open court. I said, sir, if you told me to blink and you'll give me back my kid, I will staple my fucking eyelids right here in front of you, and I will never blink again for the rest of my life. 
You will never order me to, to perform without compensation. I am not your slave. You do not give orders. I said, I'm a man. Nobody orders me. And it was just that simple. And he understood. I said, I will staple my eyelids right here in front of you. And I will never blink again for the rest of my life. He said, but that's all you have to do to get your kid. He said, sir, I don't care if that's what I have to do to save my life. I'm not doing it. So there he realized, and that's the judge who walked down the hallway with me and walked down the park a lot with me and said to me, here, yeah, I'll help you. He walked right out of the fucking courtroom with his fucking robe on, walked down the court, went to the court clerk's office, made a call to the uh, Alabama Supreme Court for me, got the head clerk down there, said, hey, man, this guy needs his case file. We can't find this contract nowhere. you got to work with this guy. And he walked out and he had a Jeep Wagoneer truck. I mean, he was a regular Joe. And he was talking to me. I mean, the judge really liked me. I mean, after I fucking said that to him, I said, dude, I don't care. I'll stay my eyelids right here in front of you, man. You tell me to blink, I'll get my kids. I, uh, I ain't blinking. You know, I'll stay my eyelids in my head. I, I ain't blinking. You know how many dads or moms would just say, how many years did you put up with this? Where are you, where are you living? Oh, I'm living in a storage unit, man. I got one little storage unit where I would take a, a shower where I throw a couple of gallons of water in my head and the other storage unit where I keep my tools and I sleep. Why? Because I'm broke. I ain't got no more money. I've been fighting you fuckers for six years. It cost me hundreds of thousands of dollars. I said, I'm done. I said, but I'm never going to fucking do what you tell me to do. You're not going to order me to do shit. I don't, I don't take orders from any man. And they just realized, holy shit, this guy's serious, man. He ain't going to stop. I said, oh, watch what I'm going to do to your legal society when I'm done with you. Because I want to teach everybody how to act like me. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm guaranteed they're saying, holy shit, this guy's really... I said, look, if I take 10, 20, 30 years, I don't give a damn. I said, I'm a very patient man. I want to teach people what you people are really all about and what it takes to take you people down. You're a bunch of bullies. You know, you're a bunch of word nerds. You were picked on when you were kids. And now you know the words and you can control everybody with the words. You couldn't control them with muscles so now you're going to control them with your mouth. Just like a woman. I said, you're going to break me. It ain't going to happen. Many have tried. It ain't going to happen. I just don't know how I got that so wrong. Like, my wife made it as the judge was, like, <laughs> exactly what you said about the judge, about yeah. hearing in person. And I was taking it totally the opposite way. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be any special person you want me to appear. I'll make any special appearances, any person you wish. What wish What wish do you want me to carry out? How do you wish to order me? But you do know when you order me, I'm going to require compensation. You do know that. So like I said, when they were trying to say they order me, they were ordering me to do a, a, like a, a get a, a fit, a, you know, accreditation of being a fit parent. And I said, and what's the compensation? I will give you back your child. He's not yours to give back. He's always been mine. It's like, no, 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 no. Give me back my child is not compensation. He's always been mine. That child's stolen. You, like, you're not, like, I'm not, not going to negotiate with terrorists. I'm not going to negotiate with kidnappers. I'm not going to do it. And it's like, why? Because you're going to fucking give me back the fucking kid, and guess what? You're probably going to give me back a dead kid, or guess what? You give him back to me, you're going to do it again tomorrow. Because you're going to say I'm a chump, I'm a sucker. This time you gave him back because I got the letter. Guess what? Tomorrow you're going to be knocking on my door, 
taking the damn kid again, and then you're going to have me jump through two, three more hoops. And then what's going to happen? Then you're going to let me have my kid come back after I jump through two, three hoops. You're going to have kid's going to come back, and then you're going to make me jump through 100 hoops to get the kid back. And then guess what? I'm going to jump through 100 hoops. or pay you guys $100 in ransom fee or court costs or, or child support. And then next time you're going to take away, then I'm going to owe you $1,000 in court costs, child support, and ransom fees. Then I'm going to owe you $10,000. Then you're going to take my truck. Then you're going to take my house. The, no, this is going to get sick and perverted. You guys ain't never going to stop. Once I do one thing for you fuckers, it ain't never going to stop. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, man, this is like I said, that's why I'm a very difficult guy to get along with when it comes to a woman. They just think, well, if I, if you, you'll let me slide today. No, I'm not going to let you slide. No, you're going to do what you agreed, and that's it. Well, I don't. I got a headache. I don't feel like doing that. Well, then get the fuck out. I'll get somebody else in here. Well, you're not very reasonable. That's right. It's black and white. It's going to be this way or that way. It's on or off. That's it. Goodbye. Go. Michael's everything I say I'm going to do, I'm going to do. And everything you say you better do, you better do. If not, you're a liar. I ain't got time to deal with no lies. Well, my hand hurts. My leg hurts. My nose hurts. I'm dizzy. I don't give a shit. You got a test to perform, perform. You don't wish to do it? Goodbye. That's what, to, that's what I was trying to explain to my sister this week. She said, your hands are all black. You know, what did you do? I said, I had to keep the water flowing. I had animals down here. Well, you know, why don't you just, you know, stop? I said, because they'll die. I said, look, I said, oh, what do you want me to dial, dial a, uh, make a phone call and find a real man who'll come up here and blister his hands? These animals? That's ridiculous. I said, when you're a man, sometimes you've got to do things that are extremely painful. But you realize that there's others that require you to be in extreme pain so they survive. This is what you got to do. I said, I don't got no complaints about it. I said, it just hurts like hell. I'm not whining about it. I don't need to go to no damn doctor. It'll be all right. It's just what you do. I said, there's no excuses. You don't blame nobody. It's just the cause God gave you to deal with it. I wasn't born at Tahiti or the Bahamas. I was born up here and it was fucking freezing. Amen to that. Yeah. If I was in Tahiti, I'd be pitching another shark bit me in the ass because I was bending down to pick up some crabs and lobsters for the kids. Sad damn shark bit me in the ass. What were you doing? I was, you know, picking up lobsters and some clams for the kids. You know, shit happens. If I was born up north, I would not be wearing a shark bite me in the ass. <laughs> I, was, I was going down the road minding my own business and the shark bit me and the pirates got me. Yeah, that's right. That's because I was born in Tahiti. Shit happens, man. You got to deal with the cause God gave you. Yep, and we do. Yeah, do the best you can with what you got. Yes, see. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I was telling one guy tonight, you know, quit being a victim. Yeah, that's it. Just you know. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) yeah, Uh, something funny like that happened to me today. I just laughed, you know. I was glad when my buddy was towing something down on the road that I own a, a car trailer. Then when that ramp flew off, that he didn't kill somebody with the damn thing. So we have to go weld another one. I was like, bad. I just went flying down that highway just to see if there's any dead bodies or red cars on that side of the road. Oh no, shit, eh? 
since there wasn't, I said, no, I made a U-turn and went home. He's like, you're not worried that the ramp went flying? I said, uh, that fucking, like, 100-and-something-pound projectile? No, I'm just glad I didn't see some cough flipped over on the side of the freaking highway somewhere when that guy ran over and it went through his windshield. <laughs> so I said, no, I'm just grateful as hell. I said, no, we can't find it. Don't worry about it. We'll just, we'll just build another one, man, in a day or two. Yeah. So stuff like that is so what? It costs money, costs time, big deal. Nobody you, didn't, you didn't kill nobody with that damn thing, did you? I said, that's all I cared about. I said, if I found it on the highway, you know, so I highway, that's great. If not, I said, you know, clown goes 100 miles an hour. I said, hopefully there's anyone flying off the off a ditch or a ravine somewhere. Hopefully it didn't land on nobody. I said, that thing is massive. <laughs> you know, I said, shit, I just want to see it didn't go through any Zuzu Trooper windshield and kill a couple of kids and a woman in that car. Uh, I, said, hey. I, said, if, I said, if it did, I said, I would have said, you know, the cop said, uh, you know, hey, is this your trailer that lost this ramp on the back of it? I said, I don't know, man. I seen a black pickup truck coming to my yard, man. He, he was out in the pasture, and I see my trailer going away. I, I don't know who has it. Well, Jimmy said that, uh, you know, you let your bar. I don't know about no Jimmy. Uh, Jimmy who? <laughs> hey, a few years ago, my, fr- my friend, uh, his brother, and his whole family were parked at a red light on one of the trails. It's kind of a a bypass through the city, and this guy was driving a cement truck. He was drinking vodka, and he ran over the whole family, killed the whole family. Yeah, that's what I said to Jim, man. I said, damn, you know, that's a huge trailer. That's a that's a hell of a, you know, you know, projectile that went flying off of that thing. I said, what are you going to ride this summer? Are you riding that, uh, that FLH you bought or what? The other one, the new one? Or? Yeah, I got the FLH, but... Um, um, I haven't rode in quite a while, man. I, um, no, I meant the, the new rubber mount thing that you bought this year. Or did you sell that? The full dress one? Yeah. No, I got that in, I got that in, uh, in, uh, I got that under the, um, what do they call it? Um, enclosed trailer. I got it in, oh, you have an enclosed trailer too. So you, yeah, you're going to run that this year? Yeah, oh, probably. Man. I'd, I'd much rather drive that, that 76 of mine, but like I said, you know, I got. I'm gonna to wait to see how it happens with you. <laughs> well, I was, I was, I was gonna send you a proper cam for that thing, but you don't open up your birthday presents anyway. So, fuck. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I was gonna wait to see what happens with you in court before, I, you know, I, I send any work your way. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll both wait and see what happens with me. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. I just better just wait. My uh, Earl, you, you know, his rap bike with the ape hangers and stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm building them 106 inch for that thing. Oh wow! You know, like I said, just a no, just a regular. Uh, well, mine's just like 80, 82, 83. I think know. what you have right now is an 84. Yeah, right around there. Stroke with the stock bore. Yeah, so as I say, it's a little stroke. You know, yeah. Like we I call said, it a baby stroker. We call it a mini stroker. Yeah, so like I said, that's that's fine by me, man. It's you know I don't need to be going. I mean, just you know, seventy is, is miles an hour is fine. You know, I don't need to be flying with that thing. I'm I'm happy just tooting along. Well, I don't know. I think I got a video of you passing me, man. Oh yeah, yeah. That's because it had. <laughs> that's because the second bike had no brakes. <laughs> well, you ride like the wind, brother. Yeah. Well, that's when you have no brakes, man. You ain't got a choice. <laughs> Uh, those, those are fixed now. 
That's what I said to somebody. I said, first he gives me a drag bike, then he gives me a bike with no brakes. I said, what a relaxing drive through the through the <laughs> through, through the, the valley. Oh yeah, through the mountains. Oh, what a what a what a, what a, what a wonderful experience. <laughs> well, I gave you a beef jerky lunch up by the lake there or the swamp. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> it wasn't all bad. That's right. It was it was possum or something like that, right? Well, uh, Wendell and Earl have been bugging me about the. The pictures you took, they they really want a copy. Oh, oh, oh. I thought you meant the the the, the jerky. It was the jerky was possum or raccoon. I remember. Uh, it was whatever we killed on the road. Yeah, muskrat. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so Wendell was uh, Wendell and Earl were hoping that you could uh, email me the uh, pictures that we took in front of that uh, um, timber built. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. I yeah. gotta go look at my computer. Yeah, that's right. You gotta tell me what day that was, so that way it takes me two seconds to find it on a computer. It was June. It was. Well, like I said, it was nice getting you here. I, I, why should I forget? Like, we went through hell. You went through hell. Yeah, like thirty-hour trip. <laughs> it was a nice. Yeah, it was a nice, relaxing, you know, mountain ride on a drag bike in the rain and the mountains. Yeah, and roads I've never been on in my life. Yeah, it was a lot of. <laughs> it was very relaxing, right? Well, it looks good on the video. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was fucking uh, just trying to stay awake, man. I think it was uh, June, like, 29th or something. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's easy if I just know the exact date and I just search for every picture. That well, was a great picture for June 29th. I think it was June 20th because you came up 26th, 27th, and you did you hosted the uh, the the meeting, and then... Yeah, so it was 28th or 29th. Yeah. But the guys have been bugging me constantly. And I says, yeah, okay, I'll talk to them. But, shit, I'm home at 8 at night. Or I'm in my trailer at 8 at night, like, after 14 hours. You know, I'm gone at 6 in the morning. I'll, yeah. I'll get a hold of them as soon as I can. <laughs> well, what, there was somebody else taking pictures, though, wasn't there? Uh, I thought they did, too, but... Uh, yeah. I know at least the one guy did who had that bobble fall out of his. <laughs> he got that discontinued. <laughs> I had to bitch him on my bike all the way back up the mountain, and and it was right there. I said a little prayer. I said, "Lord, man," I said, "You know, uh, give it to me." <laughs> and I, I didn't even have to get off my bike, and it was on it was on a, a on a hill on the side of the mountain and with a 150-foot drop right beside it, and I was sitting right there. I didn't even have to get off my bike. I just picked it off the ground. Yeah. yeah. What, what's, that, what's that thing called? It's the key fob. A it, fob. It's, yeah, it's his security system for his yuppie bike. Yeah, yeah I just couldn't remember what it was called. It was a fob. Okay. I, yeah, I just called it yeah, bobble. I didn't remember what it was called. Yeah. Yeah, fob. Okay, that makes sense. Somebody asked me one time about that. And I said, no. we, we still bug him about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's feeling better now, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Wendell's an awesome man. He's the salt of the earth, that guy. Yeah, he, yeah I heard he, he landed on the earth kind of hard. He did. He broke his neck. And he's still walking. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's pretty good. No. Uh, well, see, they were taking the back roads. They were coming out from here back home and... Uh, they were taking the back roads, and he caught a shoulder, a soft shoulder, and wow. out in the yeah. field he went and landed right on his head. 
Wow. Holy crap. Yeah. Wow. God, it, it's a miracle, actually. Yeah. And he's such a man's man. Like, you know, two days later, he takes off his neck brace and he's digging a four foot ditch, four feet deep. A four foot ditch, four feet deep. And like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Getting ready for his next ride. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we. Uh, oh, he was digging a hole again, ready for his next ride. <laughs> for his next ride, yeah. The one we're going to bury him in, yeah. That's right. Yeah. So that's where he's going to bury his bike. That's where he's doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so he never think about doing it again. Yeah, it was just one of those things. It, like, he was totally sober and stuff, but it had been a long ride. And oh, yeah. He just caught her. Uh, yeah, my brother hit salt did that one time, man. You know, just shit happens, man. When you push it in too hard, sometimes. It does. But, uh, did he ever? Did he ever ride again? He said, "Nah." Oh no, Wendell's back up. We've been working on. We extended his front end, and we're doing some other stuff to his bike right now. Actually. Oh, extending it. Yeah, that would make it real stable in turns. Yep. <laughs> well, that's what he wants. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's because that's he landed on his head. We we shared a 62-year-old bottle of scotch on his 63rd birthday here last month, and uh, and all he wants to do is uh, just live his life, you know, for whatever's left. So yeah. You can't blame a guy for that. No. Yeah, like I said, it's pretty amazing, man. So. Well, did he fall? Did he fall going uphill or downhill? Uh, it's prairies. He was in Alberta by that time, so it's uh, uh well, I guess it was downhill by the projection. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying it's bad. See, if you go fall down uphill, man, that's not as bad, man. You don't, you know, going uphill kind of, you know, nowhere is bad. They were like ten miles from Black Diamond, and and that's like flatlands, and they were just like I say, they were just tired and had been a long ride, and they just raised. They had just finished doing a benefit to raise money for a paraplegic that got run over on his bike. And now here's Wendell trying to be a paraplegic. Yeah, he was jealous. Yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's his attention whore. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that would be June. It'd have to be, like, yeah, June 28th, I think. So if he could look, just look at through your thing and... June 28th, 29th. I mean, I'm sure the pictures will come up and scare you. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure I took everything off the... I think I took it on a cell phone, probably. Yeah, I had a cell phone. Yeah. That time, yeah. Your iPhone or whatever it was. Right, right. I take... uh, Yeah, right. I take... uh, I always download all the pictures onto my uh, computers as soon as I can. Yeah, computers... Yeah, yeah. So that way, if anything happens to the phones, I got them on backup on hard drives. And... Hey, have you have you talked to John uh, at all? Which one? Um, um, Johnny Fall guy, uh, Massachusetts. I, I should put that phone call on. I should put that phone call on uh, on my on the website too. Holy shit, man! I fucking laid into him the other day. Did you? Oh yeah, I said you gotta cut your fucking bullshit nonsense out. You're gonna fucking hang yourself. You're going straight to jail. I said you gotta cut your crap. And now he's just fucking, just fucking laid into Gus and John. 
And then I said, I'll be right back, guys. I'm at the auto parts store, man. I don't, you know, what, you know, I ain't going to make a scene in this store. Really? So then I came back into the truck, and they, they, they were like, wow, thanks, man, thanks. You know, we really needed that. You know, we really needed you to give us an ass whooping like that. I was like, yeah. I said, you know, dude, it's just a performance. I said, still, but this, this, this still takes a lot out of me, man, to fucking crank it into you guys' asses. I said, it's exhausting. Well, if you didn't give a shit, you wouldn't do it. Well, and not not to the intensity I do. Like, like you could tell, man, I had a phone call with this lady that Gus uploaded today. I said, yeah, Gus, I just got off the phone with some lady in Florida trying to keep the sheriff's apart with, you know, power, you got to do a, hey, we're going to knock it in, we're going to fucking come and get the kid, you're all under arrest, you know. And, you know, I just had to keep... The lady, of course, she was hysterical. You know, she's, you know, black lady panicking. She's in a foreign country, you know. The kid's 16, 17-year-old, got a baby. and They didn't take it to the hospital. No, you know, birth certificate, no fingerprints, nothing on the kid. You know, they, they want this kid, you know. The state wants it with a passion. The lady's poor. She don't have a job. Oh, it's ridiculous, man. So obviously, she was panicking, you know. And I had to try to yell at her, calm her down, and... It was ridiculous. You know, first thing in the morning, you know, hearing this shit. Oh, he smokes. Yeah, so I was on the phone. and But she did good, and they got, in, you know, this is the third time in four days they came down to the police. And like I said, they brought the, 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 the captain down this time. And even he just, they got in a fucking car and left. I just gave him the right act. Where was that? Florida. But the lady was from Guyana, you know, so you could hear it in her accent. That she's not, you know. That's why I said that. I said, man, you're, you're from, you know, you're from south of the border. Hey, where are you from? She said, Guiana. I said, French or fucking English? She said, you know, British Guiana. I said, okay, good. I said, I know exactly where the fuck you are. Okay, great. I said, you know, what the hell's going on? I said, you're Catholic, right? I said, okay, yeah, good. I said, okay, I got you. We, I know what I'm playing with now. Well, she did good. I mean, we had to keep the them off the front porch on Wednesday. We got her off the front porch on uh, Friday night and then Saturday morning. I was just sending more and more people down to try to scare her more and more, you know, because they know she's just one lady with a 16, 17-year-old daughter with a, you know, two, two-month-old kid. You know, they're just going to scare the living shit out of her. That's what they do. Yeah, it's funny because the first time they came to the porch, she actually had the door open, and uh, she called me up, and uh, and uh, she text messaged me nine one one. So I said, okay, you know, I, I wasn't answering the phones for weeks. So I answered the phone for her. I who the hell she was. So then she tells me, uh, you know, what the hell's going on. I said, oh, let me talk to the officer real quick. And he talked to the officer. So what do you want for this phone? I said, so we just want to see the baby. I said, oh, that's all? I said, yes, we just want to see the baby and we'll leave. I said, okay. I said, ma'am. I said, give me the phone back to her. I said, ma'am, where are you right now? She said, I'm at the door. I said, are you talking to them through a window or a door in the window? She said, no, I got the door open. Tell them, say, just tell the officers and then say, excuse me, I want to take this in private and close the door. She said, uh, she said, oh, so excuse me, i got to talk to him in private and close the door. I said, unlock that fucking door and don't you ever open it again. I said, fuck them. I said, they don't want to just see the fucking baby. They're going to fucking storm in your fucking house, take to the damn. They're going to fucking break everything in their path. Right. Fuck, 
open up the window and tell them you don't speak good English, put him in a fucking writing. Oh, it was funny as shit. I guarantee that officer was pissed. I said, oh, is that all you want? And then you'll be gone? Oh, not a problem. I know exactly what to tell her. Give, give me back the phone. I said, lock the door and tell them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> You're real reasonable. <laughs> is that all you want? Oh, not a problem. Put it right back on. I know what to tell her. <laughs> I guarantee that's not what the cops thought I was going to tell her. I guarantee the cop thought I was going to tell her, oh, just be reasonable. Just let them take a look at the baby. And they'll, be, they'll be gone in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with the baby. Yeah, no, without the baby that time. But they'll come back next time. They'll come up with a reason. That time they might have been sincere. But if you give in one time, the next thing they're going to do is three hoops, then a hundred hoops, then a thousand dollars in child support, ten thousand. Then your truck goes down the road. Then, you know, it, it's it's it's. It's never going to stop. You give in one little tiny fucking gram, one little inch, one little fucking, you know, anything. They are going to massacre you. Oh, I know. There's no reasoning with these fuckers. There's nothing reasonable about them. So that's why I try to tell these people. It's like, oh, is that all you wanted to do? Oh, not a problem. That sounds very reasonable. <laughs> yeah, it's very reasonable. Yeah, okay, lady. Fucking lock that door. Get that fucking... You got a back door? Yeah. (laughs) 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 Good. (laughs) Like I said, you kind of hear what I uh, told her on a... I left it on a recording of just 43 minutes. And I know near the end of the recording, I said, you do have a back door, right? She said, well, the the cops are all gone, but the social worker lady, she's sitting in a driveway. I said, yeah, because she's humiliated. She's embarrassed to all fucking... As, as much as she could possibly be embarrassed, she's never been uh, denied fucking her prize. She's never been told no. You know, she's always had, this is the third time she's come down there, man. She expects fucking violence. She expects to see, you know, sort of. She expects to see splinters all over your front door. She expects the, the cops to come kicking in your fucking door and you kicking and screaming and crying, begging and fighting for the baby. You know, that, that, that's what she wants to see. And she yeah. can't, she didn't get that today. And she's pissed. I said, she's going to sit out there until it's dark out, and she's going to slink back home. I said, she's not going to just drive away and lose face. I said, well, this fucking woman, it's all about face. She can't believe she fucking possibly lost to a clown like you. Don't speak good English. Poor than hell. Don't have a job. Has no family in this country. She can't believe she lost to you. She's like, how the fuck did this happen? She's like, there's no fucking way. I said, so she's just trying to save face. That's all she's doing. She's just trying to show you, well, she's not giving up. The police might have left, but she's not going anywhere. Because she's right. And she's just there for the concern of the fucking baby. She's not going anywhere. She's going to prove it to you. I said, but you got a back door. (laughs) She said, yeah, well, I said, access it. Next time she comes there, I said, you just say, you know, whatever the fuck you're looking for is no longer here. And I'll say, where is it at? It's like, why, do you have an interest in it? Yeah, an interest means do, 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 do you have money invested in it? Did you put anything of value into it? That's what money is, something of value. Interest means did you put something into it? 
No, you didn't put anything into it. Then it's none of your concern. Have a nice day. Goodbye. And then I also told her it was funny. She said, so did they give you any crap? I said, she already handed her a piece of paper. says, I wish to remain silent. She said, I do not consent to searches. And I require my attorney to be present anytime you wish to ask me a question. I said, there you go. So all this bullshit between you and them should be over. Because it's right there. If they try to ask you a question, say, read number three. I wish to have my attorney present during any questioning. They say, well, ma'am, all we're asking is a simple question. Oh, uh, uh, read number one. I wish to remain silent. <laughs> we want to come and take a look at a kid. Uh, look at number two. I don't consent to searches. Oh, it was a great phone call. Me and Gus, Gus fucking said, call. That was a great phone call. Thank you for sharing it. And Larry from Houston said, call. That was a great phone call. Thank you for sharing it. Somebody else fucking wrote to me. I said, Gus, just, you know, put your show up, uh, your phone call up there. Thanks for sharing it. That was a hell of a phone call you did with that lady. See, because people uh, call me up all over the, like I said, Felix called me up from Australia before. That man from Saskatchewan called me. That lady from, you know, Florida, the Guiana lady called me. So people call me up like all, this was just today. People call me up like all freaking week long. So it's like the end of the world. It's it's a, it's it's the end of, you know, of everything that they love and hold dear. You know, it's like, oh, Jesus, Lord. I'm just a nice, quiet guy who lives out in the end of a dead-end fucking street. You know, <laughs> I don't even have human beings around me. <laughs> I went months without talking to people from living out here when I was reading and doing the dictionary stuff. So I'm very fine without intercoursing with another human being for quite a long period of time. I don't need this drama every day. Well, no, you put yourself out there. Yeah, well, and I put myself out there just to try to, you know, keep, you know, like teach you people wake the fuck up. Well, thank God you have. Yeah, but it should be, I should be done by now, man. This shouldn't, this shouldn't be rocket science. This ain't brain surgery. Yeah, yeah, but it's like, 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 just listen to what you, for you, it's. It's one way, but for for like a guy like me, I have to retrain myself to think properly. So like I, mean, I said, the way, the, way yeah. I told that lady, the way I talked to that lady for 40 minutes and then she just spoke like a parrot to the cops on the other side of the door. And I guarantee it's like, is that all called out to, to get the bad people to go away? Yeah. Because the bad people kept saying, so we're going to take that as a no. Then you're not going to cooperate with us. So I said, you tell them, I wish to cooperate with you. That's all I want to do. I just want to serve you. I just want to cooperate. But this is what I require of you. First, you know, I'd say, like, stick your head up your ass <laughs> and whistle Dixie for me. <laughs> I didn't get silly like that, but I said, no. I said, go and get a bond attached to the, to the warrant. You come back with a bond, I'm going to put it up in escrow. I'm going to get some... Uh, uh, a friend to come here and secure the bond. And then we're going to get an attorney, and the attorney's going to find out if those bond, if the bond is a sufficient bond, if, those, the, 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 if it's actually, if the bond, you know, is actually a legitimate bond, that you just cut, copy and paste it off the internet somewhere and just find some bogus bond. We're going to make sure there's really sufficient funds in that bond, that that bond is a true bond. And then, you know, we'll accept the bond, and then you could come on in. I said, because, look, I said, what happened if you trip and break your leg? You're going to sue me for a million dollars. What happened if you just want to see the baby and you touch the baby and there's a tug of war and you snap the baby's neck and the baby's quadriplegic? 
who's going to pay for the baby's upkeep for the next 80 years of being wheel you know, in a wheelchair? You get, we we got to make sure, you know, for the protection of this baby, protection of this fucking house, that you're insured, that you're bonded. We can't just let strangers come in and do whatever they wish. That'd be irresponsible. I, think, so I know you people are good, you know, good people, so I, I know you people know the law. If you don't know the law, I highly advise you to call your legal department and get some advice. And that's what I said to her. I said, tell her that you're getting some advice right now from some man named Carl Lentz. Why don't you Google him, or why don't you look for him on YouTube? <laughs> Mr. You Counsel. Oh, Carl. Carl who? Yeah. That's right. I don't know. I don't, I don't recall. I don't have his card right now. <laughs> yeah, well, just to say, I don't say, I don't know. You Google him. Tell the judge to Google him. So he's got, there's, there's like a fucking thousand videos of this guy, and I just Google him. He teaches oh, I, I didn't want to. They knew damn well who you were when I said Carl. <laughs> he just damn well knew because they've got me, uh, they've got me marked. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Like it's funny. You just say say call Lance. Just Google him. He teaches people how to appear in person and how to appear as a man in court. Why? Well, I, I didn't recall at the time. Yeah, that's what's funny though. I told the lady. I said Google him. And it's so funny. It's, it's, you listen to the call, and I swear within three minutes of her telling him, Google him. Go on YouTube and find out who he is. They left. <laughs> I bet you somebody went out there in a car and said, yeah, let's Google this fucking guy. <laughs> who he is. And I told her to yell out, yeah, he helps people get their, their property back from crazy government agents. <laughs> and I told her to say crazy. <laughs> You know, she said, and he helps get people's property back from crazy government agents. <laughs> like you people, you people are public servants, and you're not serving me properly at this time. In fact, you're causing me great harm. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. you're just saying everything I was saying. It's funny. It was like a time delay. It was funny as shit. But with her crazy accent, it was probably believable the way she was saying it to them. You know, she was talking about the right English words. I'm sure. That's my only downfall. I'm a dirty white boy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. like I said, man, it's you just got to get into the game. That's all the judge was trying to do. He's trying to get you into the game. Well, it, it's funny that my wife said the same thing to me tonight that you just told me. Like tonight, uh, the judge was trying. The judge was trying to help you. Yeah, they. Most times they do. Most times they're not, you know, not looking for blood. They got plenty of clowns that they could get blood from. Plenty, like, of people, plenty, like, people, plenty of people deserve what they get. You know, there's plenty of evil people. Well, there was. Like, even when I was in court, there was guys like, you know, armed robbery, second-degree murder. I was sitting yeah. there going, well, wait a second, who the hell did I harm? Well, just like Catherine and Joe. Believe me, like Catherine and Joe. If they really were gunning for Catherine and Joe, they would have been gone a long time ago. Because those two, those two are fucking clueless. If they really thought Catherine and Joe were a danger to society, they'd been gone a long time ago. And I'm so sorry to hear that because. <laughs> what? You sorry that you sorry that not a menace to society? No, I'm just so sorry that <laughs> that they have to go through all this shit because they're just simple good folks. Yeah, yeah, but like I said, don't have a clue. You know, like I said, you know. 
I told him, I said, look, dude, I'd explain it to you, man. I said, what happened up here in Williams Lake about a month ago? Years. I said, what happened? I said, the father got shot in the fucking head, and uh, like three fucking uh, bikers fucking stormed the house because I heard that they were growing pot. Yeah. They shot 19, 19, it was like 19 shots were shot into a house. They had a couple of kids in that house, too. Yes. But I explained it to Joe. You, I said, you better thank God. You better thank the RCMP that they came into your house. You should be sending them thank you cards. They said, because you'll never fucking be stupid enough to ever home grow any damn thing again where your women and children sleep. I said, why couldn't you just go get a mobile home out in the middle of effing nowhere for 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month? How much could it possibly cost to put some guy in there who would like to do nothing but eat Cheetos and drink Dr. Pepper and watch your pot plants grow? I said, well, why didn't you do that? that, that I said, in this way, it's the culture. And and there's so many single mothers and old people that grow pot here. I said, what would have happened, I said, to your wife? I said, how would you felt, Joe? I said, what happened up the road? I said, another family was growing pot, right? Nineteen shots got fired into the house by three bikers through the door. The woman was beating the guy off with like a pot and pan, whatever. Finally got the guy to let her husband go after he got shot in the head. I said, Joe, what happened if you weren't home and three bikers hit your house instead of your neighbor's house because they found out that you were growing pot here and they shot your wife and kids dead and you got back home from Calgary, what, every week or two? You come back 10 days later and you see these guys swollen like beach balls and flies coming out of their eyeballs. I said, how would you felt because you had to grow a little bit of pot in your basement so your women and children die? I said, what, would it, what did you accomplish? You could have bought this pot for 50 bucks. Dude, you got so much money coming out of you, it's not even funny. Is there some reason why you had to save 50 bucks? Yeah, I don't quite understand that either because he does. He makes very good money working. I said, is there some reason why? I mean, okay, maybe you, you wanted to be a little creative and, hey, it sounds cool and hip. But, dude, you got women and children here. I said, that's the first thing that everybody knows, man. You don't bring the shit home. But the culture, the culture out here, and the customs out here, like there's very many old people, and 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 single mothers, and that that do grow herb here. To and then, survive. then some crazy bikers want to come and steal and rob from them. They're all going to be dead. It is so. Is it worth it to them to doing it? I tell that woman, and I tell grandma and grandpa, is there some reason why? And all of Canada, I don't know, you only got like 10 quadrillion acres that nobody lives in. Is there some reason you can't just find some remote place and plant it out in a freaking woods in the middle of effing nowhere because it's a weed? You don't really got to cultivate it. It'll well, the bankers acres. have all that place. They have all that. <laughs> in Canada, I know Canada is such a little tiny country that there's not one possible open area that you could possibly find a plant throw a couple of seeds down along the side of a freaking highway somewhere 50 feet off the highway. Yes, there's room for everybody. Room for everybody. That believe me. Yeah. I said, is there some reason why I said, Joe, you can't just find some place out in the middle of the woods in the middle of effing nowhere. Let some Cheeto kid, you know, eat Cheetos all day, go there and maintain it for you, pay him maybe fifty bucks a week to grab you up the And whatever he keeps for himself, he keeps for himself. You don't really care. I said, But you don't do it near your women and children. The bikers just came flying through your neighbor's house and just shot fucking nineteen shots into their house. Don't tell me that People are still willing to kill and die for this stuff. No, the, the neighbors were probably into the wrong people. 
We've had home invasions up and down in my valley here. I'm sure, I'm, like I said, however Joe and Catherine got found out, how do you think the, the pickets found the other people, too? Who knows? You know, no, like I said, still in power. That's how they found out. You, you can't fool the power company. They know when they have a drain. Right, but that's what so I'm saying. The very first time I said to Joe, I says, what the fuck, you're stealing? What the fuck are you stealing for? Why don't you just pay for your power? Yeah. That's why you got busted, because you're being a thief. Well, I told, I told Joe. They didn't like it. Because Joe, Joe, Joe knows, even what I know, that you know, you could put, you can, you could put uh, a transformer into your house, step up the voltage, and put it right back into the system the way it came out. That's right. That's just right. I've seen those. I know guys in warehouses that do that shit in the city. Just don't ground it out. Yeah. Put it back into the system. Yeah. No, I've and, seen. But dude, you, you could have taken all the power you wanted, and nobody would ever know. You can use the 110 to run a three-phase and then bump it up. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you didn't ever know. Don't grind it out. Put it right back into the system. I said, you know they fucking sell, you know, uh, transformers that do that. I said, they're taking how long? So it might cost you a grand or two grand for them, you know, the equipment. What we do? Don't even they know that there's the, a the drain on the power. But you know what? We all fuck up. Like, that's the nature of I said, so you better be lucky that the RCMP raided your home, not some crazy fucking bikers like happened down the street to your neighbors. That's true. Yeah. I said, because what happened if your wife was dead? Okay, what happened if they, they, they shot your kids? I said, how would you felt? For a bag of weed, what are you, out of your fucking mind? I said, do it off, off your property. You don't bring the shit home. I mean, like, I'm from New York, and like I said, my sister married a Gambino. We all know, man, you don't fuck with somebody's family, and you don't bring any shit home. Take it elsewhere. Take it away from the women and kids. He was growing in the same damn place as women asleep at night. What do you have for your effing mind? Why why don't you just, what's the next thing he's going to do? Make crystal meth downstairs and blow up the whole fucking house because he just wanted to be a little creative? No. fucking crazy. Dude, go take it out to the woods somewhere. You know, there's probably 10 gazillion acres of woods in Canada, man. There's only like three people who live in Canada. You know what? There's, there's plenty of land. Go out go out and get a little mobile home and dump it out in the woods somewhere and, and play out there. We have landmass, but it's a very small country. Yeah. Hell yeah. I told him, go play out in the woods somewhere, man. You know, go find a log cabin in the middle of fucking nowhere and play out there. Stay away from your women and children. You want to bring a little bag of it home every now and then? Fine. He has no need. He makes ten grand a month as an electrician. That's what I'm saying. I said you could have bought the best shit in the world. Yeah. But it's costing you now. There's no need. That's what I used to tell people all the time. If anybody's thinking about like stealing or robbing, I said, what, are you kidding me? I said, you might as well rob a million dollars. It was like, what, you're going to rob a thousand dollars? You know what, you're going to get you know, two, three years in jail. You know what's going to happen? That's, uh, what, uh, you know, 50 bucks a day. I said, dude, you can make $100 a day. At 7-Eleven? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You, you're going to steal for that. You're going to steal something worth $1,000. They're going to give you two, three years in jail. I said, okay, so it's three sixty-five. dollars That's $1,000. So it's a dollar a day. You're going to steal something worth $1,000. You're going to get three years in jail. It's 1,000 days in jail. So is it really worth losing three years of your life for a dollar a day? You could have been out there making $100 a day and bought that $1,000 thing, you know, 1,000 times over. What are you kidding? Because we're probably. No, at the same time, 
they compensated the the power company and uh they they did not harm anybody and there's no reason for these guys to be looking at like what two years in jail for a mother of children and they probably would like i said uh, hopefully the judge uh, the, 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 hopefully they're waiting for a man to show up and take responsibility and go on well this is where i'm going to talk to them this week about their claim they they, they have their claim uh they try to make their claim uh, frivolous, and uh, they stopped it. They still have their claim, and this is what I'm going to talk to them about this week. Like, guys, you need to use your claim to have standing in court. Yeah. Yeah, and they haven't done it yet. It's just sitting there idle. But that's what I'm saying. Like I said to Joe, I said you should be thanking the RCMP that you, they came in. As I guarantee, you think Joe really wants to and a thank you note to the RCMP. <laughs> yeah, and I was and I was serious about it. He could say he said, "I once I was a boy, now I'm a man." Thank you for making me aware that I put my yeah, right. wife in great danger. Thank you. Now I'm a man. Thank you, RCMP. Because once I was a foolish little boy, and I thought I could grow pot in my own motherfucking house and steal. Now I'm a fucking man. I know better. But at the same time, in their own defense, that is kind of the culture out here. They've been doing That's it fine. here for years. It's, it's, it's the culture to sneak and hide. Why didn't he just say, you're damn right, I'm fucking grown. It's none of your fucking business. What the fuck I'm doing in my house? Well, that's why I'm going to court. <laughs> that's all he had to say. But no, he didn't say that. Just, he didn't, just, automatically, he didn't just, automatically turn it around and say, how dare you come into my house and steal my property? That's my property. Give it back. Yes. But like I said, he'd say, that's my property, give it back. And, say, but, and then in the same breath, I'd say to the guys, but you know what? Thank you. That was a hell of a wake-up call. You know, if you guys could come in my house with guns drawn, the bad guys could do it as well. So you know what? Thank you for giving me a wake-up call, but still give me back my shit. But you know what? I'm never going to do that again in my house because I can see what happens. Not the, the good guys can come in with guns and terrorize my family. Well, the bad guys can come in. Well, the good guys can come in, and I think they're bad guys, and I might pull a gun and shoot one of you fucking guys, and you you guys are going to fucking go home without a, a, your wife or child seeing you. Well, that's if I'm home because I left my wife and children there to guard everything. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what happened if Joe was there? Well, if it's just Joe was there, what if Joe came in and heard somebody coming in, and... Uh, and Joe took the first shot at the guy, and it was a cop. How would he feel killing an RCMP guy? Yeah, he wouldn't feel good. That's right. And then, then he's got to see their fucking family crying at a fucking funeral. Their two little girls crying. How the hell is he going to fucking feel that he shot a fucking cop because he was an asshole and grew pot in his fucking basement? He said, well, he's going to well, the cop had it coming. Oh, bullshit. The cop thinks he's doing his job. The cop doesn't realize, like, what I teach people. That's that man's property. If you just trespass on that man's property, do you give a shit what he's doing in his closet? Who the fuck are you? Oh, I'm wearing a badge. Dude, you can't care what he, he's in his closet. What he's hiding in his closet is none of your fucking business. How would you like if somebody came in your closet? They don't like it. Of course no, no man on planet Earth likes it, regardless of what badge you're wearing. Even if mommy's coming in your closet, you don't fucking like it. So what makes you think you've got the right to come into this man's closet and find out what the fuck he's doing in his basement closet? None of your fucking damn business. 
But like I said, so then if the cop got shot, you could say, well, you know what? He's a man. He came into another man's fucking home. He came into my closet. What, what do you think I'm going to fucking do? I don't know who the fuck it was. Oh, man, it's old Mrs. Castle. All right. Joe's got a pretty big dog. What if the dog fucking barked or bit the cop? And then a cop shot Joe's dog, and Joe heard that, came out, and Joe came out with guns flying. Well, it's funny. Joe never fucking shot a gun in his life, so. Oh. But he, that's how gentle of a guy he is, man. He's a real nice guy. Well, see, mm-hmm. they came from the city and went to the country to an area where they do this kind of thing as it, it's the, the common. Well, there you go. Well, like I said, they said that they were pretty hardcore people their whole lives, you know, experimenting with just about every damn thing on planet Earth that you can experiment with. So they probably looked at it like, big deal, it's only pot. You should see him. That's, not that's a, exactly a, what happened. That's not a half of what we've done in our lifetime. And they're figuring it out. Yep. But like I said, man, it's just one of those things. You know, he lives and learns, and hopefully, like I said, he gets older and he gets wiser. I mean, I tried to explain it a million times, man. You just better be grateful, man, if the good guys came bashing through your door, not the bad guys. I think that the punishment that they're offering these guys is like extreme, especially for here. Yeah. Because like, uh-huh. like out here, you know, the cops come in, okay, they bust you, whatever. It's, it used to be like a $2,000 fine on the yeah. average with no lawyer. It's like, yeah, okay, whatever, 2000 bucks. But these guys, like, they want to give him and her two years in jail. Like, it's, that's ludicrous. Yeah, well, like I said, maybe they're just waiting for a man to appear. Well, they are, and they haven't used their claim. It's just maybe sitting there. I'm saying maybe they're waiting for a man to appear, and they don't see the man. Maybe the next time the church will say, you know what, I'm going to give you 200 years in jail. Maybe eventually he'll act like a man. And like you said, and it was the truth, uh, Catherine's been uh, pulling the weight, and Joe's been off. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, man, you know, they're just waiting for a man to appear, take responsibility for his actions or his inactions, and go on. Ugh. You know, and like I said, I have no idea why Catherine's even charged. Uh, because they stood up for themselves. They were going to let her go. And... Yeah, but like I said, I'm, it's, you know, like I said, you know what I used to say? It's funny, when me and my brother... You know, we we grew up on the docks, and I told him, look, if we ever get in trouble for anything, man, you fucking go to the, when when we if we get in trouble. I said, you swear to the cops that I I put a gun in your mouth and I threatened to blow your brains out if you didn't fucking do what you did tonight. And I said, and uh, I said, because I could only handle me going to jail, I can't handle you going to jail. I said, so if anything goes down, I said, no matter what you do, you always blame me. I said, I don't care what the fuck you do. I said, you always blame me. You say, I forced you to do it. I made you do it. So when they come and they arrest me, I'll say, what do you arrest me for? I say, oh, well, your brother was doing this. Oh, that's right. I made him do it. I told him he better fucking do it or I fucking kill him. <laughs> and his bro- his friend heard me say it. I remember his friend's name was Mike. He says, wow, you go to jail for your brother? He says, of course I would. I got no choice. I said, I don't know how I would live outside of jail knowing that he's inside jail. I don't know if I could. 
I, I, I know if he's in jail, I'd do everything in my power to get in there with him. I said, I don't care what it would take. I'm going to get there next to him. I said, so it might as well he have the clean record. He might as well have the good life. He might as well be squeaky clean. And I'll have the dirty record. So when I come out, i got a clean home to go to. And he'll remember I fucking went to jail for him. So like I said, Catherine should have said, Joe should have said, I told her if she says anything, I'm going to kill her. I put a gun in her fucking mouth and I made her fucking do this. That's what their story should have been. Joe forced me to do this. If I didn't do it, he was going to kill me. He was going to kill me and kill the kids. I mean, that's what I had to deal with me and my brother. I said, anytime you get any trouble, do anything stupid, man, you blame me. You say, it's all my fault. Well, it's how me and my old lady are. Yeah, what I'm trying to say is even with my brother, my younger brothers, I couldn't imagine being in jail, them being in jail and me not. That's my responsibility. They're my responsibility. I fucking let them down. I'm the one who's supposed to take the blame. If he's out there and running the streets doing something wrong, I'm the one who's supposed to be fucking hell liable. My dad left when I was 16, and him, my brother's 14. I'm the one who's supposed to go to jail. Anybody in my family does wrong, I'm the one who goes to jail. I'm the one who bears the full liability. I'm the fucking man. This is my fucking family. I'm liable. It's like Barack Obama. Barack Obama's supposed to be the daddy of the United States. Anything goes wrong, the United States does anything wrong, he's the one that's supposed to be on the hot seat. He's the one that's supposed to go to jail. Yep. No, um, my wife and I have had this conversation like a number of years back, and she's like, hell, if anything happens, I'm going to take the charge because I've never had a, you know, I've never been in trouble before. And I said, no. I said, that's not the way this works. Um, I'm the man of this family, and if something goes on, I'm going to deal with it. Yeah, the man goes down. Absolutely. Well, it's my choice. That's what I'm saying. I don't see Joe saying, you know, that this fault that he put a gun in his wife's mouth and told him, I'm a law of fucking brains out, man, if she fucking didn't do what I told her to do. And he's doing what the judge actually figures he's doing. He's he's trying to hide. Like he's... Uh, I'm saying, but if, if the judge... He's trying to get out of something. If the judge seen him fucking taking full responsibility, full liability, and he knows, and the judge knows that he loves his wife to death and he would never threaten to kill her. He would, they would realize he's doing the honorable thing. He's throwing himself on a sword. He hasn't done that. Right. He's not throwing himself on a sword. No, he has not done that. Right, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'd be waiting for from the court. I'd be waiting to see him fucking act like a man. It's funny, I... The same woman judge that gave my brother the uh, court order to, for the prosecutor to pay him 500 bucks. I had her one day in Court of Queen's bench, and uh, Catherine showed up with the two girls. <laughs> so the girls are hanging out, and they're all being patient. It's all good. And uh, the judge looks at me, and she goes, uh, she goes, what are those kids doing in here? Who are those kids with? And I said, well, they're with me, right? She said, those kids have better things to do than hang around this court. Who are you? Come up here, right? <laughs> and I, <laughs> I wasn't using Catherine and the kids or nothing. Like, she just came up to 
to to come witness for me or whatever, and she had the kids that day, and she's like, uh, da 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 da, and I says, look, I says I'm a man, and I'll answer to my, I'll answer to um, any claim that a man makes against me. I'm here, right? <laughs> no man's making a claim, and uh, so judge says, wow. Uh, we don't have time for this now, and those girls need to get out of here because uh, they got better things to do than be here. So come back in three weeks. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> that was after working like four 14-hour shifts, and I'm, I'm, I'm like clueless. And I was, uh, Catherine, hey, good to see you. What are you doing here? <laughs> so Catherine did save my ass there one, one court date with the girls. Yeah. Well, like I said, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember what it was. And I wrote it in a dictionary. And I actually put a, took a picture for that I found and I stuck it in the dictionary. There's a famous man that protected the king. I'm trying to remember which one it was. It was Alfred. It was way back then. And uh, an assassin was coming and he whipped out a, a knife and the man jumped on Albert's lap and he took the knife. He took the sword. That's like, you know, took the sword for the king. Right. The king would live. And see, that's what I'm saying. If if Joe's honorable, there's a way you're supposed to do it. You, like I said, they used to say to like, the, like a, if a woman's like living with me, and she said, well, I got to cook and clean and do this, da, 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 this. What do you do? When a bad man comes to the door, I take the bullet. She said, well, how often is that going to be? It'll only happen once because I'll be dead. Yes. <laughs> She said, "Oh, so you're just gonna wait around?" It's like, "Yeah, that's my job. That's what I do. I'll I'll die, but you'll live." That's standard. So it's like that's what that's my job. That's what I do. She's like, "So that's why you don't change diapers?" No, that's why I'll never change diaper. That's your job. While you're changing diapers, I'm making sure a bad man don't come through the door. But hey, if I, but I, I, I the fucking blood. I don't care. That was, that's what I used to tell them all the time. If I had fucking my elbows up with, with baby diaper shit, man, and a fucking bad man comes to the door, what am I going to do to protect you and the kid? I'm going to have greasy fingers on my gun when I shoot that bastard. That's right, but that, I'm right. So I, that's what that's why I need to have my hands ready at the at the ready at all times, not have to elbow fucking with baby diaper fucking poop bar hanging off it. I need to be ready. So they were like, oh, listen to this bullshit. You know, they just, it was great. You know, I mean, hey, that's my job. That's what I do. Hey, man. Best yeah. thing that ever happened to me was my family. Yeah, that's what I said to them, man. I got to be at the ready at all times. I'm not supposed to be nursing babies, walking around, diaper changing. No. You, you need, that's what I said to my sister the other day, man. I heard somebody, you know, somebody, lady we were talking to, my sister, and I said, man, you hear that noise in the background? Man, I couldn't handle that. I said, you know how I run it, man. I said, everybody goes, you know, if it's quiet, it's quiet, you know. I said, I don't, I don't play. I said, I'll get up and I'll knock heads. You know, you better just let me sleep. I got to wake up, man. This heads are going to roll. Yeah. I said, that's just the way I roll. I said, that's the way I am. I said, you know, my sister's like, yeah, that's the way you've always been. Like I said, man, I'm just ready for the guy to come flying through the fucking door. Like I said, but that's always been me, man. I, I could, my sister, that's what she's doing in the world for me because she knows my style. It's funny. She, uh, like, uh, we were, like, eating, like, Thanksgiving dinner. We were all done one day at my mom's house. And her husband, she asked me, like, she used to call. You want, like, any pie or coffee? I said, yeah, please bring me some. And her husband said, hey, what about me? And she said, go get it yourself. 
And he's, he's like, what? Then he'll offer it to your brother. He's like, yeah, because he'll do anything in the world for me. He'll die for me. What will you do for me? So, I mean, he, she said that to him in front of the whole fucking family. She said, I know what he'll do for me, and I know what you'll do for me, and he'll die for me. You know, and it's like, yeah, that's why she treats me in that manner, and that's why she treated her husband in a different manner, because she knows what I'm going willing to do. Because, like I said, it just was always my style. I could not go to sleep until I knew everybody was in the house, until everybody was in the house, and the house was quiet. I had to stay up. To, that's why I got super smart, man, was staying up 1, 2, 3, 4 o'clock in the morning waiting for her to come home during the 80s, during her wild time. And I just couldn't go to sleep until I knew she was in the house. And she's my older sister. I couldn't go to sleep until I knew she was in. And she was safe and it was done. Yes. But I never made a comment to her. Never made a comment about what she was wearing or who she was hanging out with. I never made a comment. I said, you in? You okay? I'm going to bed. And she said, man, she'd make her feel so guilty because sometimes she, she knew I had to get to work at 7 in the morning. She didn't get home till 5, 6 in the morning. I go to sleep for an hour or two, get up and go to work. She'd be like, but you never, I said, I'm not your dad. I, I can't beat you. I can't tell you right from wrong. I said, I'm just your brother. I said, but, you know, I'm there to make sure that until you walk into that door, man, I said, I stay up and I wait. And as soon as you're in, then I feel uh, that I can go to sleep. I said, I just can't sleep knowing that you're not home. That's the way we are. Yeah, until everybody's in and down, man, you, I can't. I can't function. So as soon as everybody's in, boy, I sleep like a rock. But see, that's that's just always been my style. I'm the guy who stays up, and I'm the guy who waits. But like I said, thank God, because back then, TV channels went off at 1, 2 in the morning. So at 1, 2 in the morning, there was nothing to do but read. And, man, I could read a newspaper so fast it was scary, and I was in New York. So they had some damn good papers in New York. And then I had an encyclopedias. And, man, I could read an encyclopedia like you got no idea. And then I started keeping notes. So my sister, by doing what she did, made me incredibly intelligent, book-wise. Because I had to sit up and wait for her. And I had nothing better to do but read. So for about five years, until she got married, I had to make sure she was in every night. Oh, it's so funny, man. I've got to get my sister on the on this thing one time. Yeah, when, I walk, when I walked her down the aisle, I um, at her wedding, she she was saying to me, uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm having second thoughts. I, I I don't know if I, I really want to get married. You know, you know, you know, like, like look at all those Gambinos over there. I, I'm not really sure if I want to marry into the family. And, I, and, man, it's funny. When I was walking her down the aisle, I must have jacked her up. She, like when me and her walked down the aisle, we were probably uh, the same height. And she's like 5'5", five, five, and I'm like 6'2". But that day, she was the same height as me because I fucking cranked her arm behind her back, and I lifted her up in the air, and I dragged her down that aisle. I said, oh, fuck no. You're out of here. I am so effing done with you. I said, you are marrying this fucking guy, and that's it. You ain't, I ain't, I ain't spending one more sleep this night. No way. I said, you are so out of here. I said, this is, oh, and she says, no, I'm, I'm serious. I don't know if I want to get married or not. I said, I don't know how to explain this to you. I said, but if you don't go through with this, I'm going to beat you. I'm going to beat you in front of God. I'm going to beat you in front of our family. I am going to, I, that fucking white dress you're wearing is going to be red when I'm done with you. You're going to be beaten so bad you've never been beaten this bad in your life. I said, you will fucking marry this man. You can divorce him, whenever, but I'm telling you, you are going to get fucking married today, and you are out of my fucking life. I got to get a life. 
you got to go. And she was laughing. She was like, no, I'm serious. I was like, no, I'm serious. I'm going before God and this family. I will beat you like you've never been beaten. It was so funny, but we were smiling, you know, in all the pictures. And I was just talking to my teeth. I am going to fucking beat you. <laughs> it was funny as shit. <laughs> and this nice big Catholic, you know, Italian wedding, man. It's funny as shit. <laughs> yeah, like, as if you're actually going to hit her. I don't know, man. It probably would have been really damn because I never hit her in my life. But, boy, I don't know if I would have. That could have stopped me, man. I was... I, and I told her husband, man, I get in a wedding practice, man, going to the uh, wedding rehearsal. I I gave him fair warning. They're the best, uh, the best man. I was the, I was the father of the bride, and the maid of honor was in the car, and we were driving in this big old limo. And I told him everything about her, my sister, and he was just laughing. My sister was like, "Stop!" I said, "Look, I'm giving this man fair warning." <laughs> And I, I said, you still want to go through with this? My <laughs> sister, she was rocking, man. She, she, she was an Ivory Snow model. She was, she was awesome. So uh, she was beyond beautiful. And uh, uh, and so they, the guy was totally captivated. He was like two years younger than her, three years younger than her. So he, he, he didn't know what the hell he was getting into. So I gave him fair warning. I said, so when you come back and you try to fucking tell me, oh, you sister, da 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 I said, I don't want to hear it. I said, so so funny when... Uh, they did finally uh, get divorced. He was over at her house to, uh, well, his old house, that she got divorced. <laughs> she won. And uh, with my help, it was pretty funny. I call up the house, and I said, hey, what are you doing over there? He said, I'm visiting the kids. I said, where's Karen? She's like, oh, she's downstairs. I said, ah. I said, so. I said, was I, did I tell you the truth? Did I lie to you? He's like, what, on the way to the wedding rehearsal? Did I warn you that she was going to do this to you, take care of everything you got? <laughs> I said, you fuck with her, she's going to own your ass, and she's, you're going to wind up with nothing, and she's going to take everything you got, and, you know, she's like, yeah, you warned me. I said, so, did I fucking lie? He's like, no. It's like, so, you want to, you know, complain about something? He's like, no. And we started laughing our asses off, and back then, um, my sister, she says, oh, so this is fucking funny to you guys. She picked up the phone extension downstairs. And she says, this is a fucking joke to you guys, huh? So I'm really all that fucking bad, and I'm not predictable, huh? Da, 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 you know? And she said, fine, fuck you both. And she hung up. And I said, Randy, you're upstairs? He's like, yeah. I said, well, I'm in Las Vegas. I said, ha, you got to walk past there to get out that door. I said, good luck, buddy. I said, I don't got to see you for a couple of years until she cools off. <laughs> I said, you got to visit every week. I said, you're screwed. <laughs> He's like, yeah, thanks a lot, buddy. I said, yeah, anytime, pal. <laughs> I told you not to marry my sister. <laughs> you didn't believe me. <laughs> well, yeah. I've been married 29 years with my old lady. Nah, my sister's just very uh, stubborn. Uh, I'm very stubborn, but she's stubborn. You know, she's just weird. You know, we're just totally opposites, me and my sister. Oh, no, no, my old lady's weird, too, because all weird women are strange. <laughs> And I don't mean that disrespectfully, but, yeah, chicks are chicks, and guys are guys. Yeah, she got my neighbor Willie on the phone one day. Oh, you know what? I got a phone call I could upload, man. I, 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 all my phone calls I could upload from my phone onto my website. And Willie was just telling me, he says, all women belong in concentration camps. And I said, what? He says, oh, yeah. He says, they're all just evil, you know. And I said, what do you mean? He said, how are guys going to meet? I said, well... You go once, you know, you go to the concentration camp and you pick out a number. He said, like, number two. He said, okay. 
you go, you go get gal number two. He said, yeah, you have fun with gal number two, and then you just throw her back into the camp. He says, but if a guy comes back the next day or a week later and asks for number two again, I'll string him up. It's like, why? Because he fell in love. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Willie, where, where do you get this from? You know, he's a, he's a crazy, he's got an old, he's an old man. He's about four feet tall. He drives a little tiny, like a rabbit, and then one of those little tiny cars that looks like a squirrel pulls it. Long white beard. But he's he's got tons of money, but he he lives out in the woods up here. And, uh, Crazy guy, crazy old man, crazy beliefs. But uh, he's funny as shit. I gotta, I gotta put that phone call up there on the, uh, on my website and take a picture of him and show you guys what he hey, looks like. Did. Yeah, looks like a hobbit, a troll under the tree. I mean, he's a little tiny guy with a long white beard. Old man, funny as hell. But he's a hell of an auto body guy. <laughs> but like I said, it's just funny, man. Uh, you know what you said, women are women, guys are guys. Well, we are though. Like, it's, yeah, can't it's, believe it. Women listen to my show. Like, can't get around it. Yeah, but it's funny when I hear women say they listen to my show. I mean, one of the last shows I did, man, I just bashed this woman, man. Like, beyond, I said, that's why women can't raise boys. I said, because when the boy broke into that ATM machine with the other four boys, did you go to the ATM company and pay for the one quarter of the damages? She said, no. I said, then that's why you can't raise a boy. I said, because you bear full liability of all his actions and his inactions. I said, where's the boy now? Like they placed him with his father. How do I get my boy back? I said, you don't get your boy back. He stays with your father, the father. She said, That's but funny. I want... Me and Mo used to have this argument, right? Mo's always protecting her children, and when the kids were young, that was fine. And so we used to have this argument for a number of years. So, and I said, Mo, I said, you raised the children, you raised the babies, and now I'm raising men. You have to let go. They have to become men. And we, we had this argument for years, hey, with the boys. And uh, you know what? They're men. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said that's why I said this woman. I said, you, you said the judge did the right thing, placed it with the dad. And she said, well, they're really just a stepdad. And I said, okay, lady, does, is there other men around, like other boys, brothers? And it's like, well, yeah, he's with the other uh, two stepbrothers. I said, are they older than him? And I said, yes, yeah. they're good. They'll kick his ass. Because the dad will be afraid to kick his ass because he'll go to jail for abuse. But uh, thank God he's got sons that will definitely kick this kid's ass and get him straight. I said, that's what he needs. He needs his ass kicked a little bit. I said, he doesn't need therapy. I said, what do you think? You're going to call me up? And I was going to say, oh, well, you know, the boy's going through a difficult situation. You know, he went through divorce. And, you know, he's just having uh, daddy-mommy issues. And, you know, he just needs a good family therapist, you know. And if you work with him, you know, maybe he needs some Ritalin to calm himself down. Do you have any, maybe he has attention deficit disorder. So what do you think I was going to tell you, lady? I said, you called on my effing show, and what do you think I was going to say? I said, ladies aren't, women ain't supposed to raise fucking boys. I said, you, you, you know, unless you want a, you know, a, a girly man. Is that what you want? You want somebody who's never going to take liability or responsibility for any of his actions? I said, you're going to let the seven-foot-tall fucking 325-pound gorilla Act like a woman? Yes, said, you know what kind of hell and chaos he's going to cause? I said, you better make him understand real quick. I've seen that so much. Like, I, I train young people in the trades. I have for years, off and on, and it's like, I have one guy, I brought him out here last month, I brought him out to the job site, a couple of guys, and, and uh, mama raised, mama trained, and he was quitting his job, <laughs> before the day he started work. 
Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I'm like, Austin, man, give yourself a break. Like, give yourself some credit, man. I'm trying to encourage him and stuff, and nah, nah, it just wasn't happening. He ran home. Yeah. Was 29 below with 20-mile-an-hour winds. <laughs> I just had one guy, when I was training, one guy to put a descriptive use satellite. It's just, you know, we're making like three grand a day. And I told him, I said, look, you know, we're not going back to the motel. It's already 2 o'clock in the morning. We're not driving through the city of Atlanta during rush hour. We're just going to, you got a truck? I got a truck. Sleep in your truck. You got a brand new effing truck. I got a 1965 truck. Just sleep in your fucking truck. Yep, been there than that. Yeah, and he's like, no. He said, I'm going to go back to the motel. So you go back to the motel, you might as well keep driving straight back to Alabama because uh, I ain't waiting for you until 12, 11, uh, 11, 12 o'clock in, in the morning when you decide to get up and try to get through Atlanta traffic. I said, I, I want to make another three grand them all. Yeah. So he's like, well, uh, I, I'm going home. I said, look, dude, I explained this to you. We're not going to get many more $3,000 a day jobs. I said, once these satellite dishes are put up around this country, we're done. I said, then we got to try to find some new work. I said, so you better take the opportunity while you can because it ain't going to be around for very long. I said, you could always go back home to Alabama. He goes, he worked in this paper used bread bakery, bread factory. I said, you go, it'll always be that. I said, but right now you got an opportunity to make some serious money, kid. It's money you'll never see again in your lifetime. I said, just stick this through. And he's like, no, I'm going home. Because he had a grandma that took care of him forever. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure he uh, could go back there 15 years later, and I guarantee he's still working at a bread factory making minimum wage. Well, that's if it's still open. Yeah, but he doesn't care because he's got grandma. No, she'll die, and the brick factory will close, and... Yeah. They have to figure it out. Yeah, but he won't care, you know. He'll just cry and whine, you know. He ain't never going to, you know, make that kind of money again. You know, you just don't know how to tough it out. People just don't know how to tough it out. That's what my sister said. She's like, you know, you, you know, you, you know. I said, look, I had to take my gloves off. I said, I had no choice. I was like, look, you just got to tough it out. You, you, you ain't going to get rewards if you don't tough it out. If you If you start saying, well, you start making excuses why you can't do this today, then you're going to start making excuses for the next day and the next day. That's why I'm so glad so many people come here to visit me. You know, they're like, you know, call work me to death. We get up at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't go to bed until uh, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, and guy's up again. And it was great when Jimmy Lynn came from here from Texas. And he's like, uh, and they said, said to him, uh, oh, well, so, so at least you got some time to sit around and talk to Paul. I was like, sit around? Paul don't have any chairs in his house. What are you talking about? There's no chairs. He's got no tables. He's got no furniture. He's got a bed. He's got a bed in one room and one bed in a room for the other, from for me. He said, that's all he's got. Well, that's the thing. i, I got to bring this up again. Like, so that's the thing you said here. You know, people people hurt themselves because of what they're not doing. It's not what they're doing. It's what they're not doing. Right. You know, and like in, in talking to the other folks in common law and stuff, and, and myself, guilty. But uh, it's what we didn't do that is harming us, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You just, yeah. Right, to me, uh, uh, it's like when I go to, when I'm done with the day, I've done everything I could possibly do. There is no regrets. Like when people say, you know what, I bet you, you know, they would say, uh Oh, well, you never see anybody who dies in a hospital bed saying, oh, boy, I just wish I had one more day at the office. I said, no, that's going to be me. I'm going to be the guy that says, wow, I just wish I had one more day at the work. I had so much more to do. 
You know, I'm not the kind of guy who who could just sit and enjoy watching, you know, birds fly by. So, oh, Jesus, man, one more bird, man, I, I'm going to puke. You know, I got I got to get some work done. There's so much work back home. I got so much to do. It isn't even funny. So, like I said, you know, thank God the guy from Baltimore came down today and gave me a hand. He's going to stick around for a couple hours tomorrow morning and give me a hand. And then he's got to go back home. And then uh, some people are supposed to come down from Boston and give me a hand. So, uh, like I said, you know, some people don't got money, and they come down and they give me a hand. I am so guilty of harming myself from what I didn't do. Why is that? Well, you know, knowing that I need to do something, but uh, I have excuses. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. like I said, man, it's funny. And it's, 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 you know, you have to retrain yourself to think properly. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is that it's it's a it's a that's why I try to warn people all the time. It's a slippery slope. That like a white lie will lead to bigger lies, or one excuse will lead to a big excuse. And like I said, people say, even my dad said that to me. When I only seen him um, three times after he left when I was sixteen, and he said, "Man, you are you are one cold, black-hearted machine." I said, "Man, you raised a hell of a man. You should be damn proud I am the way I'm there." He says, there's absolutely no fucking passion or pity. No, absolutely zero and none. I said, you walk the fuck out, it's done. I said, you lost the best three things you'll ever have on planet Earth. You just fucking might as well search the planet for the rest of your life. You ain't getting it back. I said, when you walked out, it's out. That's it. No, no, there's no way back in. You're gone. You know, and it's funny. You know, it's like, shit, you know, no, don't cry, don't whine, don't, don't, I don't want to hear shit. You know, so so funny because he was starting to whine. I said, look, you ain't a fucking man. And then he started to, like, I'm not a man. And he said, he's a big motherfucker. He's a, you know, a hell of a bear of a man. Hey. And he was, like, nosing me, like, spitting at me, you know, grinding his teeth, you know. I turned blood shot, fucking barking at me. I said, now, that's my dad. That's the man I respect. That's the man I love. I said, I don't know what this pussy, wimpy guy was, begging and whining and crying and saying he's sorry. My dad was never fucking sorry as shit. I said, he did what the fuck he wanted to do, and he fucking has to live with his own actions. He knows exactly the rules of this fucking game. It's all in, all the fucking time. And you fucking pulled out, you're gone. You're out of the game. We all have to live with their actions. Yeah, so like I said, I got lucky, though. Before he died, during uh, Hurricane Sandy, man, I uh, got to talk to him, and I told him he had grandkids and shit like that, but he never got to see any of them. But, you know, he was like, how many do I got? He was like, I got this many, da-da-da. But see, he was a hell of a guy, man. He, he he died, you know, taking his boat into the hurricane because he didn't want to get it bashed on the docks. So he took it out, and they said he survived the hurricane. But he died of exhaustion after the hurricane. And they said they could tell his boat was in one piece. He was in one piece. The the, the hurricane didn't destroy him. Just he just wore himself out. He he just worked himself to death. You know, just like I hope I do. I just hope I work myself to death. Right. You know, that's the best way to go. While you're productive and doing something that's, you know, beneficial. That, you know, you you know, you gave it all you had. You know, and I'm done. So, like I said, you know, he was a hell of a guy like that. But, man, when he walked out, you know, he got his walking papers for he got an honorable discharge after 16 years on probation. And he got his honorable discharge. I guess he just let it get to his head and he really just wanted to get back on out in the ocean. And that was just his life for the rest of his life was to be back on the ocean. He died in that storm. Uh, yeah, uh, same. Just a few years ago, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but like I said, it was funny. I didn't go to the funeral. And uh, everybody's like, why? I said, because I'm too busy. He'd understand. You know, and I had no hate for him, no animosity to him. You know, I sent my sister up there and I said, you know, ask my cousin, can you take a look out for my sister? And uh, I ain't got the time. I'm too damn busy. I got animals down here. I got things to do. I said, you know, I, I can't afford to go. I said, not the money. I said, I just can't spend the time. You know, uh, it's that time of the year. I said, he'd understand. He'd, he'd appreciate that. That's the kind of man he raised. You know, so no disrespect. It's just, you know, I'm too damn busy. I'm hoping I don't show for my own damn funeral while I'm too damn busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you probably will be. I hope so. <laughs> I was like, damn, I missed that too. That project's not done. That project's done. No. Well, I didn't phone those guys. <laughs> well, no, like I said, I, I, I appreciate being too damn busy. Really, I really don't mind being too damn busy. That man's supposed to be busy. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't imagine sitting around there. Yeah. It's just in my style. Well, my poor dog, man, he wants to run outside so bad. Okay, Carl. Well, I'm gonna, I'm going to let you go. And it's just been such a blessing talking to you. Like, fuck, man, I haven't talked to you in, like, what, months? I haven't yeah, talked I... to too many guys. Uh, um off and on with Mike there when he's not mad at me and uh, Mark, you know, and I just want to thank everybody for all the help and like I say, I'm gonna I'm gonna live at the courthouse this week and go for the best. Yeah. 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 Like I said, you just gotta. I think they just gotta see a man up here. I think they're just waiting. Well. And that's what, that's what I say all the time, man. It's just you know they're just waiting for a man to appear. Even my boss said to me. They were fucking me around at work, eh? Yeah, the, the owner left, and uh, the owner's son kind of wanted me out of this job and stuff. And I just, I just did, I do what I do, and I keep my word. And, and uh, so the supervisor, which is under the owner's son, like he apologized to me here the other day. He says, "Al, you know," and da 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 da. I says, "Yeah, I owe the company some money for some tools." I says. And when I said, I'm a man, he said at the same time, Al, you're a man. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. If I, if I owe money for tools, pay the tools, whatever. If I can pay it, just do it, you know. I was here to work. I wasn't here for politics. Yeah, so it was, it was quite the week. It was a hard week, but it was quite the week. I feel really blessed. I'm a very blessed man. Yeah. And, uh, thanks again. It was really good talking to you again. And don't forget to email me those pictures. Yeah, well, I guarantee I'll forget a hundred times, man. Well, you better you better text message me like every day that I forgot. I have to do that? Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of those kind of, you know, <clears throat> I forget what I'm doing by the time I walk out of the room and walk into another room. I was like, what the fuck am I doing here? Well, what am I, what am I doing walking around? It's, it's 5 o'clock in the morning. What am I doing? I understand that. It's like, oh, I'm talking to Al on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> right on, brother. All, All right. right, take care, man. All right. We'll see you later. All right. Goodbye. Hey, boss. Hey, boss.
tracking device on you. And I'll let you out just in case you bust loose. Man, oh boy. Let's try this. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.